to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 48. 48. 48. 48. Happy Halloween, everyone. The time is here. The time is now. I'm really excited. These guys, I'm hoping, are as excited as I am. Uh, Brandon. Christian's <laughs> <laughs> yep, mm-hmm, excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> happy, happy Halloween. <laughs> hey, Brandon's dressed as Twilight again. <laughs> You glittering <laughs> vampire no, piece right. of shit! Look at, me. Look at how white I, I'm. I'm shockingly Caucasian tonight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. I look Aww. like an AIDS patient. I, yeah. I look like I look like McConaughey at the end of Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The funeral scene. <laughs> the, yeah. Thank I don't you're even so know. white. <laughs> you could be Michael Myers for Halloween. You even gotta wear a mask. <laughs> Who are you? Just walk fucking slow and straight, you know? But yeah, I see, I'm excited. It's Halloween. We're going to have a fun show here. We're going to catch up on 2017 movies because we haven't talked about them in a while. We're going to do a couple uh, lists. It's a, it's a 2020 show, as you like to call it. Boom. The next show is the anniversary show. And the show after that is big number 50. So mm. I'm excited as fuck. Man. I'm equally as excited as fuck. I'm nice. a little less excited than the both of you. As fuck, yeah. Well, sure. As Not fuck. as fuck. You're as excited as intercourse. <laughs> as intercourse with uh with my uncle. <laughs> All right. right. Last week it was his dad. This week it's his uncle. What? what I had sex with my dad last week. Yeah, uh, one, <laughs> one or two episodes ago. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, you haven't listened to it yet. It was one of the bigger laughs that you've ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys, uh, intercourse, intercourse, fucking, and sex. I yes. to me, there there are three different things. Remember how I said before uh, a few shows back, how there's a difference between um, a penis, a dick, and a cock. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like there's three different ways. Well, there's there's making love, there's intercourse, there there's sex, and there's fucking. As far as I'm concerned, and they all you go about them a different way. They were making guys, love while that young boy drowned. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Making love. <laughs> yeah, I just watched what, about, what about making whoopee? <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoopee Is that like a whoopee. step up for making love? I always I think know. that's like you're fucking and you're farting. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever fucking farted while you're. Fuck farted? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck farted. <laughs> or has she ever done it? Have you ever been banging a girl and she farted? Yeah. Confirmed. Really? Oh no! Hey. From the <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I thought about the way." Oh, from the front. <laughs> oh, a pussy fart? Yeah. Oh wow, a queef. That's okay. Yeah. The other one's not. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, has it happened to you? You tell me if it's okay. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think it has actually. It probably has. I never really thought much about it in the past. <laughs> I think I would think about it if it happened. I think I would know. If I'm having sex with a girl and she fucking let one rip, I think I would know. That's my warning sign when getting oral sex. The girl's like, give me a, give me a heads up. I just start farting uncontrollably. And that's her cue to get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> oh, I wish I could time that because I so would have done that with a few girls. <laughs> I wish I was telling the truth, but I'm yeah, lying. Yeah. It <laughs> happened once, and it was with a dog. Yeah, <laughs> and there was peanut butter involved. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you ever done it? Have you ever been having sex and farted, like as you were thrusting? Maybe one, one I'm out? pretty sure it probably's happened. 
He's he's looking to his right and looking up. He's really thinking of a specific yeah. moment where he. Well, shit I, I would love I'd love to come up with a great story, but I don't really have like a great story. I, I'm just sure it's happened and it was like probably yeah, uneventful because you probably want to. Yeah, you probably want to fan it out with a pillow or something like that, right? Yeah, I guess you could. That's a lot of work, man. Well, she's laying down, then you got to grab the pillow from beneath her head and then start fanning. And that's our stuff. <laughs> Happy Halloween, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of Friday the 13th, I, I, I got to take a moment here because Friday, October 13th happened not too long ago. And anyone who's listening can hear my voice, obviously. But guess what? Yeah. Why is this happening? Because daddy made the call. I told the world on January 1st, we would never see a Friday the 13th on Friday, October 13th, or I would retire from podcasting. Well, oh, we did. What? We did see one. <laughs> never hike alone. Doesn't count. Cut his mic. Count. Cut his mic. <laughs> <laughs> Cut his mic. That's all mute. You're out. You're right, you Imagine man. that. Yeah. Imagine if that guy did it on purpose. He <laughs> hates me. I'm going to put it out there. They just shut their cocky asshole up. You know? <laughs> No, hey, power to those guys, man. What a great... That was the perfect day to release it because it should have been the real movie. And sure. and I give those guys kudos. We'll talk about their film maybe a bit later tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, though I am here, Dave Z lives. The Dave Z Nation can continue on. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, a cocky wait. prick. <laughs> I, I don't brag much, but who else had the balls to say that? Think about it. Come on, just me. Definitely not Brandon. You, you bragging prick. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'll go a step further. I should have been more ballsy and said Suspiria is not going to come out that day either. Because if you guys remember, yeah. at the time, Suspiria was also, the remake was planned for the 13th of October. And I said, well, we'll probably get Suspiria. We're definitely not getting Friday the 13th. We didn't even get Suspiria. So there what, you go. What's going on with that one? I don't know. It's like in, I heard it's done, but I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Release dates are so weird nowadays. Movies are wrapped and nobody sees them for two, three years after. More on that later because Colton <laughs> Chuck did the right thing again. You know, at, at least the Child's Play franchise is smart enough to say, hey, let's just make a movie and put it out on fucking. Yeah, you know what we need? We need a lesbian Chucky. Yeah, yeah, we do. I have no issue with that. More on that later. Okay, um. <laughs> So that's that. Uh, what else can we say? Uh, we got a couple of emails we can get into quickly before we get into our first 20. And, you sure um, you don't want to uh, talk about yourself anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no more. You fart no fucker, more. you? <laughs> <laughs> fart fucker. Fart fuckers incorporated. <laughs> oh, he's singing. <laughs> what else I, is new? I have a feeling that's making it into the movie. No, I, I saw the video <laughs> recently of you singing in the supermarket. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well come on isn't that great yeah you go you go in the supermarket and you hear nightmare on my street playing i mean i couldn't believe it it was loud as hell too yes <laughs> i know like at my supermarket you can't hear the music that loud well dude like you were at a fucking rave <laughs> <laughs> only in the lobby as soon as you walk into into the place you can't hear it anymore oh okay yeah because because what happened was i came in and i heard it i was like wow and i, I recorded it and then i went in the store <laughs> For about two, three minutes, came back out and it was playing still, and then I recorded it again because the security yeah. had to ask for it. Sir, no recording in the store. <laughs> I was jazzed, man. That's good old October. Too bad it's coming to were an you, end. Were you DJ jazzed? 
<laughs> that was a Brandon joke, but it sounded a lot better coming from you for some reason. <laughs> no offense do. to B. No, no offense to B, but something about your delivery made it more funny. Look at his face. What? Yeah. All right, then I'm going to go ahead and continue along the lines. How do we find Will Smith in the snow? Look for the Fresh Prince. Oh. <laughs> I always laugh at your jokes. It's so great because you just proved his point. <laughs> Jazz. Jazz. <laughs> Jazzy to back me up. Emails. Okay. Well, there's one right away that we all have to answer, and I hope. Christian said he was having some trouble with it. Um, I hope that you've come up with something. I, I, I got two answers, so fuck oh, Christian. Oh, wow. See? <laughs> Just, uh, yes. Just give me a second to find it. Okay. From Ian William Crone. Gentlemen, greetings. Wait. Gave yeah. me Crohn's disease? <laughs> <laughs> gave me Ian William Crohn's disease? <laughs> gave me Crohn's disease. Oh. Ian William gave me Crohn's disease. You just broke my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> he just body slipped me. Oh, That's starting to catch on. Everyone's like, where the hell did that come from? I know, right? <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I could pull it up right now because I'm starting to become a bigger fan of that, that just that one line he says at the end. He, I, he, I imagine he looked at somebody and said, he just body slammed me. Because that's the last thing you hear. <laughs> I actually don't want to hear it again because I think the way you do it is funnier. And I have a feeling when I do it, it's not going to be as funny as the way you do it. Well, we'll find out next show. I'll play it on the anniversary. Anyway, Ian William Crone. <laughs> Gentlemen, greetings from Scotland. Huge fan of the show. Found you through your good friends at 22 Shots of Moods and Horror and have been hooked ever since. Thanks, guys. You guys are without a doubt the funniest horror podcast on the go, and you never fail to make me laugh or put a smile on my face. All three of you do a great job, and I enjoy listening to hearing your views on horror, past and present, and cracking some of the most inappropriate jokes I've ever heard. Yeah, this show especially. (laughs) Anyway... Enough of sucking your dicks like a cheap, nasty, dirty whore. <laughs> I have a question. All right, well, that's why we're here. Remakes are a very controversial topic amongst the horror genre. Be it The Fog, Rob Zombie's Halloween, Maniac, or The Hills Have Eyes. I'm not a huge fan of remakes, but I can appreciate them when done right. Now, if you could delete one film from the horror genre and remold it into your own version with a leading actor of your choice... What film would you erase from history and create for your enjoyment? I would remake Dario Argento's Tenebrae and cast Gary Oldman as Peter Neal. What? Epic. Epic. I'd love to see Oldman in the role and just fucking lose it. Anyway, you boys keep up the good work and keep kicking. Oh, it says kicking ads, but I think he means ass. So. (laughs) And ads. No commercials. Yeah, yeah. Fuck those podcast promos, right? <laughs> We're going to kick those ads out of here. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I forgot to tell you, Christian. <laughs> yeah. We freaking cursed. Listen to what we, the, the Dave Z curse continues. Although now it's podcast. We played on episode 47. This is the first time we ever played podcast promos. We, we played the Laughing Horror Podcast promo. And, and they Kyle, all recently died. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kyle's not dead. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, that's just what you're getting at, man. I'm like, oh no, no, no. You think I joke? No, 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 no. No, Kyle didn't die, but the show did. The very next day after that show aired, 
he announced, he said in chat to me and, and a few of our friends, well, guys, um, I'm wrapping it up. He's going on to something else. Oh, so, my God. I know. <laughs> as soon as we hear his promo, oh, he wow. stopped. You could tell him this. I am deeply sorry, but we will not play his new fucking show promo. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he went ahead and pulled a cinema attack. Aha! Yes, he did. Cinema blend, yes. Cinema blend. Wait, did you guys record a promo? No. I guess not. Okay, all right. Did they record a new episode? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're coming back with their new lineup soon. Yeah, yeah, I know they are. Yeah, I'm looking Without forward. me. Without me. The show was getting too popular. They wanted to take a uh, TGIF 13 approach, you know, oh. try to reach out and, and reach, you know, zero listeners. Oh, that's great. Did you, you guys did hit the top 10 one time, didn't you? We did. First yeah. episode, and then we've been yeah. totally dropping since. Yeah. Just reminding you. <laughs> I know. I knew all the facts and, and the stats. I just wanted to make sure everybody else did. Oh, we love you guys. We love uh, Cinema Blend and uh, everyone in the show. D- DB. Yeah, DB, dub, dub doubles. He is the biggest DB on the network. Like, but a boosh Coliseum boy coming through. Nice. And Joe's Coliseum boy. <laughs> Coliseum boy. <laughs> awesome. Oh. DB to DB. <laughs> From one DB to another. Yes. <laughs> who's I'm the third kid. host? It, it's doubles. And, and who's and Matt. That can't and triples. Oh, you and your horror movies? Yeah. Nice. Trippy triples. Trippy triples? Trip, trip, triple R's? Okay. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> Should we answer this question? Well, what about our general's uh, tenebrae and Gary Oldman? How do you guys think that would work out? I love Gary Oldman, so I'm all aboard. Wasn't Gary Oldman in Dracula? Yes. Yeah. Amongst See, many I'm not- other things. I'm picturing Dracula running around. Like, okay, <laughs> what else has he done? Because I think that's the only movie I've seen that he's done. Sid and Nancy. Oh, uh, he was Sid and Nancy. He was yeah, Sid. He was Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> you fucking Nancy boy. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was so old. I forgot about. It. Okay. Hey, he was in the professional. Leon. He's been in so know. many things, man. Yeah, he's done a million movies. Like, what he, hasn't see. he been in? <laughs> the sport. Okay. Let, let's let's explore the mind of Dave Z. Let me tell you if I've seen any other movie that he's been in except for Sid and Nancy and, and Dracula. Give me a couple others. A couple? Book, Holy fuck. Are Book you of Eli. Who? Eli. Book of Eli. Nope, never oh saw. Oh, my God. Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy, the remake. I never heard of the original. Dawn of the, the Planet Batman of the Apes. Yeah, Dawn of the <laughs> Planet of the Apes, Robocop remake. Okay, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes I've seen. I'm a fan of the new apes. Okay. Bat- Batman's? Dark Which Knight? One? Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins. He was commissioned. I saw them each once, so yeah. Okay, I've seen a little. Okay, fair enough. I guess I, I he's, guess he's I'm still more picturing familiar. Dracula. And fucking Hannibal, he was in. He played the fuck. Well, his face was all fucked up. He plays the guy. Oh, who's... he played Vincent Merger, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, Mer- uh, Mason. I think Mason Berger. Yeah. Mason Berger. <laughs> what I call him, Vincent Merger? What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Vincent Berger or something? <laughs> Bob's Burgers. Okay. <laughs> Air Force One, Morted Beloved, Leon the Professional. We already said Romeo's Bleeding. That was the one I couldn't remember. Oh, oh, uh, oh. True Romance. You've got to see that. Drexel. Oh. the first. Henry yeah. and June. JFK. No. Boom. Knox Landing, prick up your ears. I heard, uh, I heard the <laughs> clickety clackety. I heard the clickety clackety on dice. By the way, oh, did you? Yeah, oh, you're, you're over there with the clickety and the clackety. <laughs> oh, we gotta play it on the show. Are you we serious? do. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. 
what was, the hell it was are we a talking weird, about? Yeah, we're all over the fucking place. <laughs> what else is new? It's going to be that kind of show, and so is the next show. We're just fucking around here. We're having fun for two shows. Deal with it, America. In, in Canada, America. and, and everybody. And matter. Scotland, you haggis slurping sons of bitches. And yeah. Scotland, yeah, your haggis gave me Crohn's disease. <laughs> if it's not Scottish, it's crap. You sound like what's his name from The Simpsons? Yeah. Uh, Willie. Willie. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to do. This is my uh, Sean Connery. Connery. Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> you sound more like Sean Cunningham. <laughs> Sean S. Cunningham. Yes. I love, I love yeah. funny that I take. Oh, money penny. Money penny? I don't know. I have a guy the, I, there's a guy in my family named Money Penny. Oh, that's wow. from uh, Bond. From Bond. <laughs> Miss Money Penny. Oh, Scottish Money Penny. Okay. Hello, Miss Money Penny. I'll have a margarita. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody okay. answer the question. Yeah, please. <laughs> you go, D. D. You said you or uh, B. You said you had two. Uh, yeah, I had two answers, and I had, the question I had asked was, "Can we pick a remake to get rid of and redo?" And so I did one remake and one non-remake, and I was just gonna do the remake real quick. And I think they should get rid of. Well, they should get rid of it anyway, even if it's never redone. But get rid of the Psycho remake. And I would recast it with Michael Shannon, who I've been saying for years would make a great Norman Bates because he does mental illness very well in the films. And I would have it set in his uh, institution days. Ooh. Oh, okay. Like just sweat yeah. it flies? <laughs> or not sweating. No, I lied. Be, I lied. Just be, I lied. He would just be <laughs> bouncing off the padded room going, I'm Norman Bates mental. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just going onto a microphone like an open mic. Hey, who are you? I'm <laughs> I just dropped the mic. <laughs> mic drop. Boom. You guys know who started the mic drop, by the way? Who, who started it? It wasn't Eddie Chris Rock, was it? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy did it at a, 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 for, um, he did it in a movie. He did it either in Coming to America or something, but he also did it on either Raw or Delirious. I forgot which oh, one. Oh, that new French movie where they're eating each other? <laughs> Yeah, I think you made that joke last time we talked about it. I did it the other way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. This guy. Uh, the actor? Who's the? I don't think I know who the actor was. Michael Shannon. Gary Oldman. Who's that? What's, what's he from? What's he from? He's from uh, Take Shelter. Nope. He's from uh, <laughs> Superman Returns. He played Zod. That's not Superman Returns, is it? Whatever. That's, the... not, that's, not, that's Man of Steel. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Man I haven't Steel. seen it, but I own it. Okay. He's a great actor. He was in a uh, Leo DiCaprio film. What was that? The Re- The Revenant. No. Revenant yeah, he played the, yeah, he played the bear. Critter, critters, <laughs> critters three. Michael Shannon's been in a lot. He was in Bug. Gangs of New York. He's in Bug. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Bug. It he ate a lot of grapes in Gilbert. The, ba- Grape. the Basketball Diaries. <laughs> I never watched that. I can't. I hate the name of that movie. Revolution. Revolution. Revolutionary Road, maybe. Never heard of it. Like a oh. oh, that dude's great. And he is, he is, you, you just put the picture in my head. He's a great actor. He's phenomenal. He's yeah. great. And he does mental illness well. And I'm telling you, you just look him up. He's been in a million things. I, I'm not good oh, on the spot. Blade when you 2. Me. I'm just having fun here. I know. I just want to. <laughs> I think he's in Blade 2. I'm not kidding. Is he? Razor no. Blade? What'd you say? No, yeah. that's a uh, Razor Norman Blade Re- 2. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stunts. I'm about to take two razor blades to my wrists the way this show's going. Yeah, it's not it's not Norman Reedus. I fucked up. Yeah, that's 
Okay. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, Take you want Take Shelter is the film of his that I always tell people check out. It's one of my favorite non-horror films. Uh, okay. Uh, and I think uh, he would make a great Noma Bates, bitch. Nice. Uh, I will watch it. Well, not that because it doesn't exist, but I will watch Take Shelter in the coming year. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What the hell? Oh, do you want to do your second one now? I kind of want to save it. I'm very excited save it. for it. Save it. Okay. I'll do mine. I had no idea what to do. I was driving around thinking for, for a week. I could not come up with a good answer. You're driving for a week? <laughs> well, I drive for a living. I'm driving every guess. day. That's when I do all my best thinking is when I'm driving. You know, it's, a, it, it's a good thing you're not focused on the driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's right? bumper to bumper. <laughs> well, there's a lot of construction this time of year. I'll tell you that. So I do have some downtime. But anyway, what it, it occurred to me finally. I, I was saved. It was like a beam of light came down from the heavens and smacked me right in the freaking forehead. And I was like, whoa, that would be great. Now, I, I hope you guys uh, are going to feel the same way. But <clears throat> here's my movie. I want to remake Pin, A Plastic Nightmare. And oh. I want I want Elijah Wood to play the freaking the lead. The Pin? Not Pin. <laughs> the guy. What's his name? <laughs> what is his name in Pin? <laughs> Well, technically, he becomes Pin, so he would be playing Pin. That's true. <laughs> what the hell is his name? Tommy? What the hell is his name in Pin? I think it's, it's Pinball. <laughs> pin and Pinball, yeah. It's, he's good. a wizard. <laughs> but but hear me out. Can, the who? Can you picture him? I'm Kelly sorry. who? These are, the, yeah, these are the jokes. Oh, we're all over the fucker tonight. Can yeah. you picture that, though? I can picture can, it. I can picture it, man. Mostly because of... Um, maniac. It was maniac. Leon, actually. Leon, thank you. Wow, then, Leon's all over the place. Yeah, now. Gary Oldman was in Leon. Not uh, this he, Leon. <laughs> Kings of Leon. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, couldn't you picture him as as, as uh, playing a good Leon? I could. Yes, him? I can. I think he also does mental illness very well, as right. evident by the Maniac remake, and right. even uh, what was the show? Wilford. Oh, I don't know. I the didn't show see he did where he, where the dog where he, the dog came to life and was alive. Oh, Dog yeah. No, I think you're yeah. right. Wilford. Uh... Wilford, I think. Wilfred. Something Wilford like that. Brimley? It was a... <laughs> yeah, Wilford Brimley came to life. <laughs> you know. I, I got diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, oh yes, Lord. it would be a good movie. You know, I'll, I'll go a step further. I want Robert Eggers to direct it. I want it to be an art house freaking pin and make it scarier and make it like where you're really guessing until the end if it's pin or if it's not. I think th there's places we can go with that film. I, I love the original, don't get me wrong, but I think my love for it makes me look at it and see, you I, know I would change the lead character's name to Bobby and make him Bobby Pin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Them's the jokes. Yeah. Oh, that's better than safety pin. All right. Safety pin. <laughs> I love how you're not even making the movie. He goes, I I'm just producing. I got, I got a director. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. cool, though, that you went a little bit more in depth. Because for the next one I have, I have not only, like, the actor, but, like, I have I have a whole theme for it. Of course. I knew you'd do something like that. So I had to bring something to the table, too. Christian, do you have an answer yet? I, I know I do, and I'm, I'm ripping it off from what I did before. Because I honestly, I have nothing against the remake. I like the remake. But it's just not what I wanted in a retelling of the story. So I would want to do, and I stole this right from Brandon in the sense of stealing a remake idea. I want to redo Freddy the 13th. 
because I just feel like it wasn't done properly. I mean, they, they did it. They did a great job in the sense of combining the elements of two, three, and four into like a souped up update. But ultimately, I want the story of Pamela and Jason. I'm not talking about Halloween-esque Rob Zombie style where they go and tell the whole backstory. Because I think that takes, I mean, arguably, because some people absolutely love it. But I feel that takes away some of the mystique. But I just agree. just a retelling of the the idea. Scenes that we didn't see. How about the lead up of Jason wandering off while the couple were fucking? And because, I mean, it's been retold and... and changed and, and people said that he was bullied into drowning in the water i feel like he was being watched maybe because he was special while his mom worked but the kids were too busy fucking and he kind of left did and you know when they were fucking he farted yeah he fuck farted yeah bernadette you bernadette holy holy shit <laughs> oh shit <laughs> Where's Jason? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so wait, I, who's the leading man? You're going to play Jason? Is that what it's going to? No, 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 no. Jason's a kid. No, the I want to follow the the Christie family. I want to see the fact that like the parents have maybe trying to give up on this camp a little bit over time. And then what ends up happening is Steve, Steve Christie's like, no, look, look, give me a chance. I want to fight. I want to try to bring it back. I think I can make this work. Uh, you know, dad, you got to trust me type thing. And so it stays with Steve. He reopens it. He's starting to reopen the camp, getting it ready. And then that's of course, when we enter the real story as we did in the original Friday the 13th, but we see a little bit more of this being told through the opening credit sequence, the, the, the the op- sorry, the pre-credit sequence, the opening credits, in- leading into the story. Steve Christie, I think I said this before, I want Jeremy Allen White to play Steve Christie. He's uh, <laughs> lit. I like from, him. Yeah, 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 I really like him. I, What's he I, from? Uh, well, his big shameless. claim to fame is Shameless, the American... Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. What, what character is that? Lip. Oh, that's... Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alice, I want uh, Kieran uh, Shipka. Oh. Or Karen, Karen, or Karen. I love her. Yeah, Shipka. Yeah, she won me over in the Black Hood's daughter. And like, I just, she's a good age. She's like, I think 17, 18 now. And so I think she'd be perfect as as Alice. Uh, Got that sort of innocent look to her. And I've said it, I've stuck to this and stuck to my guns. Naomi Watts as Pamela. As Jason. As Pamela Voorhees. (laughs) As Jason. I can see that, yeah. And I, I know you mentioned that before about uh, Naomi Watts, I, but yeah, something about that. her. I think she could go crazy. I bet she can. Yeah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> obviously, obviously, there's more. There'd be more character uh, characters as, of course, the body count. But those are the the three primary ones that sort of. I, I think are important that you need to be. Jason is part of this story uh, through, I don't want to say flashback and flashback sounds tropey or cliche, but it's not, it's just the way it's going to be told. And of course the, the turning point of my story would be that Jason didn't drown, but the, the thought of the loss was enough to drive his mom already over the edge. Cause she was already a little over the edge to begin with. And the fact that she, she thought she lost him was enough to drive her insane and to vow that the camp would never reopen and that no one would ever harm her family again. So she, we don't have Jason lost to see for decades. 
we, 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 yeah. he's, like not, he's a fucking pirate. Yeah, he has a, he's, he's not seaworthy. He joined yeah. the Coast Guard. Yeah. Hey, Jason, yeah. the Coast Clerk. Yeah. <laughs> Did he get his sea legs? Yeah. Well, it's a waka waka night tonight. So then, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't put in too much thought in this one. Yeah. I know, right? The guy's fucking got every, everybody. And Camper number six is going to be played yeah. by Jeremy Privet. You know what the yeah. fuck? Camper seven. Uh, so then, uh, six, come on. Get it right. <laughs> So we we, oh. we could play around with all that stuff as well. The language, the kids, like that you're talking about with it, and how it used to be like that back, you know, in the Monster Squad, the Goonies, and all that. They had a little bit more sass to them. Like, you know, you have scenes with the campers at the beginning as well. But ultimately, it's about Pamela, her story, vicious kills. It's not a whodunit. It's more like uh, from her point of view. We play around with the idea of we already know who did it. Now we get to see her in action, but the plot twist will be that Jason is still very much alive and there to help his mom. Nice, man. I like it. And we could, they could put a camera in her eye. Maybe yeah. she lost her eye in a cooking accident. We're not, we're not allowing him to do the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Since I... you said Goonies, let me interrupt because this has yeah. been bugging me for years and years. And I meant to bring it up on an earlier show and I just happened to be listening to 22 Shots of Moods and Horror today because the the new show what? came out, um, Garbage Day. Or I don't know why they call oh, whatever. Anyway. You mean were... Garbage Show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> They're not listening. Nice. They're not listening anyway. Fuck them. Yeah. JP's 10 years back. Moods and Jeremy don't listen to, to our shit. So let's well, trash them. They don't, eh? Fucking pricks. Uh, every so often. Jer- Jeremy doesn't listen to anything. And Moods is, uh, I don't know. Which is funny because he's unlistenable. fucking speak and spell those two that's like fucking jeremy and and jp one can't speak and one can't spell that's fucking great (laughs) anyway i love them um but i'm listening today and at one point they're talking about booby traps and then booby trap (laughs) thank you you just there you go that's my question everybody i've never got that joke for years i've never understood that joke let me let me lay it out to you and everybody quotes it. He says something. Uh, That's what says I something. said. Yeah. Okay. So he says, uh, maybe we should say booby trap. And then the other kid corrects him and says, you mean booby trap. And then he says, That's what I said, booby trap. It's so because, how is that a it's fucking Because it's a horribly offensive Asian accent. And they're just playing on the fact that at the time it was okay to have uh, Corey Feldman tell his Spanish. Uh, the Spanish maid that there is heroin and, and stuff being hidden in the drawers and <laughs> that they keep fine. the marijuana there and at the, uh, and the that's cacarocha fine. and then, uh, the data, the cacarocha and then the, uh, data can't say booby trap. And he always says, but he uh, can, it's clear as a fucking, as the nose <laughs> on my face. If, if he wasn't saying it right, it's it fucking would be clear. funny. Right. <laughs> but he says booby trap and it's clear as day. He says booby trap. And the other kid says, no, you mean booby trap. Then he said, that's what I said, booby trap. So how is that funny when he pronounced it right the first time? I, I don't get the fucking joke. And everybody walks around saying it all the time. And I, since I was a kid. his own throat. I don't get the joke. How is that a joke? It's always driven me mad. Oh, it's, it's funny. I'm going to put it accent. as a soundbite. It's, it's totally just making fun of his Asian accent. Oh, God. Oh, God. Tana, where are you going? I'm setting booty traps. Booby traps. That's what I said, Sam. Setting booby traps in case of anybody's following us. Like if we're so we can hear them coming. Okay, hurry up. Good idea. 
Hey, Dana, where are you going? I'm saying booby traps. You mean booby traps. That's what I said, booby traps. Quiet. Shh. God, these guys. Dude, I can't understand shit. I used to work in Las Vegas with every fucking nationality around the world, and I have a very, very bad ear for understanding what people are saying, and it's embarrassing for me sometimes. I'm just not very good at it. But when he says booby trap, it sounds like booby trap. <laughs> He doesn't say booty trap or, or bobby trap. Then that would be a joke. But he's saying it right. I don't know. I, I, I just don't get the fuck. Even when I was a kid, I was like, how was that funny? I just, I don't know. Well, actually, Data is going to be one of the camp counselors in uh, Fred Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> Always comes full circle. Nice. Yeah, there should be an Asian one. They did have one Asian one in uh, part two, that small role that he played. And then, remember, there was a token black and a token Asian, and they went out to the bar, so we never saw him again. They, yeah. They lived. They're coming back. Anyway, Brandon, take a turn. <laughs> Sorry you don't hold it up. <laughs> All right. I had a little help with this next friends? one. Okay. But I thought it was a brilliant film that <laughs> needs to be remade. And that film is Chopping Mall. Oh, yeah, man. Now, here's what we do. Different robots. We, t- we take out the robots <laughs> and we what? put an actual killer in there. So oh, so actual, it becomes a slasher. So a slasher. it actually becomes a chopping mall. But you know what we call this one? Killbots. <laughs> Kill twats. Brandon's face Kill is bots. like he's like, what? I don't get it. <laughs> because the first one was called Chopping Ball. It was Killer Robots. Right. This was an actual killer chopping people up. We're gonna call it Killbots. <laughs> I love it. I get the joke. As soon as he said killbots, I knew the joke because it was supposed booby to be killbots. I thought right. booby trap was funnier. <laughs> I don't get booby trap, but I get killbots. <laughs> it's the fucking joke of the season. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> the season. I love it. Oh, shit. Sorry, no, continue. Look at his Poor Brandon. He's all upset. <laughs> I just don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> what a show we're having. All right. <laughs> we got Kane Hodder as the killer. Oh, that's not cliche. Okay. All right. We don't need Kane Hodder. Any type of tall, menacing character, but he's going to be a Paul Bunyan type killer because it's going to take place in a mall in one of these states that's very big with Paul Bunyan. You know, they have a big Paul Bunyan statue. So he's going to come to life? No. He's just going to be an insane Paul Bunyan wannabe who's running around with an axe chopping up co-eds who have decided to spend the night in Daddy's Mall. And he's a security guard? He's a killbot. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the end. He's an android. Yeah, the ending reveal is that he's actually an android. Now, that would be okay. (laughs) Would that be considered a slasher, though, if at the end it was revealed? Here's the thing. He's killing and mutilating all all these characters with his axe or whatever his tools are. They're all chopping tools. Can I bring my fucking toolbox? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And he's putting the body parts on display in each of the store's windows. So you have a hat store. There's a a severed head there wearing one of the hats. You You go into the jewelry store... And there's severed fingers wearing the rings in the jewelry box. Love it. Oh, nice. That's great, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I said, when you go out to the food court, there's the pretzel stand with a human body folded up like a pretzel. Oh, yes. Yeah. I like That's it. That's awesome. How Charlene, about you- Charlene actually helped me with that. And I thought I was, was going like, to say, oh. I, was, I was like, Charlene, did you just write the greatest slash of all time? Yes, you did. Oh, boy. 
Oh boy, here we go. I was gonna guess Charlene too when you said you well, had help, isn't it? What we'll do is we'll yeah. edit this whole segment out, and then we'll just call it Axe to Grind, and we'll just make it ourselves. There you go. And I'm so gonna that, go. With I meant that. so that you don't. We don't have to say it's a remake of Chopping Ball and have to pay any royalties. <laughs> I Paul Bunyan type killer, and I want to call him the PB killer. PB no. like fucking peanut butter. No, but that <laughs> then you can. Go on a spoof title and do PB Loco as the name of the film. PB Loco, okay, all right. I don't <laughs> that, know about the title, but well, like that, that. was a brand of peanut butter, PB Loco. What is it in Mexico? Maybe I never heard of it. Oh, it's like all these peanut butters with like <sighs> fancy ingredients, like raisins. <laughs> Those fancy fucking raisins. Oh, oh boy, God. you don't get fancier than raisins, I tell you. <laughs> all right, um. <laughs> Can, can there be an adult toy store in that mall and you could have severed dicks there in a place of dildos? There's got to be a severed dick in there somewhere. Yes, You'll be hanging out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, no, I might. <laughs> All right. I hope we answered your question okay there, Mr. Crone. All right. <laughs> What's next? Thank we you got for the question. More. Yes, thank you for your questions, for your support. Okay, I like, now. I like that slasher idea. Me too. I think it's great. Oh, thank you. It's, uh, I, Charlene came up with it. We all do. It's great. It's a not idea. not on the oh. script we're writing. She didn't. <laughs> <laughs> created created by Brandon Orlick. No, it's perfect because this is one of the films. Because this no, because this is one of the films that we we've, we've gone back and forth, and we're gonna have a big talk about this when episode fifty comes about what qualifies as a slasher. And technically, Chopping Mall. Yes, I mean, I I see it that it's a slasher. I'm not personally counting it because it lacks the feel of a slasher because there's no physical being there's no living being or you know a boogeyman or something like i need yeah, something I, I would give was it the boogeyman i'd give uh <laughs> child's play an edge of, of being a slasher over chopping ball yeah and that's another thing that's another... it's like close and he, he even refers to himself as a slasher because jp and i were talking about this i'm like yes i'm not going to argue with somebody saying it's not a slasher i'm just not counting it because there's so many others that feel more slashery I'm Same thing you. with Final Destination. Final Destination is a straight-up slasher, but there's no killer. Wow. A right. fart in the wood. Or a far, far, fart fuck. Fucking stuttering Are you, having, are you okay over there? Yeah, I think I had a fucking I'm, stroke. I'm not okay, and I'm about to stroke out because this email I have is it, – it puts SC to shame. Boy, it's too much. But let me. Uh, I'm going to do what I can, but this is from our, our homie Cordell. Cordell is bad, guys. Oh, um, yeah. He's peering through your window. <laughs> <laughs> you better not be. No. Mr. Maniac Cock himself. Um. <laughs> okay. Because this is a response. This is actually, it kind of ties into today because it's a 2020 show. So he wrote in talking about his own top 20s. So check it out. A, and it's a 20-page email. <laughs> basically, yes. I might fucking gas out by the time That's it's over. That's your first right? basically. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, as long as I don't do it during triple R, it don't count. Okay. Hi, guys. Cordell here, and I've been playing catch-up on the show, so I decided to share my top 20 as you guys had. I do not normally branch outside of slashers, so these may be a lot of franchise film endings. I do like them for what they are. So starting with horror endings. So he's going to give his top 20. Top 20 horror endings. Number 20, Freddy's Glove and Jason's Mask. Jason goes to hell. Not a favorite movie of mine, but this ending was great and got us hyped for the battle between these two legends. It wasn't even Freddy's laugh. It was a knockoff Freddy laugh. 
What the fuck? I, I know everything about that movie is wrong. They own, they own the fucking rights to Freddy, <laughs> and they still get with the fucking real laughing. What the fuck? I know like it's someone who fully is like, ah, <laughs> You're right. Sounds funny enough. Okay. Sounded uh, more like pin. <laughs> pin. Okay, uh, number 19. Ash gets sucked into Portal from Evil Dead 2. Nice. Kind of like the feel of the ending. Disappointed how they rearranged, how they rechanged it for Army of Darkness. Ain't that the fucking truth? I, God, ever uh, since the they first added time one I saw... Little, they added another shot, for whatever reason, the side shot of him going through, and they just changed the ending up. Fuck off. It's fine. No, dude. Fuck no, fuck off. It was, it, was, it was a great ending in Evil Dead 2 where they were worshipping him Hell. and he didn't like it. Hell. And then in the second... And then when they, they go back to it in the Army of Darkness... They weren't worshiping him. Was a completely. It was a fucking a cheat. It was a cheat. How do you like a cheat? I don't they know. really jumped the Bruce there. They sure did. I I think this will be divided. I think there's people that are going to find it to cheat, <laughs> and there's people that are going to agree with me. I think it's probably sixty forty in my favor. He didn't get out of the cockadoodie car. <laughs> Fuck. They did the throw cheat. the kitchen sink at him, like we talked about last episode. Yeah. I watched it with my daughter a few weeks ago, and I didn't notice the kitchen sink. But I'm, I'm, I'm still gonna believe you. Fucking crazy. Maybe it no, was I'm, a... I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I just didn't recall seeing it, you know. But, oh, whatever. Okay, let's continue. This is fucking. We're gonna be here all night. Eighteen. <laughs> Halloween resurrection. Halloween colon resurrect them. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm glad they didn't continue the atrocious story after that movie. But Michael screaming and opening his eyes was a good ending to a fuck tardacious film. Hmm. Cordell's lost his mind. Yeah, it was kind of a basic ending, him waking up. <laughs> Cordell, you're basic. <laughs> <laughs> you're basic. <laughs> that was like the total tropiest cliche ending. Like, I'll even give it to you, Dave, because I'm not a huge H2O fan. That was an ending. The old chopperino of the head off. Yeah. It, resurrect him. Chopper resurrect him is like, uh, my burnt eye opened. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they got it from. Didn't Jason do the same thing at the end of uh, Jason Lives? His eye open, you know. So many fucking slasher movies have the old Irino opening. True, Irino, right? Are you Vinny Irino. <laughs> Vinny Irino. Remember him from fucking uh, <laughs> Vinny Irino. <laughs> Welcome back, Carter. You know, right there. Oh my god! Oh my god, Mister Carter. What are you, some kind of freak? <laughs> uh, the old the old men are at it talking about their old TV shows. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, number eighteen. The house light turns on. Nightmare on Elm Street. Three. Dream Warriors. Yeah. Yes. Well, maybe not an exact ending, but it lets the viewer know that Freddy's not done with his shit, and it's a better ending than most other nightmare films end on. I agree. That I think it's a good ending. I like that ending for sure. Better than mommy getting pulled through the fucking doors. <laughs> Ugh. That's for fucking sure. If they just took that out and just had the car go, part one would be the perfect ending. But mommy gets think, pulled through the fucking yeah. window. <laughs> yeah. I don't hate that ending, though. How did she fit? How'd she fit? How many takes it's she It's a dream. No, it doesn't have to be. She's a, she's a blow up doll. <laughs> Mommy's. She's pinned? Yeah. <laughs> Everything tonight is coming back to pin. Nice. We're just going to review pin after this. All right. Oh. Number 15, Halloween 4. As you guys stated in your show, Halloween got one thing right, and they gave us a memorable ending. That's right. Loomis says, no! It's certainly memorable and enjoyable. <laughs> bone-chilling. It is great. I mean, it's funny, but it's still great. The first time I saw it, I, I, it was bone-chilling. Then It, the it, more it time... was bone-chilling the first time, without a doubt. That's probably 
the one ending of a Halloween film that actually scared me. Oh, Just I love it. Because yeah, well, I didn't see it in the theater, but the first time I saw it, I remember being like really freaked out by that ending. But yeah, it is. Freaky. I can I can get on board with that. Yeah. Okay. Fourteen. Chainsaw Dance. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is iconic for many things. Leatherface's dance rage is certainly one of them. It's a perfect ending to a film filled with madness and macabre. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's for damn sure. Another good um, one. Yep, number 13, Jason Grabs Alice. Certainly one of the best endings as well as our introduction to the future man behind the mask. The jump scare still works today, and the last chilling line, then he's still there. Yes, awesome. Perfect. Still there. Yep. Still, still there. there. <laughs> ah! Uh, okay. <laughs> number 12, Axel's Madness. My Buddy Valentine, 1981. Undoubtedly one of the best slashers of the 80s. MBV had classic kills and has more focuses on the drama of horror than your typical slash and gore. While it had sequel potential... Had they not revealed the fate of Harry Warden, Axel's rant at the end certainly makes this ending one of the favorites. Be my bloody Valentine. I agree. I think I said that. Right? I don't remember you having that. Maybe you did. Yeah, I did. I know I did, because I do love that ending. Uh, 11, Halloween 3. I do not like this movie, but I love the ending and the uncertainty of whether Atkins succeeded or not. Stop it! That's <laughs> great. Yeah, he sang it. He sang it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, it was a metal rendition. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Stop it! <laughs> that should be a remake. We should do that. Make a song out of it. Stop it! Oh. <laughs> awesome. Okay, I'm halfway done with the first part. Uh, number 10, Halloween 2007. Now, I don't really watch Rob Zombie stuff, nor do I care about remakes, but if there is one I submit to is RZ's Halloween. It was the first slasher I ever saw. Wow. In the end with Lordy blowing Michael away <laughs> and screaming. I didn't see that cut. It <laughs> was a great conclusion to the carnage. <laughs> that was a great ending, but Lordy blowing Michael might be better. <laughs> the uncut version. Nine, naughty. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Something about a little kid looking at a nun with the urge to become a Santa killer. Seems satisfying to me. Yeah, that is a... Did any of us have that one? No. No, but it is a good ending. Yeah, that is good. Naughty. Yeah, man. All right. Eight. Hoffman's comeuppance. Oh, Saw 7. I do not like Saw. I've never been able to get into the torture point of horror. Mm. But I will say seeing Hoffman get chained to the floor gave me satisfaction because that guy is a cock knocker. <laughs> I like, I'm a fan of all the Saws, so And I was a fan of Hoffman finally getting his comeuppance. Yeah, I could buy that. I could buy that. I just, that damn movie. <sighs> okay. Uh, seven, Texas Chainsaw 3D. I forgot the end, but let's see. This movie has flaws, but the ending with Leatherface standing in the doorway, then slamming the door shut as the screen shoots to black has always stuck with me. Okay. Do you guys remember that? I don't remember that. No, I'm guessing that, it, I, I've only seen the movie once or twice, but I'm guessing it, uh, it kind of echoed like when he closed the door the first time in, in part one, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, number six, Tommy's Haze. Friday the 13th, part four. Oh, I think it's supposed to say gaze. Okay. That gaze at the end from Tommy really lets you know Jason fucked this kid up. Or it could have been a haze. Maybe he got high before he killed Jason. <laughs> Purple haze! Purple haze all in my brain! Maybe he's, maybe he's talking about the bar Brandon frequent last night with the, with the gaze. The blue oyster? 
I gave David an, an opportunity to sing. <laughs> yep, how about this one? Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> you know that, right? That's it. That's Tommy's gaze. Okay. Number five, Halloween 2, 1991. Michael Burning is haunting. It's satisfying because you finally believe it's over. Yeah, it is a good ending. I, I agree. I, I'm not so crazy about we made it, but... <laughs> right? Don't you wish they could take that out? No, ah, it's just me. Uh, <laughs> Let I, me finish Christian's sentence. I don't give a fuck. No. Fair enough. You know what? I don't like what's-his-name. That's my problem. I like Michael. I like Lori. I don't like fucking... What's-his-name? Loomis? Douchebag. No! The guy that survives. What's-his-name? Paul Rudd? With the blonde hair. The fucking curly hair. For Halloween 2. The guy that works at the hospital. What's-his-name? Oh, uh... A- Axel. No, Axel. <laughs> you are the franchise. Super Bowl of self-abuse. Why can't I fucking think of his name? Not Billy. I want okay. to say Billy too. Isn't it weird? Here, here's the reality of it. And I'm sorry, this is why I've been kind of distant. They don't have the kitchen sink in Evil Dead 2. They added Wait. in an Army of Darkness. Motherfuckers. Fuck At Army the of Darkness. No, more. I love it. But it's not even the kitchen sink so much. It's more of a stove. But it just looks like a kitchen sink. It goes over his head. But I don't think it's in Army of uh, Evil Dead because I was just trying to watch it as we were talking here to try to show you guys. And then I realized it was only an Army of Darkness from the looks of it. I'll have to give that a a real look when we're off air. But yeah, what was his name? Uh, Jimmy. 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 Fucking knew it was going to be. Jimmy. Yeah, fucking Jimmy. Amazing Grace. Come (laughs) sit on my face. (laughs) Nice. Okay. You know, it could have been your brother out there, you know? You say Drano. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my Lord, this show. <laughs> my Lord. Roots. Fucking okay. Roots. Roots is right. Number four, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. If you guys are reading, you'd be rushing, too. Fuck. Um, <laughs> while not as good as the original ending, there's something amusing about Stretch Wiggle, her ass, trying to fling that chainsaw. Yeah. I have to, I have to be in the mood for it. What? Stretch Wiggling her ass while trying no, to fling the chainsaw? No, just TCM 2. I have a oh. love, couldn't care less about relationship. I don't say, I won't say hate, but I either love it and I want to watch it, or I just could care less and never want to watch it. Well, number three, the Phantom Works. <laughs> I know. Town that dreaded sundown, 1976, based on the real Texarkana killings. This movie's one of the best semi slashers before the 80s. Relatively bloodless for the most part, its ending conveys the haunt of the Texas Arca- Ar- Arkansas town. The Phantom could be anywhere. I've never watched the original, so I can't even comment on that. Kind of dreaded. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, I was going to say it for the slasher show, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say a little bit of it. It's a, I had a love-hate relationship with that movie in the sense of I don't like how a lot of it's presented. There's a lot of bad attempts at comedic moments, yeah, and I'm... it's got a really bad made-for-TV feel to it. Some scenes drag on a little bit. They speed up the car chases. But the stocking scenes are rather creepy, and the ending is very, very good. Stockings? Yeah. They're hung by the chimney with care. <laughs> Silk stockings? <laughs> Silk stockings. <laughs> the stocking, as in, like, the... Hun- oh, fuck you! <laughs> <Yeah>. The stocking. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. The stocking. Stalking. Booby trap. That's what I said. Booby, Booby trap. trap. That's the same joke right there. Stalking, stalking. What the fuck? <laughs> this is the better joke than that. All right. Anyway, uh, number two, Jason's eye and fist clench. Jason lives. Part six. 
And I love this ending because it tells you that while Tommy may have beaten Jason, he certainly didn't send him back to hell as he'd hoped. He's down there waiting. Hmm. His come back in four shit movies. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> I love when Dave does Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not hating on Six. I just don't get this overwhelming love for it. I'm Thank really you. not hating. God's I don't honest, hate it either. I, I don't hate I it really, either. I really don't hate it, especially after rewatching them all recently. I think the first seven are, are enjoyable films. After that, I think it's pretty much downhill. Yeah. I do like Freddy vs. Jason. I do like the remake. I like the remake the, more. I like the remake. Yeah. I like the remake. Freddy vs. Oh. Jason is more WWE slapsticky, but it's got yeah. its moments. Yeah, there's some mm. things that piss me off too, Dave, but there's mm. enough good stuff there to make me to make me uh, able to rewatch it. I don't hate it either. I mean, it's not fucking like watching Manhattan or Jason Goes to Hell. I'll take Freddy vs. Jason any day over those two and the remake, for sure. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but wait, did he, uh, Christian, did he clench his fist? Yeah, he did. Do you remember that? Why yeah. don't I don't remember that? How can you not? He's wearing those gloves that you always comment on that he's got. <laughs> Them fucking gloves. Nice did you fucking see? Did gloves. you see? Did you see his bitch tits uh, perk <laughs> up? With, and his he clenched his asshole. Too. Yeah, fuck parts that he clenches his asshole. That's... And his bitch tits lactate right at the end. There. It's, it's all in Imagine that you see a fucking milk floating yeah. up. <laughs> okay, number one, Michael lives. Good answer. Halloween, nineteen seventy-eight. Of course, the best ending to a horror film is the end to Carpenter's classic. It shows you that no matter what, evil lives on waiting to strike, hiding in the darkness. Well said. That's, that's a Loomis line. Nice. Yeah. Okay, guys, I'm not doing the second half. We're saving it for the next show. We're going to talk about his favorite VHS arts on show number 49. How's that? Thanks, That Bill. sounds good, man. Yeah, yeah. We don't Thank you, though. Dominate, dominate. Yeah, it's a great email. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you, Dave, for um, not doing it all at the same time. All right. Dissertation. Thank you. <laughs> hey, you're blaming me. Okay, here's one more. Aha. Hello, Headites. This applies to mostly Dave, but Christian and Brandon may answer this question if they'd like to as well. It's Dave. Clenching. <laughs> let's talk about American Horror Story. I'm so happy anytime someone defends AHS as a whole, even though the show had its own deterioration of quality and has gained quite the trend of people hating on it, even though they continue to watch season after season. I still consider it an amazing piece of television that brings a great blend of horror, camp, and entertainment. Of course, I was so happy to hear when you mentioned that you hold AHS in high regard. So I'm wondering, if you could put the seasons from your least favorite to your number one, what would be the order, and what do you think of this new season? Cheers, fellas. Raphael. Nice. So, what do you guys think? Have you guys seen all the seasons? I've seen them all except for five, except for Hotel. I've I, only I watched the first two seasons. Okay, so your your answers don't... Okay, Christian, I which could... one did you like better, one or two? I liked one. Okay. I could I could rank the six, well, the five and a half seasons that I've watched. Yeah, do it. Go ahead. Uh, I would don't say... Don't say a word. Let me interrupt. Sorry, don't say a word about the new season because I've only seen the first episode. No, I'm not going to even say anything about them. I'm just going to tell you where it ranks for me right now. Based okay. on the six episodes that I've watched. Okay. Okay, so right now my least favorite would probably be Roanoke. My second least favorite would be Coven, then Freak Show, uh, Asylum, Murder House would be number two, and right now number one would be Cult. What's it called? It's not called Cult. Cults. Yeah, it is. It is called. Okay, yeah. 
Right now, so, right now, it's to me, it's the best season. Of course, holy if, fuck, really? Oh man, oh, I'm the, really the new dead. season's your favorite. Right now, yes. Where'd you Where'd wow. you rank the first season? I thought the first season was just. The first season was my favorite. It's okay. my favorite. It was my. It's my I'm number two right now on okay. the list. So go number, no, go go the other way now, because uh, I can't keep up that way. Go one to five. Go okay, so two. season seven is number one. Okay. Number two is Murder House. Number three is Asylum. Number four, uh, Freak Show. Number five, Coven, and number six, Roanoke. Okay, and you've not seen Hotel. I haven't watched Hotel yet. I don't know why I skipped Hotel for some reason. I didn't skip it intentionally, but it's on Netflix, so I will eventually get to it. You must. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, well, I don't have anything written down. I don't know what I'm looking at that for. I'm just going to go off the top of my head. For the longest time, my, my favorite season by far was Asylum, season two. I loved it. And the strangest thing happened, uh, the most unexpected thing, Hotel actually took over. It became my favorite. Now, I've only seen it once, but the strange thing about Hotel is that's the first season without uh, Jessica Lange. I mean, she carried – it was her show as far as I'm concerned. I mean, she was, she was, I mean, it's everybody's show, but she was the best part about you know yeah. the, the first four. She was fucking fantastic. So not only that it wasn't her, that it was Lady Gaga coming in. What do I know about Lady Gaga as an actress? Nothing. So going into that season, my expectations were low. My wife almost didn't watch it because she loved Jessica so much. And this is one show I always watch with my wife. Actually, pretty much every series I watch with her. That's what we do together. So um, that's why I have not watched Cults, because my wife and I have been been very busy and aren't living in the same place all the time right now. So uh, I'm going to catch up. But number one now is Hotel, with, which is it shocked me how good it was. I, I loved it, man. And Lady Gaga was tremendous. So it took over for Asylum. Asylum is number two. Number three, I'll go with Murder House. Number four, I'll go with Coven. Uh, five would be Roanoke. And six would be Freak Show. And even though I'm giving Freak Show a six, if I'm rating these out of ten, I would still give that an eight out of ten. So that's how damn good I think this show is. Even, you know, my least favorite one, I still rate high. I, I yeah, I'm, crit- I'm critical of this show simply because I feel like with the exception of Murder House and, and maybe As- Asylum too, I feel like they haven't quite wrapped up as strong since the first season. I feel like the first season really captured what I was hoping the vibe of each season would be towards the end. But every season that I've watched, I'm hooked. And then it's usually after the last episode where I'm like, eh, I didn't really care for that ending. And, you know, the reason why freak show is so low on our list is because i feel like when by the time they got to the last episode they had so much to wrap up that they rushed everything and and some of it felt a little too rushed did you like dandy's rampage because i stood up out of my seat and i loved it i didn't like his conclusion though okay fair enough all right that that that's fair i I see what you're saying but i loved his rampage yes oh dude i wanted them to cut even though there was only like 15 or 20 minutes into that episode i wanted that i wanted that to be the end of the show i didn't when he finished their rampage i wanted them to fucking roll credits right there and it would have been the best ending to a show ever i I was gonna say that probably would have been my number one season and i cared about the characters don't get me wrong yeah right but it's just the i don't know i don't know the the asshole in me i like fucking endings like that that are very bleak and fucked up you know i think it'd be awesome but anyway i love the show i know it's not everybody's cup of tea uh, I think it's amazing. Uh, I think it's the best thing on TV. So, whatever. All right. 
So uh, maybe we should take a quick break. <sighs> I, I'm gonna, I gotta catch up on that, man. I want to catch up on that show. Dude. I want some mustard on it too. <laughs> nice, dude. It's amazing. I mean, one of the great things about it is that sometimes it takes six episodes before shit starts starts to come together. You got like different things coming from all angles and you don't know where it's going to go. And then all of a sudden, like the fifth or the sixth show, things like come together. And you're like, Oh, okay. I think that's fucking brilliant. Other people have a problem with it. I hear people like it. And then when it comes together, they think it falls apart. And I have the complete opposite reaction. And I do understand people being disappointed in the finales. It seems like they do everything in the finale. It seems like they do everything in the second to last show that they should do on the final show. And the final show is almost like an epilogue. But anyway, I, I still don't give a fuck. I, I love the show. So anyway, let's take a quick break. Come back to our do our first 20 and we're off to the races. So we'll see you on the flips. Okay, we're back. We're going into our first in our 2020, our top 20. This was voted on. On the group page, actually. We, we, we narrowed it down to like five or six or whatever it was, and it was voted on. And this one came up number one, much to my chagrin, because when you hear my when you hear my list, you'll know why, because I don't watch disturbing movies. If I know something's going to disturb me, I just don't watch it if it doesn't interest me. So my list is going to be fucking weird. Uh, so I guess it'll be funny at least. But second place on that vote was Stephen King movies, and it was so close. It was a real tight race. So... The other one we decided was top 20 October movies for obvious reasons. It had to be the show. If anybody ever wants to cut ahead in line and pick their own, get on the Patreon. Level 3 means you can pick a 20. And then, you know, it won't have to go to a vote. And we won't have to decide. You can Level vote. 4, you can pick a 21. A 21? <laughs> yeah, one more movie. <laughs> nice. Double the payment for one more movie. It's <laughs> so anyway, the first is top 20. Of course, we'll do it the same way as always. We'll do 20 to 11. Each take a turn, and then we'll do it again. So uh, who wants to go first? Nobody? I'll I, go first. Okay. You go no, first. Fine. That's fine. I don't give a shit. No one's going to steal my thunder because no one's going to have these movies on their list. I mean, they might, but it's – listen. If I know something's going to be disturbing to me personally, I, I don't want – I've never watched Requiem for a Dream because fucking drugs, overdoses and shit bug me the fuck out. Certain things bug me out. If I know it's going to bug me out, like – I could sit here and give you a list of 20 movies that are disturbing, that are typical, and I've avoided most of them. So. You need to see Requiem for a Dream. You're I don't really, think I want to. I think it'll really bug do. me out. No, it's such a great film, though. <sighs> and it's not on my list. Like Eraserhead? I, I can't watch that. No, Eraserhead's just boring to me. Oh, it's boring? I just can't watch it because it, it, there's, like, disturbing ideas in it, I think, from what I know, and... It's David Lynch and it's black and white. So we're <laughs> look at the look Christian is giving us right now. Like, get to your fucking no, list. no, because I, oh, Rick, no? Room, Rick Room for a Dream was like my favorite movie for two thousand in general. Okay. I don't know if I put it down as when we did the top horror movies because I I think we were right. iffy on whether or not we were considering it a full fledged horror film, but it definitely needs to be seen. Yeah, I'll get around to it. I guess I just I, I tend to avoid stuff that just. Did you watch Train Spotting? I watched it one time. The only thing I remember is a guy going into a toilet and fucking swimming down. That's all I remember about that movie. You know, I'm an idiot. I, I need at least two views to fucking retain anything. So. What about the baby on the ceiling? Oh, that wasn't that. I thought that was in Requiem for a Dream. No, it's in Trainspotting. Yeah. That's Trainspotting. I don't know. 
There you go. I don't even remember anything about See, you it. You don't want to watch Train Spotting. You want to watch Wreck-It Both Wreck-It movies are worth checking out. Uh, they are. Drunk overdoses fucking freak me out, man. I don't know. The thought of it. I don't know. But anyway, let's get to my ridiculous list. These are things that there might even be just one scene in the fuck. That's why I was trying. I really wanted Stephen King to win because that would have been a lot more fun for me. I'm yeah, we noticed you, you even voted for Stephen King. I did. And I usually he don't. Vote. But he, he, Dave, I did be... it for the show. I did it for the good of the show because I didn't want to have a fucking stupid list like I'm going to have here. Well, well, we, we had a good idea, though, for, for Stephen King yeah. for addressing yeah. that in the new year. Yeah, that's true. We do. And we I was do. just going to add to your, yours. I don't like disturbing movies either. I, you know? I, there's more disturbing movies out there. I don't oh, necessarily sure. need to see them. <laughs> but these right, were. Right. So my, my list, there's some that I would never recommend to people to ever see. Yeah, I know. Some it's people stupid. view stuff more as a comedic side of things. Yeah, we'll get to it. I guess I'm you just trying to say that I, I understand where you're coming from. See, I tried to pick good movies that, that disturbed me. I actually, of my list, I would probably recommend about 17 of these 20 films. Well, there's, re- there's really only a few that I feel are depraved because I don't like that depraved, nasty shit. Like, I don't, I, I, I've seen August Underground, but I didn't find it disturbing in, the, in that sense. I just didn't like it and found it just not my cup of tea. Same thing with like slaughter vomit dolls. It grossed me out that they were actually puking in it, but I only are, saw. Are they dolls? Are there dolls puking? No, they... it's it's like a, it's oh, like a girl's okay. descent into madness, okay. and she's like she's throwing up. It's disgusting. It's okay. Yeah, that is disgusting. But if it was dolls puking, I think I would have loved it. <laughs> you know, like that, pin that's a puking? weirdest statement on the show so far. <laughs> yeah, I, I think puke. I think I've got eleven or twelve that I would recommend. I mean, oh, on your list? Should yeah. we read our list or just yeah, let's, just, yeah, keep, just talk keep about teasing. Yeah. Well, keep teasing. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. I, don't think, I think our listeners know the disturbing movie. They probably don't want to hear a fucking cliche top 20 that you could just Google on fucking thing and read an article. So yeah. I guess it'll at least be entertaining. Okay, listen. You guys are going to laugh at me for half of these, but whatever. It, it might just be one scene that bugs me out. And this one here, the first one, nothing goes in any order on this one except really the top three. The so Sentinel. I'll take <laughs> Holy fuck, that's my number 20. <laughs> what the fuck? That's what I'm saying. Just one scene. The Dr. Bolchinian. Yes, Dr. Bolchinian and crew. Yeah, I don't want to see that shit. Very good, see? See what I'm saying? Awesome. It's the Sentinel. I can't watch it. I own that fucking movie. Now that I know what happens at the end, I can only watch it until then I have to shut it off at the end because I don't want to look at people that have... That have physical deformities and shit. It's not my cup of tea. We watch so, Brandon yeah. every fucking week here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Number 20? It's every week. <laughs> so yeah. No need to... <laughs> oh, wow. 20 is the Sentinel. Good call. Okay. Uh... Number 19 is Feed. I've only seen this movie once. I rented it years ago. And uh, it was just gross. It was just like... Uh, an eating fetish and these obese women and they were puking and the guy was force feeding them oh, and people were paying to see it. And it, a lot of obesity and vomit and other gross shit. It just grossed me out. And no, number 18 is, uh, it's a movie I enjoy. You know, this one, this is one I'll recommend. And this is one I will watch again. There is a few things in it that are very disturbing to me. And this is Henry portrait of a serial killer. And mostly what disturbs me. And we talked about it when we were on, on 22 shots for the, uh, 86 show mostly what disturbs me is what's his name tom towel's character otis just he's just reprehensible his behavior uh, watching the tape over and over again and and then like uh, flirting with his fucking sister and then putting his hand on the on the guy he's like a depraved fucking pervert like to me you're gonna find that movies on my list are basically 
things that could happen in real life, and that's why they disturb me, because it's believable, because there's fucking people like that out there. So 18 is Henry. 17 is Antichrist. I've only seen this movie once, and I did enjoy it. I can't recommend it because of the direction it goes in, but the beginning scene is disturbing in a different way than it gets later. But it's one of the most beautifully shot scenes, but it's heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. fucking heart-wrenching as a parent to, to see what happens to a, a child and the way it happens and everything. It's awful. That's one way of disturbing. But later on, all I got to say is, without getting into detail, is I've always thought this thought, but never seen it on film until this. And it has to do with fucking something being done to fucking a guy's genitals and what what comes out and that's I've always thought that as being a disgusting thought and then it happened in the film and that was enough I was like that's fucked up you and so, the balls man you and the balls me and the balls balls on your chin oh yeah yeah <laughs> number ball chinian <laughs> <laughs> number <awful>. sixteen <laughs> daddy's little girl oh good one good one disturbing on so yeah. many levels um. As a parent, it very much disturbs me because of what happened to this child initially when she goes missing. Because without getting too much into it, the guy's divorced, and you know he shares custody with his ex ex wife, and the ex wife is irresponsible, much like my ex wife is. So these are the kind of thoughts that go in my head, and I tell her all the time: when your father's not with you, I worry about what goes on when you're not with me. I can't. I don't know what's going on in that household. I don't know how easy it is for someone to come in and take you. Shit like that. And the way this kid gets taken, it's some ridiculous fucking oversight that could have been avoided. And then that's just was, the beginning. It was Liam Neeson, right? I think it was. I don't remember, but it's a good movie. But <laughs> it, was, it was a take. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> it was a what joke? It was a taken joke. Liam Neeson oh, taken. Oh. You, didn't, you didn't know how the kid was taken. I said, I think it was Liam Neeson. You're like, it might have been. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so and then later on, when we find out what happens to the girl. Yeah. And then we get more details about it. It's just. Disturbing. I mean, I'm going to say that word over and over again. No, that's a good pick. That's a good pick, man. I forgot about that one. Thank you. Um, Number 15 is a movie from this year, Hounds of Love. And, you know, the dog scene is disturbing. It is. And I said it when I I reviewed it, that it's fucking, it's gross because people do things like that. And it's gross that this woman sticks by this fucking abusive asshole. And that happens in real life, so that's why it disturbs me. Number 14, this is a movie I never even heard of until we had to watch it for uh, the 2002 show for uh, when we did the thing with uh, Top 10 on 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, and it's a movie called In My Skin. Did you happen to see this one, B? Yeah, I've seen In My Skin. Okay. It grossed me the fuck out. Body horror bothers me, and when people That's are... the French film, right? Yes, that's the French yeah, film. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. She goes on this thing when she starts picking apart her body and eating her skin and all this Yeah, other... after she cuts her leg, right? She cuts her yeah, leg. Dude. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It just it just bothered me. It, anytime someone does something to themselves, like cutting, things like that, it, 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 this takes it to another level. Yeah. That bothers me. And I, I have issues with body horror, and especially that kind when you're doing it to yourself. That just, that's just fucked up. Number 13 is an obvious one. It's Martyrs. I don't have to get into it. It's a disturbing film. We know why. I mean, the abuse that happens at the end probably disturbs me the most. And when the punching over and over again, and the fact that this group thinks they're doing something that's good or whatever, and they just disregard human life, it just fucking grosses me out, just that whole idea. Number 12, Man Bites Dog. 
I'm okay with it for a while, but then when it gets to a rape scene and how nonchalant he is about it, because he's kind of charismatic when he's killing people, and it doesn't bother me so much. But when it gets to that, that's the first time I see him as pure evil, and it it uh, it just rubs me the the wrong way since the first time I saw it. Yeah, um, he's no yeah. Leslie Vernon. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no, and number eleven. Here's a funny one, I guess, because this is a memory that I had when I was a kid, the very first time I saw Carrie. And it's probably not what you think at all. The but, tampons? Well, yes, but the beginning scene when she's in the shower. Yeah. And she starts to bleed, and they torment her. Now, I was a kid when I saw it. I didn't understand she was having her period. So I thought that this girl got sick and was bleeding, and people fucking made light of it and teased her for it. And I was thinking, what kind of human beings could fucking do this to somebody that is all of a sudden bleeding all over the place? So... I'll never forget the feeling I got. I remember I felt like crying. I was a kid and I saw that on TV and it really fucking affected me bad, that scene, because I didn't understand it was a period. So when human beings act in the deplorable piece. ways that way, it's disturbing. It's What's that? <laughs> it was a period piece. <laughs> nice. So yeah, Carrie's my 11. All right. Nice. Here you go. Well, thanks for stealing half my fucking mood. No, I'm kidding. Hey. Did you want to go B? Uh, I'll go. That's fine. Okay, for my number 20, I have a film called Alexandra's Project. It's an Australian film about a family man who comes home to find that his wife and kids have disappeared and all that's left is a videotape waiting for him to be played. And he plays the videotape. It's from Alexandra, who's his wife, and it's pretty shocking and disturbing, you know, how, how it plays out. It's basically the whole movie basically <laughs> is <laughs> is you watching him watch the tape and it's 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 brutes it's tough to watch and this isn't really a, a horror film it's a drama and mystery thriller but i i consider it under that umbrella so that's my number 20 check it out I, that's one i recommend i'll tell you yeah. if i don't recommend these films number 19 megan is missing oh man i think uh you know i i have a feeling it's going to show up on dave's list but Again, it's just a, it's a tough watch, and, and the ending just absolutely haunts me. Yeah, so check that one out. Number 18, I Spit on Your Grave. It probably wouldn't have made my list if it wasn't for the I'm going to rape you three times, and we're going to show it for like 25 minutes. It's like, okay, enough's enough. Like right. nobody, it's like, stop. Number 17, Martyrs, obvious reasons. Although yeah. with the way I interpret the ending... It makes me love the film, so. Oh wow! It, it, I think you may interpret the way. Did did we not talk about this when we covered it? I think we did. T- no, we did talk about this. Yeah. Okay. See, my yeah. my my interpretation was she told them that they're all gonna fucking be punished for what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. So that would make it a good ending. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Is that what I you la- thought too. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number sixteen, Man Bites Dog. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Number 15, the first film I will not recommend. I absolutely hate it. It's a short film. It's Spanish. It's called Aftermath Genesis. Oh, I, I read I about that one. I, yeah. I was almost going to watch it for the show, and I, I decided not to. Yeah, it's, it's basically a morgue attendant mutilating and fucking a corpse for 30 minutes, and then he brings home, I think, the heart, blends it up, and feeds it to his dog. It's fucking, it's fucking disgusting. It really is. I, I, see, I see no artistic value in it whatsoever. I know a lot of people like this short film, but I just don't. It Number wasn't 14, even shot well? Sorry. B, I no, guess. It's, it's, it is shot well. It's, it's fine. It's, it's well made, but it's like... Why? Yeah. 
I've exactly. got a, I got a couple of those. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Number 14. I recommend this film. Yes, it's disturbing, but it's it's too well made to be as disturbing as it wants to be, and that's a Serbian film. It's well, that's just, high up on your list. It, man. Yeah, it's it's so well produced and acted and shot that it's really hard to take this seriously. If this had like the the gritty feel of like a cannibal holocaust or something, this would be everybody's number one. But but there's definitely stuff like I wish they'd left the baby stuff out of it. I really do. They you only. Know- Go ahead. That, that movie, I agree. It is very well made, and it was on my list at one point, and I ended up taking it off because I just ran out of room. And the reason I took it off is because, yes, it was disturbing, but I had already had everything spoiled for me, so I was kind of waiting for it. And when the baby thing happened, I, I was like, oh, that's it? Like, the way... Uh, not that I want to see that, but with yeah. the reputation that this movie's garnered over the years, I was expecting to see it done a different way. And number one, you don't see it, not that I want to. And number two, the baby looked fake. So because yeah. of that, it was not... as The end was more disturbing than anything, but it, it didn't hit me the way I thought it was going to, mostly because everything had been spoiled. That's yeah. That's the only reason why. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, number 13... Film called Family Portraits. It's a like an anthology. There's three segments, specifically the segment called Cutting Moments, about a woman who's longing for her husband's affection, but he doesn't pay her any attention, and he instead like abuses his son. And then there's, yeah, I mean, I can't recommend watching this, but it is absolutely violent. Let's just say there's a scene where she cuts her own lips off. Ugh. It's 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 pretty bad. Uh, number 12, Cannibal Holocaust. I, I love the film. I think it's a perfect film I could do without the animal killings. I'm not going to be a hypocrite because, like I said, I'm, I'm not a vegetarian, so I eat animals, and they said they ate the animals for this, but I don't want to see it. And number 11, what a lot of people have is their number one, uh, The Girl Next Door. I'm very disturbed by it basically because it's a, it's a true story. I mean, it's, yes. it's not an easy watch, but I feel like I had 10 films that were... A little bit tougher to make it through, for me anyway. And I, I just want to say, because I forgot to start off with this, I left off documentaries, but three documentaries that are disturbing but worth seeing. Four, Capture the Freedmans, Capturing the Freedmans, uh, The Paradise Lost Trilogy, The Cove, and Dear Zachary. And Dear Zachary, I even though it's a very disturbing and upsetting f- uh, documentary to watch, I find that it's that way for the first hour and 25 minutes, and then the last four minutes are like some of the most uplifting restoring faith in humanity moments in any film I've ever seen. I love the film. Wow. I love I, I love this fucking movie. I think it's so I think it's I think everyone needs to see it and not read about it beforehand. I won't say anything about it. Dude, I've avoided all four of those movies because there's the shit that I've heard about them. See what I'm saying? I avoid them when I hear things. You know? I, I, I really like of all of those films I would recommend Dear Zachary of all of them. Like, it has to be seen. It should. I don't want to spoil it, because like you said, it's better not to know. But from I'm going to ask you a question. Does it have to do with a parent and a child? Yes. Yeah, see, that's going to fuck me up. Okay, fair enough. Oh, I, cry, I cried. I cried. I, oh, cry, every ti- cry. I cry every time I, I watch <laughs> this film. I mean, I don't watch um, it a lot, but I've seen it like two or three times, and I've cried every time. This it's, morning. But it's, yeah, and every <laughs> night before bed on my huge oh, yeah. pillow. <laughs> See, I'm fucked. Since having my daughter, I can't watch anything. It, it, yeah, it, it's too much. But anyway. I'm going to have to All check right, out. See? There's a couple of those I will have to check out, though, B, for sure. So I started with a very mainstream one. Saw this in the theater. I love this film. Totally recommend it. It's totally mainstream. Everybody's probably seen it. 
and that's seven. And the reason I have it on my list is because I remember being at the theater and there's a bunch of fucking teeny boppers there going to see a Brad Pitt film. And they weren't expecting to see an overweight naked guy sitting on a gurney in a morgue. And you could just see the faces, everybody's face was drained. And the way the movie looks, the way the movie plays out, and the fucking scenes within the movie, there's some disturbing shit in here. So for mainstream, disturbing theatrical experience, Seven was great. So you were scared of Seven because Seven, Eight, Nine. Yeah. Yeah, yes. thanks. Thanks. My son told me that t- today, and he's six. Or is he seven? Yeah. Eight, nine. No, he's afraid to be that. Uh, afraid, yes. Number 19, we already talked about it before, Rec Room for a Dream. Another film that I saw, but I, I was like just mesmerized by this movie. Uh, again, I, this one's more art arty than mainstream, but... We're not going, I'm not going balls deep. Like there are some of these on my list. These are ones that I thought balls deep. <laughs> these are ones that I've seen that I, I feel are disturbing enough for certain people. Dave, you said you've avoided it because you've been yeah. worried about how disturbing it is. You still have yeah. to see it. Number 18, yeah. last house on the left. Enough said. I, I think anybody that listens to the show will know that that uh, what's disturbing about that, the documentary esque feel to it. Uh, and, and the revenge speaking of revenge, Number 17 is I Spit on Your Grave. So, Brandon, we share that one. And not only do we share that one, we share number 16, Man Bites Dog. Wow. Everybody's list. I didn't think that was going to happen. I remember reading about this, I think, in Film Threat magazine way back when. And I I said, I really got to check this out. And I remember being like, like kind of just sitting there going, oh, my God. I felt like wrong watching it. (laughs) Even though you knew it was a movie. Because That's of the right. way it was presented, it just you just felt wrong watching it. At number fifteen, I have in a glass cage. That oh, was just it. Just yeah. didn't sit like that movie. We talked about it a lot on the the twenty two shots uh, top ten of uh, nineteen eighty six. Check out that show because you'll hear a lot about it. But that that's a hard watch for sure. Uh, number fourteen is one of my favorites, Henry. It's again. It, it, I I rated it number one that year. Uh, and for that show, spoiler, <laughs> but it, it's a it's a great movie, well acted for such a low like shoestring budget, and it just sort of hits home. Number thirteen, I did something more from a from when I was a kid, and I remember seeing it, and I remember feeling empty, and it just made me hate all these type of movies. And that's Death Faces Two. <laughs> what, what is it? Death Faces Two. I saw every one of them when I was a kid, but now I could not watch any of them. Yeah, I, I don't, you, you oh. wanted, it was like, the ones that you knew about were Faces of Death. This one yeah. was, this one was even more grotesque. It was more in yeah. your face, more, uh, no pun intended. And it was, uh, I wasn't a fan. Was Traces even worse than those? I never I saw remember. any of these. They were, I saw every one of those fucking films. They start blending together. And I, I yeah, think I, they completely blend together. I think we rented the first Faces of Death, but I'm, I'm not into that shit, so I don't even count that because I have no desire to watch that. Yeah, I want to watch it now because I hear how fake it is, so I think I can laugh at it now. Well, supposedly Faces <laughs> is fake. Death Faces was not. Death Faces right. was actual footage. And then I just remember feeling like just gross after. And then number 12 is Martyrs. Again, by top of the, the millennium before uh, the Whaling possibly knocked yeah. it out of the top spot there, so... Uh, yeah, it, the, Martyrs is a great film, highly recommended, but disturbing. Number eleven, I did a tie. Uh, Brandon, you brought this up too, and you said it might be someone's number one. 
I have the girl next door slash an American crime. They're both yeah. They're both yeah. fucking well, equally disturbing. They're both should be seen, and 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 they both will have you angry. And they're both disturbing. Yeah. I know I just said that twice, but that's okay. Th- there's two movies that are tied for that spot. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> disturbing. How many times can we say it one show? Take on, a shot on the twenty most disturbing films. It's a kind <laughs> of it's kind of a cop out word to say. <laughs> I know, but it's tough. There's not too many words for it. Okay. Now, <laughs> okay, here's my top 10. Number 10, Saw 3. And <laughs> the reason it's disturbing is simply the fucking brain surgery scene. I don't like to see surgery. I don't like to see it. It looks too, too I'd real. Like to see surgery. <laughs> no, not that time. Not a brain I, surgery. That's too I've seen too many surgery. brain surgeries in my day. <laughs> I don't want to see that shit. I grew up a hypochondriac. Uh, I'm not that way at all now. But growing up, I uh, I was always afraid of getting sick. I was just one of them people. I don't know where it came from. I'm glad I grew out of it. Um, I'm I'm a bit of a germaphobe now, but not like obsessive. But anyway, uh, seeing certain things like that, and especially a, a life-threatening thing, and seeing that Jigsaw himself was facing death, and some of the things that he went through in that film, that's what bothered me. Not anything else. Not the gore. Not all the great kills and everything. You know that none of that. But that freaking, that scene, th- those scenes with the brain surgery, it, it's just, man, boy, it fucked me up. Happy birthday to me kind of did it too, but they did it much better, I think, in Saw 3. Um, number nine, uh, I spit on your grave. We've all said it, and it's just like Brandon said, way too, way too much. 25 minutes uh, yeah. and, and raping three times. It just kept happening again and again. It's enough already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I come after the much. first five minutes. I don't need that extra 20. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Nice. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. I, initially, I, I also had the last house on this list, and then I ended up bumping it. So, and I had to choose the one that, to me, was more vicious. Last house, at least they showed a little bit of remorse in a way, after, and then it went someplace else. So this rape bothers me much more. So I ended up choosing this one. Number eight is Imprint, uh, Takashi Miike, short film. It was one of the Masters of Horror. It actually got banned, so it was never shown on Showtime. And I saw this movie, and it disturbed me on many different levels. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to get into it because it's spoiler, because I, yeah. I do think people should see it. But... But tread lightly. Uh, there's some things that are, it's just, I don't know. Uh, there's torture. Some of the torture is bad. But ultimately, some of the things <laughs> they do involving uh, unborn babies is, is, is enough. That it's just awful. So number seven is Irreversible. Watched that for the first time for another, for 22 Shots of Moods and Horror again for, what was that, 96? Or was it 2002? Either that way. Was... It, it was one of those shows. I think it was 2002. Anyway, everything about that movie is pretty much disturbing because you're, you're spending a lot of time with dreads of humanity, just disgusting type people. And, of course, the rape scene is probably the uh, the, the, the toughest one to watch ever. It just, it's... It, I yeah. agree with that. I agree yeah, with that statement. It's awful, man. It's awful. Number six, The Woman, for many reasons. Uh, everything going on in that movie is pretty much disturbing. Lauren's uh, acting? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> is this the WWE movie? <laughs> the woman? No, it's not WWE. You've never seen it? Uh, uh, Lucky McKee? Lauren's in it? She's freaking... Well, the thing about her is she's freaking uh, incest with her daddy. 
That's one of the things going on. And not to mention the uh, Pollyanna McIntosh. She's kidnapped, and this guy keeps her in the basement. Angela Bettis is in it, uh, plays his wife, and he's a piece of shit. I said that was a wrestling movie. <laughs> wrestling? What the fuck? You never you watched it? Like, no, I've never seen it. You need to watch oh, that movie. You really? I think it's his best film, and I love May, and I think it's better than May. I, I it's an I amazing. Love it. I love it too. I know Moods hates it, but I love it. I know he does hate it. it, it <laughs> loves but, women, but hates the woman. Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, disturbing on many different levels. Everything about that film is just. It, but it's a damn good film, so it is recommended definitely. Number five. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is, five. Yeah. The, the Exorcist. It's one of my very favorite movies, and the, the stuff that disturbs me is the hospital stuff. When she's being tested in the beginning, the as a smoking? kid I saw that. What's that? The doctor smoking in the hospital? <laughs> yeah, the doctor smoking. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> no, dude, the, those things, they, when they stick the needle in her throat, they give her a spinal tap, and the, the, how she's crying when there's loud noises going on, and with the, the, the brain stuff. All the stuff about going into a hospital and having all those hardcore tests on, on you and possibly fa- facing something life-threatening, just that thought alone bothers me because uh, I'm still a bit of a hypochondriac. And to see a, it go on for you know a child is even worse. And I saw this movie as a child, and it bothered me then, and it still bothers me. It's very effective, and there's a lot. I mean, there's like 15 minutes of stuff like that in that film. It's just a lot of stuff, man. Oh, man, it's, it's awful. Oh, the crucifix fucking is fine, though. <laughs> didn't bother I laughed. Yeah, didn't bother me at all. When I was a kid, I loved it. I loved everything that came out of her mouth, man. All that dirty talk. And oh, yeah. oh. I was a kid too. It's okay, you know. But I, I loved her, you know. Dirty but that <laughs> yeah, sucks. Cocks in hell and all that other shit. You know, who sees language like that in movies? It, it was dirty talk. <laughs> okay, uh, number four. Oh, what the hell am I doing? Is the girl next door? Uh, I chose this as a movie. I was on uh, Cinema PsyOps. It was uh, Bring Your Own, uh, you know. Bring Your Own Movie. (laughs) (laughs) Cinematic Trauma. And because it is freaking, it's real life. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. dude. (laughs) That woman, Auntie Ruth, I hate her. I fucking hate her. I I don't think I've ever hated anyone ever in film as I do her. It's it's awful. So, yeah. We don't have to go on with that. And then I fucked up. So I have Girl Next Door on there twice. I don't know how the hell... That's that how happened. disturbing it was. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is this the comedy one? <laughs> That's the comedy part of it. All right. Hey, so what with Alicia I love C- that one. Cuthbert, Cuthbert or whatever? <laughs> yeah, that one. I like that whatever one. I, the tripod. Whatever I left off. Remember I said I bumped two films from it before? Just add one of those as my number as my number uh, two, I guess, <laughs> or my number three, whatever. So I fucked up. Um, so my number two, uh, Megan is missing. Yeah, and I watch this movie quite frequently. Not quite frequently, but at least <laughs> once a year. At least once a year, because the first time I saw it, it left such an impact that it stayed with me for a few days, and I wanted to show that to, uh, to other people. And for whatever reason, even though it's very fucked up and it bothers me, I still like to go back and watch it and get that feeling again because it's let, not quite as strong now as it was yeah well, the, yeah let, let me let me ask you something because it is i do feel like it doesn't maybe hold up as much because it's it's you know it's a little dated now what is it like what was it 2000 
two, five, four. I'm guessing. Whatever, but it's this is a film like I don't know. Like I feel like maybe parents should show their kids at some point. Dude, I want to, and I, I oh. want. To, last time I watched it, it's too much. Like my daughter's oh. eleven, and so, I still to be disturbed. <laughs> it, it, no, it just disturbed. <laughs> she, no, like, I couldn't do Dad, it. That's your number two, and I'm disturbed. Yeah. I can't wait to see your number one. <laughs> oh, she, it would it would be mind-boggling. My daughter read uh, a news article yesterday about that that mom that she saw it by accident on her on the on the news feed uh, because she was doing something for school and she checked the news feed and in the headline it was about the mom who put their kids in the oven and baked them or whatever like that. Oh god! And she freaking saw the article and I'm like, oh my god, how did she read that? The worst part it's, is she overcooked them. Oh my god! <laughs> well, their names Hansel and Gretel. No. Wow. <laughs> I just reserved the spot yeah. now. Those were two better jokes than what I said. When... <laughs> but dude, Megan yeah. is missing. Oh. Well, last time I watched it, I was like, "Could I?" Because I think children should see it for the dangers of you know the obvious things of online predators. But I wish I could splice it my own way and yeah. show my own version to my daughter, like cleaned up a little bit. You know what I mean? But there's just too much sex stuff in the beginning, and there's just too. In the end, forget about it. The end goes to a different place that. I don't want my daughter to know about that yet. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. No, no I, I do think eleven's young, but right, very you know, young. I thought maybe like fourteen. Maybe. Like maybe. once someone gets to high school, it'd be like, "Hi, right, come here, honey. I got to show you something." Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so, so wrong, Brandon. Ultra- <laughs> no, no. I'm not- come over here, <laughs> honey. I got to show you something. something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh. Oh my lord. Victor Selva beating over there. <laughs> okay. My number one, you guys probably know, because I fucking detest the characters in it and I detest what happens the in the next door for a third time. Jason goes to hell. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Cannibal Holocaust. Fuck that fucking movie. I hate the characters. I hate when they fucking rape the fucking who would even rape someone dirty like that? Fucking some jungle person running around in the woods you're gonna rape him i hope you got fucking aids jungle God. love he's driving me mad it would have been better if they actually played jungle love while <laughs> oh god i have probably offended just about everybody tonight it's Wowzers. awful. What an awful fucking movie. They, you rape somebody and the girl goes along with it, and then they burn the house and they fuck on top of the house. How, how, what an insulting fucking thing to do to people. I just, God, I, I fucking hate those characters, and I hate the fucking director for, for fucking destroying fucking living things on camera and filming it. I do, I don't, I fuck that movie. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> That's how disturbing it is. I really like talking about it, you know? No, it's 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 a good pick. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, fucking, it's great that <laughs> fucking movie. Go ahead, that bees. Fu- that fucking Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's in the Hall of Fame. It's a it's a good movie, but I do agree that it is incredibly disturbing. Not for everyone. Okay, number ten, a Spanish home invasion film called Kidnapped. Any of you ever see this one? No. Home invasion family is taken hostage. Kidnapped? It all has to do with. Yeah. Well, they're not actually kidnapped. They're taken hostage in their own home. Is that called kidnapping if you're in your own home? Hmm. I don't think so. It's, the movie's called Kidnapped. It's called Home Invasion. Right, right. 
should be called yeah. Don't Move. You're staying right here in your own house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give called, me your money. It's called Get in the Kitchen. <laughs> Let's just say it's, it's, it's a very downbeat fucking movie. Yeah. Number nine from a director who released a couple movies this year, Red, White, and Blue. Oh, I have heard of this, but I've never seen it. Yeah, he's the director, Simon Rumley, who did Johnny Frank Garrett's Last Word, and I think he did Fashionista also. Yeah. Uh, this one... Mr. Watson, I think, was mentioning this one and said it was great. Yeah, it's, it's very disturbing. It's really almost like... Uh, it, it's depraved. All the characters are pretty much depraved in this, but it's really almost like a misunderstanding leads to just horrifying results. But but nothing's justified because there's, there's horrible acts in here. So it's it, it's really quite disturbing. But I recommend that everyone see it. Number eight, Men Behind the Sun. And there are four of these fuckers, but I only ever saw the first one. That was enough for me. I didn't me. even know that. Me neither. I thought there was just one. And no, I never watched it. There's like four of them. But the, the first one is supposedly based on actual events of the Japanese torture of... Uh, of the Russians and others during, uh, and the Chinese during, during World War II. It's brutes. It's a beautiful film though, man. It's well made. It look beautiful. It's (laughs) it's a beautiful film. Uh, it looks like like Spielberg directed the thing. I just, but it's brutal. I, I find again, this has some animal scenes in it that are really quite nasty, even though, I believe they are fake in this one. There is a scene where a cat is thrown into like a pit of rats. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> a cat thrown into a pit of rats. That's cartoonish. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you watch this. He's violently tortured yeah. and killed. But oh, a lot yeah, of the torture, oh. like there's one scene in particular where they freeze like the woman's arms and then they like crack Shattered. her arms and pull the skin off of it. And she's basically just skeleton arms. It's really it's, it's fucking it's brutal, un- man. Look at his face. It's really- <laughs> Dave's losing his mind. He's just picturing skeleton arms now. He's picturing the cat and the fucking mice. We, ca- <laughs> so we call that the Tom and Jerry. I'll try not to live. No, it's it's brutal. It's on my list it as well. And it's a true story, and you know it was covered up, and basically the U.S. let them get away with this. All right, number seven, <laughs> Irreversible. Exact same spot you had it, Dave. Wow, nice. Yeah, you, just you guys recommend mo- it though? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's such yes. a, it's such a, yeah. such a great film. But man, is it? I mean, to think not only is that rape scene, without a doubt, the most brutal rape scene to watch. Yes. It pretty much ruined her career. I oh, start, really? I started the movie. Yeah. I started the movie, but I, I, I think I made it ten minutes in, and I. Oh really? It's yeah. kind of brilliant. No, no, yeah. no! I know. I just, I just have never gone back to to check it out. Just one point five the rape scene, and there you go. Everything else is. I like the point. I like the point five the rape scene. moods. Yeah, moods. You and your rape revenge films. Yep. <laughs> okay, number six is the first film of three films from the same director, and it's called Benny's Video. It's from director Michael Haneke. I might be pronouncing that name wrong but he's german director or austrian and this is about a young boy who's like so caught up in like the film world and the fantasy world he gets like a video camera and he starts recording and he and eventually commits murder on camera because he's like so fascinated with it it's it's really quite nasty 
Sounds like a Ben Bummer to me. <laughs> Benny's Ben Bummer. Yep. <laughs> For some reason, I feel like I've heard of this film, but I definitely haven't seen it. Mikael Haneke, or however you say his name, is done. Most of his films are not easy to watch, but I think he's a brilliant director, and three of his movies are in my top six. Uh, number five is Salo. I There's really not much to say. There's something fascinating about this movie. I've seen it a couple of times, and I really want to know more about what was in the mind of the director going into this. I know they did a film recently with Willem Dafoe where he played uh, Pierre Paul Pasolini, or Paul Pierre Pasolini, however the hell his name is said. He played Pasolini, but I haven't seen that. But I'd love to see almost like a documentary uh, on the making of this film and and hear from some of the actors involved with it. I've always heard mixed stories. I've heard it was a horrible experience for the actors, and then I've heard it was quite jovial on set. And I would think the latter would have to exist in order for them to film the things that they film in this movie. Yeah. Fucking Defoe does some some disturbing movies. No shit. Well, no, he's not in this film. He did. There was a newer film where he played the director. Oh, okay. I got it now. All right. Yeah. Penicillin? What's his name? Pasolini. Okay. Yeah. So, I definitely, I can't recommend that to everyone. Uh, Number four, another Haneke film, and it's called The Seventh Continent. Uh, A European family who plans on escaping to Australia seemed caught up in their daily routine, only troubled by minor incidents. However, behind their apparent calm and repetitive existence, they are actually planning something sinister. That's all I'm going to say. The the disturbing part about this film is that nothing is force-fed to you. It's almost like you you really don't get a motive or an understanding for why what happens happens, and it makes it even more disturbing because it seems like just a normal family and just the deconstruction of it. It's it's pretty brutes. Damn. Number three. This could. I mean, my top three could easily be interchanged, but number three is Eden Lake. Oh, and this yeah. is a this is this is a good film. Movie. Yeah, that this is great. A, this is a this is a great film. But I'll tell you what, the first time I saw this, when when it got to the ending, it was it was one of the biggest gut punches, one of the two biggest gut punches I'd ever had in my life. And I just I vowed I would never watch it again, and I I haven't to this oh. day. I won't own this film. I won't buy it. It bothered me that much, even though it's got Michael Fassbender. I forgot the actress who played uh, the lead in it. She's she's also a name too. It's so disturbing for like the whole entire film, and you're rooting for these protagonists so much, and then it just has such a fucking kick in the nuts ending, and it's like Kelly Riley. Kelly Riley. Yeah. I was gonna call her Mary Riley, but I was like, it's not Mary Riley. Mary O'Reilly O'Shea. Mary Riley. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, number three, Eden Lake. Number two, my last Haneke film, Funny Games. Now I've only seen the remake of Funny Games, the Naomi Watts and tim roth one i actually sat down to watch the original one and the couple in that one was an actual real life couple they both since passed away they both died young but man i i i got like 10 minutes into the original and i had to turn it off it's 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 pretty much shot for shot the same thing yeah the remake the remake i i believe there might be one scene that's different is it the same director yeah he did both of them them. and man another gut punch absolutely brutal horrifying home invasion film disturbing sick twisted i don't i don't recommend this. this is another film i would never i would never own if somebody sent it to me i wouldn't keep it yeah i've avoided it i know like eden lake and funny games are the two films on this list that i would honestly never watch again 
wow, Eden Lake didn't didn't bother me. A matter of fact, yeah. I thought I, I thought it was overhyped. I heard so much stuff about it. I was expecting so much. And then I got there and I was like, number one, it was a little bit too unbelievable for me that nobody ever slept for like two or three days. And I was like, okay. And then when it got to the end, and maybe we're talking about two different things, but there was a really obvious twist that I saw come in a mile away, and then I was like, okay, that's kind of what I expected to happen. Unless I'm forgetting about something that no, you're talking no. about. No, the way, no. The way you're wording that sounds like you're thinking of the right thing, but it just – it's still – I don't know why it just hit me. Yeah, and I don't know why it didn't hit me at all and why I saw the twist coming. And Isn't that fucked up? I've said this before. So many times people say that everything was so obvious – and and I and I didn't see the twist. And then when I see twists coming, nobody else sees it. It's fucking weird. Like Leatherface. Everybody yeah, says yeah, when we get to I, the I later, it's so obvious. The, it wasn't obvious. I, to yeah, me. I didn't. Oh, see, Leatherface to me was obvious. We'll Not we'll me. It, that. Sw- it swerved me. So we'll get to that later. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but this one wasn't so obvious. But it's wow. still for me. But it's yeah. still. I don't know. It just left me really feeling down. Yeah. Yeah. And my number one film is a Swedish film from 2002 called Lilia Forever. It's about a 16-year-old girl named Lilia who's basically abandoned by her mother, uh, forced into prostitution, uh, sold in from human trafficking. It's just, it's awful. There's rape, there's torture. It's, it's horrifying. She's got one friend in the world, and it's, it's not a happy movie to watch. It's a great movie. I highly recommend it. I mean, it's a highly rated and well-known film but it, it's not it's not easy to watch yeah i've never heard I, of it i haven't heard of it either and you you should have gone last because your list is the, definitely the most unique mine yeah. is generic <laughs> That's and okay. disturbing generically disturbing number 10 <laughs> number 10 megan is missing i took that damn found footage challenge from dave z this movie uh-huh. stuck with me i mean uh-huh. fuck in reality this could easily be my number one uh-huh. Uh, number number nine, number nine, n- number mime. <laughs> <laughs> number mime. Number mime. Number mime. He said it. Yeah. You just couldn't hear him because he. Cannibal Furix. Ah, uh, that's what I should have added. Yeah, yeah, I should have added that as my my phantom number two, right? <laughs> number number eight, Cannibal Holocaust. I mean, these are part and parcel. Maybe it's a cop out to keep two similar films, but it's going to happen again a little further up on the list. I kept both of them because they're both equally disturbing. It's almost like one's trying to outdo the other. Uh, But Cannibal Holocaust is definitely the harder hitting of the two and the better film. We talked a lot about these uh, in a round robin session earlier this year. Uh, Number seven is Man Behind the Sun. Uh, Beautifully filmed, but just devastating as we talked about earlier with Brandon bringing it up. I didn't have any clue that there's three other movies in the series. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever check them out, but this I movie won't. was brutal. Uh, yeah. Number six, The Human Centipede 2. I don't care. I almost if, had that on. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if this is supposed to be comedy. I don't care if it's over the top. I hated it. And it was. Oh, really? They meant to make it disturbing. And I actually just. It just made me pissed off. I don't like these movies. No. So I'm not. I'm the wrong audience for these movies. So when chick had her baby in the car and is trying to get away and then slams on the gas and crushes her baby under her feet. I'm like, fuck you movie. I just hate that, it. I know what you're saying that they went shock for shock value and intended and, and intentionally just tried to throw the kitchen sink, if you will, in every way. I'll tell you this though. 
I think that director did that on purpose because of all the backlash from the first film. He was like, oh, so you guys think my first film was so bad? Fuck you. I just think he, he did it tongue-in-cheek. Tongue-in-cheek, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah just to do it. So that right. didn't bother me. <laughs> what did bother me was seeing fucking shit flying around. Yeah, well, uh, I don't like that either. Yeah, I don't want to see shit. And the worst part of all, when he put that fucking barbed wire thing on his cock and started fucking the centipede which is only in the unrated version those two things bothered me and that also was on my list at one point and i bumped it off that's the only one of the three that disturbed me and yeah. only for those two reasons see that shit's more nasty to me than disturbing it's like i don't want i'm not a big fan of the films either i i like them all <laughs> i like the first two better than the third i thought the third was just fucking boring boring i just feel like i don't know like i feel like we're christian like they're not really for me I, I don't own them. I, I'll yeah. probably never watch them again. If I had to pick one, laugh. the first one, the first one's at least somewhat watchable. Somewhat. I, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Like uh, They all. make me laugh, all, all uh, three of them. <laughs> number five is grotesque. And this is a piece of shit. I've never seen it. This movie's literally, you don't even have, it doesn't matter if it's in a different language because you, you, even if you don't have subtitles or whatever like that, it doesn't matter because there's literally happy couple walks in the street, guy gets out of the car, whacks him out, they wake up in a fucking room and he tortures them for the movie. Yeah. And it's then it gets flashbacks. absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yeah, at the, at the very end. <laughs> I'll spoil it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> if you don't want to hear the next five minutes, or well, not even five, five minutes. seconds. Five yeah. minutes. Five, <laughs> if you don't want to hear the next 30 seconds, jump ahead a bit. But Maybe the, you should number mine it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, this guy does everything. He, there's genital mutilation. He, he tears them up, like pretty much cuts them all up. Uh, very realistically shot, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, which doesn't necessarily add to its charm, but if you want realism, <laughs> you get it. But then at the end, he chops off a girl's head. The head flies up into the air and it comes down and, start, and bites him in the neck. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and he falls to the ground. And then that ends their journey. But then you see him in a car holding a, like a hammer, waiting for and seeing another woman or a couple go by. And then he gets out of the car and the movie ends. And he's got a Band-Aid over where he was bit by the severed head. <laughs> and there's it's some goofy. So kook, yeah, but ending. everything else is realistic. And then, yeah. like, and then they show this super up, souped up goofball ending. It, it it's not to be taken seriously, I guess, but it's just no enjoyment factor whatsoever. No, that's torture porn because there's really yeah. no story to it. Yeah, there's no story whatsoever. And then uh, number four, uh, again, I heard that um, Charlie Sheen ratted this movie out, so I had to see it, and oh, I hated it. I it was Guinea Pig Two. Well, it was so. the Guinea Pig series, but specifically Guinea Pig Two: Flowers of uh, Flesh and Blood. Again, just I just didn't find any enjoyment with this. It just was a. It was just sort of like a, a freak show of gore effects back in the day. So the gore hound in me was like, "Oh wow, I've never seen this before," but it was. It's not an enjoyable movie. I might be in the minority here, but I, I don't like that film. I've never seen any of them, and I have no desire to see any yeah. of them. I've seen it's clips a, of them, and they just I, look too fucked up for me. I, I want to see that one because it's one of the earliest found footage films. Yeah, that one. It is. Yeah. Uh, you could check it out, uh, <laughs> but it's. Uh, I don't. I don't like it. And number two and three could be interchangeable. Necromantic and Necromantic Two. Those are gag-inducing. I. I just. Two necro, two mantic. Yeah. Two necro, two mantic. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> One ends with a guy stabbing himself until his dick uh, comes, turns into blood, and the other one uh, has a, a woman chop the head off of the guy that she's 
um, fucking while she still fucks him. And then she takes, takes his, and she fuck farts him, <laughs> and then takes the severed head out to put the rotting head of the guy from part one in his place, and then continues to kiss and fuck him. And so it's both, include, cool. yeah. Well, there you go. Well, but, I'm actually glad you said part two's ending because now I've never seen part two, and now I never have to. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then uh, part one it will come as no surprise, and that's a Serbian film. Uh, again, I know it was too well made as you as you were saying, uh, Brandon earlier, but it still made me angry. I took like. Two breaks, I think I said when I watched that movie. I, I was mad at the movie. It's another movie. Where I'm like, fuck you, movie. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, who am I talking to? And I did not want to finish the movie. And I, I, I go, I'm not going to let the movie win. I'm going to finish this movie. <laughs> we yeah. can't let the movie win. Yeah. And that's it. Number one. Nice. Nice. That was a lot of fun, those lists. It wasn't, wow. It wasn't what I was expecting. It was all, all, all different shit, you know? I think I went more generic, and Brandon, you gave me some movies to uh, definitely seek out. Uh, yeah, a lot oh, of these movies I, I would recommend. They're actually well-made films. So, I mean, you know, with the obvious exceptions of the ones that are really heavily disturbing that people know about. But yeah. Haneke films, you know, uh, Lilia Forever, Red, White, and Blue, Alexandra's Project. You know, those types of films, check out. They're actually well-made films. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I would recommend every one of movies on my list except feed and uh, in my skin. I think everything else I, I, I would still recommend them. So, but again, it, sometimes it was just one scene that disturbed me or one character. You know what I mean? But whatever yeah. I avoid, I avoid the stuff that I think is going to bother me. So I just, it's just the way it is. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, you guys ready for triple hours or wire? Do it. Yeah. We ready. All right. We have uh we're all going to talk about four movies that we all have seen. And then we're each going to do a rattle off a couple at the end. All of mine are 2017. The majority of these are 2017. Not all of them, but uh, the big four are. So maybe we should do the big four first. Yeah, yeah that's what we'll do. How about I just surprise you with the uh, synopsis yeah. for uh, the first film? Surprise us. Do okay, here we go. The first film is from 2017, directed say. by Bobby Rowe, and it is called The Houses October Built 2. Recovering from the trauma of being kidnapped last Halloween by the Blue Skeleton, a group who tame extreme haunt to another level, five friends decide they must face their fears and go back out again. All right. Uh, I shorten that B reading, but... Uh, Cool. I chose this one because I'll just come right out and, and say it to me. This is just a lot of regurgitation of part one, only less suspense, and they even lie to you in this film. Lie to you? They straight up lie to you. Well, is it? Straight up lie to you. I don't even know if they lie to you because to, I didn't know if I told you guys this. I didn't see part one. And I didn't know if you needed it, to. And I'm glad it doesn't have anything to do with it. But is part one a better movie? Part one's a better movie, yeah. Okay, because I did not like this yep. movie at all. Oh, this movie's awful. Okay, good. It's it's not as good as the first. I was really hoping I, I don't mind people that. are loving it. I've seen like eights out of tens and high ratings. I'm like, to watch a bunch of people go to fake haunted houses that I are they real? Are they I assume these are being put around around the world, or has this been made for the movie? I think some of them are real and some of them are fake, to be honest. So literally it's an hour and forty two minute long, which it doesn't need to be, and an hour and oh, documentary. An hour and twenty five minutes of it is probably walking around these fake haunted houses uh, with very limited story 
and then at the very last 10 to 15 minutes, they throw something together that's somewhat watchable, somewhat watchable. But well, in it part one, it was more. All. In part yeah. one, it was more suspenseful and, and nerve wracking because the girl was being buried alive. The four guys were being chased. So we thought, okay, these these people are dead. This blue skeleton group is evil. They're dead. And then in this one, it picks up with the cop shows up. So they find the girl. Then all of a sudden, the, the guys are being released. And then eventually, they go back out. But the thing that 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 pisses me off is they have that fake news uh, caster at the beginning. <laughs> And he says, at the beginning, he says, what happens to the five this past Hallow's Eve was far more violent and far more tragic. And then he even says, it came to a bloody conclusion. And none of that happens in this movie. <laughs> Absolutely none of that. Wow, good call, because I don't remember what the hell the guy said. That's I remember exactly the what he says, and I'm like, oh shit, this is going to get dark. Because I thought the ending of part one was pretty dark. I don't like when people are being buried alive. I'm like, oh shit, this is going to get... Sick, but like you said, Christian, we get an hour and 30 minutes of fucking walking around looking at haunts that I'm not even interested in, and then they finally get to the blue skeleton. Well, it's not even blue skeleton, this is Hellbent. Well, that's it. Are, they, are, they, are they searching for the gay slasher film? I know, Seek Out Hellbent, right. <laughs> seek Out Hellbent. I'd rather watch that again, to be honest. Uh, I will seek it out and never watch your movie again. Uh, I don't understand why this movie is getting high reviews. It, like it, it the scares. It I thought people were rating it eights. No, everybody's oh. rating it below the first. Well, I, I rate it below the first, but not that low. I, 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 I give the first one like a six and a half. This one, I'll just tell you now. I'll, I'll give it a six. I'm fine with it. Oh, you're but higher than it's I. It's mostly because of Brandy. I loved Brandy in the first movie, and I liked following her here. I liked uh, that we deal with her trauma. Uh, I like. Basically, honestly, the haunts are nowhere near as good in this one as they are in the first one. So that okay. I, what's that? Exactly, they're not as right? good in this one. But I just like Brandy's story in this. There's, there's in the first one, there's no story. It's just them going, and there's it's still I still oh, enjoy God. it, but it's just them doing it and then getting this sucked into loose. it, and it's much better. Matter but there's fact, really no there's really no story in this one. I either. agree. There's no story. They, there's no they story. loosely they bring her back. As a convenience to get her back to try to apologize for her for this end part. So what did they set it up? Was it all set up at the very last minute? Because they set it up. Yeah, of course they set it up. They said they were. Oh, I see what you're saying. Where they contacted in the middle and then. The more I possible. think about it, the more my rating's fucking going down. Actually, you know what? I, I'm, Mine I'm is too. To, I'm, I'm starting I, to get more and more aggravated. I was at a five. I'm starting this at a five. Oh, I wasn't even that high, but I'm gonna tell you this right now. I don't think they dealt with Brandy's trauma because they even introduced like a doctor character who was gonna help her, and she gave her some generic speech like, "How do you feel like if you went back out and you faced your fear head on?" And then this doctor character just disappears into fucking nowhere. Yeah, and then it was it's kind of that, thrown in. You're it, right. was, it was thrown in, and whether it was set up from the beginning or not, I like the little twist with Seek Out Hellbent and what Seek Out Hellbent really is. I mean, are we are we spoiling? I don't spoil. Not for all right. Fine. Then what it turns out to be, but the motive behind it, shocking, tragic, more violent, and it turns out to be about fucking YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? And, I mean, the reason why none of what happens at the beginning is true is because at the end, you see the camper. Yeah, yeah. You, you, see, the, you see the camper before the sign changes. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, nothing happens in this movie. Yeah. yeah not enough. You're not, not enough. I, I thought it was a cool swerve at the end, but I didn't like the, didn't like the end. You know what I'm saying? 
I liked the swerve because it got me. But I yeah, it got me. It got me too. That's the only thing I liked, but it still didn't right. make any sense because this was such a menacing force in part one that w- yeah. you thought was going to kill these people, right. and now it's like, oh, we just want a social media presence. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? It's a fucking guy in a bad mask and blue jeans. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was not menacing at all. I was like, this is just. Was he yeah. in fucking blue jeans? Yeah, he was in blue fucking <laughs> jeans. He was just a guy. Why not? Dead the more I think either. about it, the more I hear what Brandon's saying, and the more I think about it. We haven't even really talked about it that much. Fuck this movie. I don't think there's much to say about it. Yeah. I mean, there they is, have like there's they, not. they go for like some little like uh, I don't know. They have these little cameos with Little Kissing and Kobayashi. They have that you know the eating contest. It, it's it's a lot of filler. When it finally gets to the Hellbent Haunt, it gets a little cool. You know, there's a waterboarding scene with blood. There's the chainsaw with the arm. The last 15 minutes, the last 10 minutes are yeah. the only redeemable part of the movie. But it, it's too little, too late. And and it's only redeemable nothing, until really. until you realize what the motivation is and why it's happening. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even the last 15 minutes. It's at 10 minutes and then it has the last five minutes. Yeah. So like yeah, there's like a know. 10 minute, it's like a 10 minute period in there where it's like, oh, this is getting good. And not only that, they can't decide when it's found footage and when it's regular camera. And it's like it's mostly found footage, but then there's camera setups to get the action as well. It's all just edited together as if we shouldn't care. So it's not even a good found footage movie because there's camera shots that sometimes it was like even the when the police pulls up. I think it's at first it's like the police cam for the camera, but then it would be yeah. a camera shot from the ground from an actual camera that would be filming that doesn't exist. It's just actually filmed like a movie would be. And they do that in certain scenes. And at the end, I don't want to spoil things, but so the girl has a camera at one point in the Hellbent house. And then she has to give up the camera, let's say, at one point. Goes through a door. And suddenly it's as if she's shooting with a camera running up the stairs. And you could see because it's point of view camera shot as if she's running with a camera with the light beaming. But she doesn't have a camera. And then she runs out and then it cuts to like an overhead shot that's all done with uh, what all the found footage movies they're doing now with the drones. And it's, yeah. all, fil- it's all shot in drones and then you get the ending, uh, which could easily be explained as uh, the Hellbent crew, I guess, filming them. But there are some inconsistencies of where the footage is coming from or who's yeah. filming or if it's found footage or if it's real. Maybe she had a camera eye. Yeah, there she goes. Everybody's got a camera eye nowadays. It's a fucking fashion statement. <laughs> she's you know a fashionista it, I, I come down on it it's i'm only going to give it a five you're right the more i think about it and the more i start thinking about the first movie and how much more happened because i i enjoy the first movie the, the haunts are better the story's better um I, I, i'm on board i guess me being a sucker for brandy is what it comes down to because i'm I, I think she's hot and i just i guess because she's on the screen, uh, I'm occupied. But if you really examine it as a film, there, not much really is going on. There's no improvement on the original. And uh, it's just, yeah. They have a great idea. I was like, this is the movie? They're just going to jump Halloween Hunt to Halloween Hunt? If they tightened that up, made it more documentary-esque as if they were if they were trying to do it, because the movie is an hour and 42 minutes. Yes, it has Too an opening long, credit scene. Yeah. It has an end credit scene. They could, have tr- they could have trimmed down the movie a bit, lengthened the climax scene of the, in Hellbent House or whatever the fuck they're calling it, and that could have been really tense. Maybe that would have improved the movie, but it's still not enough substance. It's literally 
little pieces of story sprinkled in and it's padded by all this let's go visit these haunted attractions around the states that may or may not exist so there's really no movie here you get a 15 minute movie yeah so i'm going to give it a fail now because it's definitely padded (laughs) so it's it's a four out of ten now we all came down (laughs) that's that's where i started and that's where i'm gonna stay is that a four out of ten okay i give it a five for brandy (laughs) <laughs> but um you guys should uh well, i know you've seen it see you should watch the first i still i still suggest watching the first one expect the unexpected <laughs> I, I wish i could say that <laughs> expect a better version of this where you actually are into the haunts and there's a little more going on and it's a shorter film i'm not gonna I'm, it's not gonna blow the blow your fucking doors off otherwise <laughs> I, I, I love that i would have put it I know it's good. Wait, what'd you say to him? You're not. It's not gonna what? It blow my doors, doors off. off. It's the new, <laughs> the new phrase. Um, but um, I didn't put it on the found footage list. It wasn't on my list. But a lot of people like it. But so I like it enough, but not enough to put it on the list. But I still, it's a good movie for October. All kidding aside, you know, it it's not a bad film to watch. But yeah, part two is a disappointment. I can say that. Yeah, big disappointment. I mean, I wasn't super high on part one. I think I was in that no. five and a half, six range. Oh, that low? I'm more like a six I, and a half. I, I mean, I feel like I feel like when I go to a six, it's like not a bad movie for me. It's it's I'm sort of indifferent to it. I liked it. It's above average, but I can take it or leave it whether I see it again. But it was far superior to this. This I was just getting annoyed at. I'm like, nothing is actually happening. And based on what went on in the first film, it just it was really a big step down in terms of tension and and motivation and all that. So it was just it was a big miss for me. I don't know what they were what they were going for, but I, I see what what C says about there being good ideas there. Yeah, because there are certain things I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, the, cash in. the movie was a cash in, and the fucking the plot of this was cashing in on the first movie. It's almost like art, you know, imitating life. Yeah. And that last scene when the guys re- redoing the like the the words on the board, yeah. it, it was a cheap ending. <laughs> Just when you kind of elevated, uh, what the fuck am I watching here? Type movie <laughs> to to something that I was actually kind of getting into a little bit at the end, only to be disappointed, and then you throw on that really stupid ending. <laughs> yeah, right after the five of them drive by in the camper. Then that's the exact moment he yeah. goes out to change the sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's still yeah. wearing those stupid fucking blue jeans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's contrived fucking nonsense. Yeah, blue man. jeans. Okay, all right. What's next? Let's go on I, to something. I else. give it four pairs of denim pants out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new rating system. <laughs> nice. You guys have a preference for what we do next? You surprise oh, us. Yeah, have right. fun. Surprise. All right, next one. Another 2017 film directed by Alexandra Bustillo and Julian Mari. And it's called Leatherface. A teenage Leatherface escapes from a mental hospital with three other inmates kidnapping a young nurse and taking her on a road trip from hell while being pursued by a lawman out for revenge. Different, different fucking kind of movie, that's for sure. I got to tell know, you, I mean, we, we've got a movie from them earlier this year. That was shelved for a couple of years, I think, among the living. Now we've got Leatherface. At least these guys are trying something different because this is not, this is going to have people divided and it does have people divided as we've already seen. And I've kind of blown my load on this already. I love what they did with this. I not- do too. I agree with you. I think they're two for two this year. <laughs> yeah. I, wow. 
love it. Huh? Yeah. Well, okay. I, well, really I enjoyed really it. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ben and I both. No, because I was hovering at an eight at one point. What? And the I, fuck? I was wow. almost up to an eight, and I decided. You know what? Maybe a further view down the road. Maybe it will go up. But I, I, I calmed myself down. Excuse me for a little bit, and I'm a little bit, a little bit lower. But the characters here are great. I love the fact that they didn't go traditional here. I love the fact that this is really not like any other movie. Some people have criticized the road trip factor. I did yeah, joke. I, I, I did like joke it. with you guys that it kind of came across as like. Mickey and Mallory and Natural Born Killers a little bit. Yes, yes, it did. But it worked. It still worked and it still played. And I'm not a huge Stephen Dorff fan, but I thought he was great in this. Some people complain there's not enough chainsaw action. There was enough. Dave, I'm with you. I know you haven't but said it's an or- yet. it's an origins movie. <laughs> it's an and origins it's not even movie. called Texas Chainsaw. It's called exactly. Leatherface. Exactly. So it's about Leatherface and the mystery they create with the fact that you're not 100% sure, even though... My first instinct was right as to who Leatherface was. I, I kind of caught on to what they were doing, and I even predicted the ending. I just didn't predict which character was going to be involved. But I do like the fact that this is an origin story without giving you too much backstory. I like the yeah. fact that when you first see Leatherface, I, I don't want to spoil, so I'll just say uh, what was he? he was Jed. When you first see Jed get the chainsaw on his birthday and it was ridiculous but yeah oh i, I kind of liked it it was like his really? initiation yeah i kind of like yeah but dude drayton and nubbins are already grown up there they're already obviously killers and, and they were wrong and they were fucking wrong drayton would never act that way drayton was acting in a way that is is completely inconsistent with his character he was acting like Maybe Chop Top or something. And why wasn't Chop Top in this fucking film? Is another. Now, I'm bitching, but it's a mixed bag. My rating is not low. I'm just telling you. you know, I know. I, it was, I, just, I just like the fact that they didn't give you too much. They didn't go back to like any childhood trauma. It's just the fact that he was born into a fucked up family. No, I, that's all well and good. But like I said, Drayton was written wrong. And then. Uh, I don't. I don't who, think Drayton's in it enough. I think Drayton was. I don't think he was written wrong. I think he he nuts. played he played the leader a, enough. He acted like a douche. He fucking in the beginning. Remember, he smashed the cake and he was doing all the shit. That's not Drayton. Drayton doesn't enjoy killing. Drayton is in it because he has to be. He even says in part one, "You don't have to. Don't have to like it. It's just some things you you got to do." Drayton is more like standoffish about the whole thing. He looks at it from the business perspective, but he was enjoying being a psycho. And well, that's he not was, his he personality. Was he was younger. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, he's I, still he's still younger in this. I and mean, I see both sides. I mean, but I I'm more in the agreement with Brandon. I it didn't bother me. It, it's a lead in. It's a lead in story. Yeah. it's not just Texas because, Chainsaw Massacre Origins. It's Leatherface. Yeah, just because Drayton becomes this sort of businessman, sort of almost like the father figure to everyone. And and stops killing doesn't mean he wasn't a douche at one point. I do agree I that some. I do agree at some of the point. I would have liked to have seen Chop Top. I don't understand. Yeah. Where the hell Chop Top is? Yeah, they're supposed to be twins. Yeah, him and Nubbins, right? Fuck, yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't. And that's just a nitpick. It just is being a because it's an origin story, and because it's you know they tried so hard to get the names right and, and tie everything in. I respect that, but but do it right. I just don't like I don't like the way Drayton's character was written. Again, I don't. I'm not against the movie. I'm not very high on it, but 
when 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 Christian was watching it the first time, and he, I think he was ahead of me by like twenty minutes or something, and he and he 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 said to us in a message, uh, "Natural born killers." Now, now you say that to me, that's you're that's a fuck. The bar is set too high, as I've said before. Natural born killers is is my favorite movie. Period. So. Setting that bar high, I'm like, really, is it going to be slightly natural-born killers? Then five minutes after that happens, there is a uh, a prison break-type thing and a riot. And that, I thought, is what he was talking about, Mickey and Mallory, because that happens in fucking in natural-born killers. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what he's saying. But then they do it again in the diner scene, and then they make her yeah. talk like fucking Mallory with the fucking – with that southern accent. And I'm like – then it got to be too much. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? They're trying too hard to be natural born killers, these two now. So that kind of rubbed me wrong a little bit. <laughs> um, I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. I, I really loved to hate these characters. I think the characters were really well done, especially the uh, the inmates. The, the, the characters were fine. I just, just, just for the things I complained about are, I have maybe two other complaints. Here's the question. Why would she expect him to remember fucking files that he might have looked at once in his fucking life? They go, remember when they go in that room or that, that trailer? Why was there a dead person in that trailer? I don't understand that. Maybe I missed something. Did they just happen to stumble upon a fucking a trailer with a dead person in it? I don't know. If I missed something, I apologize. But there was a I lot think, of... I think, I think they just stumbled upon someone dead in a trailer. That's, that's fucking lame. Okay, so... Now that goes on for no reason. Then they're in there and they're talking. And then she says to the fucking guy, one of the guys that escaped, hey, I need to find my real parents or something or other. And they go, I know you looked at the files. Where do they live? They're talking to the nurse, to Lizzie, because she worked there. Yeah, but it was her first fucking day. She went in the desk and looked at it for a minute. So this woman actually thinks that this girl that just got hired went and fucking looked at all the files and for some reason remembers where everybody fucking that is in that institution is fucking from and every place they lived before. That that It's just bad writing there. It's just a stupid fucking thing to even inquire about. It, well, the, 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 the mental institution break wasn't the first day, right? Yeah, it was all the fucking first day. This whole film was, I thought. She got hired and then that shit went on. It was played off as it was a one-day thing. A one-day fucker? <laughs> one-day fucker? Yeah. See, I'm not sure. I, I felt like there was a, like a passage of time. Like, not a lot of time, but like at least a couple of days or a week. Yeah, but why would that chick fucking remember? What, every She's a fucking lunatic. She's a fucking lunatic, uh, Clarice. Okay, then, Clarice, why later on in the film was she protecting the others? She fucking can't stand those people. And the cops come and got her, and she's looking for her man, and they, they tell her, hey, where is your, uh, you know, where is everybody? She's like, I'm only with my man. I forget his name. I'm only with him. Why wouldn't she I, fucking rat out all the other people that she couldn't stand? It was still them against the law. Yeah, but Did she you fucking wanted them once? dead. I've only watched this once, and I've never... watched I, it twice. Okay, because I... Uh... I've watched it once, and you're you're really being a Ben Bummer right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just my... telling you what I saw in the cow scene. It was cool, but ridiculous. Oh yeah, there's no way all three of them or no. all four of them could fit in that cow. I was oh, like, yeah. what is this? Like clowns in a car? <laughs> <laughs> that I agree yeah, with you. <laughs> yeah, one if you're lucky, you know what I mean. And now with that big fucker in there, you know. But anyway, those are my only complaints. The rest of it is fine. I'm not really an action flick kind of guy, and that this was kind of actiony for me, or I, I was—it it was fine. It's just 
weird. Not what I was expecting for something Texas Chainsaw. And I know that sounds fucking lame that, you know, I didn't get what I was expecting, so I'm complaining. I'm not really complaining. I just I just wish it was a little less action-y, a little less natural-born killers. Uh, the we kills did get some were, good The gore. kills were great, though. Yeah, we got good gore, and that's one thing these guys do. One of these guys do kills in Inside and uh, what's the other movie that we saw this year? Among Whatever it was. Okay, Among the Living and this. When they do have kills... They do it right. I will give them that. Yeah, that... I've said my piece. Uh, I'm I'm fine with the movie. I liked. I love the ending. I, I I did like that. I thought the ending was beautiful and and justified because of the way a certain character was flip flopping the whole fucking movie. Oh, that's another complaint. That's gonna make him do that. That the reaction from that would never fucking lead to that. Like, think about that Leatherface that we see in Texas Chainsaw in there rubbing his tongue on his teeth and like a fucking simpleton and everything else. There should have been head trauma involved, something to make it the slightest bit believable that because this fucking incident happened to him, that that would turn him from that into fucking that. That's another Oh, he's lost his mind at this point. It did, admittedly, I was like, wow, they went for a plot twist when when they really didn't need to. And it did take me a little while. I, I I wasn't sure if I bought it 100% admittedly. But it played out, and I was okay with it by the end. I had no problem with it because there's there's not – it's not the greatest of continuity between films. So I, I'm I'm really fine with it. I, I, I'm fine with the fact that they gave certain characters more intellect, more uh, – what did you say? More – I don't even know how to word it. story? What? Yeah, more yeah, more exposition rather than I, I rather than him whispering like a little girl and licking his lips. Like that would have been annoying for an hour and a half. So I, I didn't mind that these characters were were the way they were. See, the swerve was unexpected and it worked, but it just would have made more sense to me if there was no swerve, which was a swerve to me. What what you think was going on and who was supposed to be who. Just I think it just would have made for a better film. I understand trying to do that swerve to be cute. Or whatever. I, I just I liked it. I liked it because it was the loss of that character that was just the final straw. Like cause that was his yeah. family for for all these years since he was taken away as a kid. And I liked the whole setup that they had their names changed when they're put into the system. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's it's very believable. And, yes, it uh, is. The court order nonsense is yeah. definitely because I, I talked to a guy that just fucking went through it in, in real life. That she goes, oh yeah, I got this, this, and this, and I had the court order. And then the guy says, well. Because you don't have actually, this. This you need this order. This right, form. Yeah. Right. That is fucking true to life. That's how those cocksuckers are. Right. He, <laughs> he he gets what he deserves. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. That's I'll good tell stuff. you one thing they should have done is follow the cult of Chucky release. I think that hurt this movie more. I think you mentioned it earlier in the show. Cult of Chucky did uh, a a better job releasing, and I think. Uh, Leatherface should have uh, done the exact same thing. It would have been great to have this premiere on Shutter or and or Netflix yeah. and and get a hard copy released a, a week or two later. Yeah, well. I agree. I the, the one thing I honestly felt was kind of silly, and they threw it in there for the end was was the twist with one of the uh, one of the cops, one of the marshals. I, I thought that was kind of silly, but but the kill, the kills and the gore, it was enough for me to enjoy the film, and yeah. and the characters of specifically Leatherface. I, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but but specifically that character, and I mean it's called Leatherface, and I felt very 
very giddy and upbeat at the end when when what happened happened. I was like, this, it, it makes sense to me. It it, it made it seems everything that happened throughout the movie led to this conclusion. And then I get the fact that they left a huge gap, like a eight nine year gap between that point and when TCM the original happens. But I'm assuming that's the uh, the binge eating period. <laughs> binge eating and age uh, gaining for for some of the characters. I mean, you still they should have still had this almost ten years before, almost twenty years before. Well, they did start twenty years, yeah. and then they did that ten year jump uh, yeah. into the system. It should have. Right. It should have really. The main part of the story should have been that time frame. That would have been a more realistic timeline. However, when all said and done, dust settled. I still came in at seven point five out of ten. I really, yeah. I really enjoyed this. I, I actually realized that this series has way more hits than most with, uh, oh. <laughs> Texas with with three D and new uh, new generation or Return to Texas Chainsaw Massacre being the only two strikes against it. And I really owe three D and the new generation or next generation, sorry, uh, a rewatch. To be totally honest, to to see if I still dislike him as much as I do, I I have a feeling I do, but I'd I'd like to see it because I love or really enjoy. Since love is such a strong word, I really enjoyed the rest of the series. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm a little different with you on that. I I enjoy yeah. the series. I I don't have such strong love for it, but I don't have really any strong hate for it. Even uh, new next generation. What is it? New generation. Next. The next, next generation. generation. Yeah, Pepsi's the, a, no, both of them are the Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek, the next generation. Exactly. But, same uh, title. Yes. Yeah, I, I was just I was so blown away by the kills in this. I mean, I love that fucking uh you get the American history X, the the bite oh. bite bite the stump. Oh. Bite the stump. Yeah, yeah. You get that. And when uh when one character gets shot, the smoke coming from the mouth. That was cool. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I'm right yeah. there with Christian. I was actually up around an eight, but Dave, your your Ben Bummerishness. <laughs> watch it again. I want both no, of you no. guys to watch this again with what I told you. Okay, and yeah. see it and, and, you, and, and then come you back to it a little bit. I'm still at a seven point five. Beautiful. I like. Well, that. I'm at a I'm at a six point five. Yeah. That's I've heard I've heard that rating from another friend who I told to watch it, and that was the rating that they gave. Yeah, I'm Six, fine. So, but I, I want you guys to watch it again with the knowledge I, I I've just given you about certain things, and come back to me and tell me you should still feel the same. It, it's not. split. It's split. I'd say more people are not liking it, and and saying it's abysmal or it's below average. Uh, when you look at it from outside the like the network and and some of the the shows, uh, and you look at other fans and horror fans and fans of the series, I don't care. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with was, you. I, I don't. I don't. I was gonna say. I don't. I, I'm with you. I don't care what people think of. They, of course, they're entitled to their opinion if they hate it. But I think, especially this year, with the amount of movies we're watching, and I'm I'm watching a fuck ton of movies. <laughs> this this is not a below average movie. It's just not. No, believe it's not. me. I've been watching a lot of movies that are below average, but this is not one of them. Yeah. But yeah. if if people don't like it, that's okay. I personally enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, give it a watch. And it's a short start. film. Short film. Really, not a long running time. No, no, no. I don't think any of them really are, but this one was like 80 minutes. Yeah, works out. There's been a lot of short movies this year, and I'm digging it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, mi- I don't mind it. I just... No, I, I prefer it. it. All right, what's next? 
All right. Our next film. Anyone want to guess what year it's from? 2017. Uh, it is from 2017. And it's from a director that we all adore. Director Mike Flanagan. And it's called Gerald's Game. While trying to spice up their marriage in their remote lake house, Jessie must fight to survive when her husband dies unexpectedly, leaving her handcuffed to their bed frame. Has I anyone like read this? I have not read this. Neither have I. Neither have I. I thought I did, and I did not. <laughs> I, got, I, I was thinking of uh, the Damnation game, Clyde Barker. So <laughs> I fucked up. Have you read it? Because I have not. <laughs> all so, I can say right off the bat here is like okay we were always talking after Ouija Ouija 2 that right. Flanagan was 5 for 5 right? and after this film I hate to say it well actually I don't hate to say it but he's 6 for 6 <laughs> <laughs> I agree I, he is 6 for 6, six. He, he, you know what he really knows how to write his characters he yeah. really does he writes such strong characters, and it's always characters that are that are damaged in some way or suffering in some way and must overcome. They're so likable, and you really get behind them that that a simple story of a woman being chained to a bed frame for ninety five minutes is actually like riveting and thought provoking, and and I I really really enjoyed this film. I knew I, you would, and I was going to say something before this even started, and I forgot. I was thinking it all week long. I was thinking that Brandon is going to love this film because I know the type of films you that you love, yeah. and I know that you're all about character arc, and I know that you're all about overcoming fucking strife and, and loss and sorrow and everything else. I'm like, he is definitely going to love this film. I, I knew it. <laughs> I will say, though, for some, some reason, even though I really enjoyed this film— for some reason, somewhere I don't even know at what time frame it is, or or what specifically about the film it is, because I really don't want to complain much about any of it. But it felt like there were pacing issues to me. I yeah. I didn't think that, but I I want to uh, just rebuttal something that you said. We do all enjoy Mike Flanagan. I think he makes good movies. I don't think he makes all great movies. Hush is my favorite movie that he's made. I'm I'm the Hush fan here, I think, out of all of them. I think everything else has been good. I think where he fails is sometimes where I think the best part should come. But Brandon, don't get me wrong. The, the, the character is great. I think he does have some strong characters. But when it comes to the menace, like in this case, the, the big bad, the, the, big bad, the, the ugly, yeah, the Moonlight Man, uh, kind of a misfire again. Yep. Kind of. That's Stephen and, King, though. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he could have done something, and he could have just looked more like death. And I think he was trying for something different, but I don't know if it worked. Then, on top of it all, to put the whole plot twist, which is Stephen King, that yes. was a rushed end part, last act part. That I'm like, what? This could have been the movie, <laughs> or something, or how do you fit this? It was almost like all this exposition, explanation at the very end, and I'm like. Too rushed, too much info. What this is really what they're going for? I don't know if I'm there a hundred percent. I do like this movie. Fucking Carla uh, Gugino, yeah, Gugino, yeah, fabulous, yeah, in yeah, the movie. Great um, performance. I mean, it's a one-person show for the most part, and and um, not to take anything away from the uh, the other actor, and but I'm just saying that she sells the movie, 
and it does have probably the surprise gore effect of the year. Oh. Oh, boy. Yes, Fucking, ooh, cringeworthy. Exactly. Yeah, dude. Exactly. Yeah, it was great. Cringeworthy. So was great. I, I want to make sure people realize I recommend it, but it's not without its faults. The last Indeed. act being uh, a rushed, kind of messy finish. Unneeded. Yeah. Unnecessary. You know uh, what yeah. it reminded me of? Return of the King. That fucking epilogue shit at the end of Return of the King that was unnecessary, that fucking brought the movie down. That's what happened here. I, yeah. I do have complaints. That epilogue, I call it the epilogue because it feels like an epilogue. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's what it feels like. Like a, yeah. Uh, yeah. The unnecessary, exactly. unnecessary. It would have been better earlier on in the film. That was a terrifying thought to me because you guys know me and how I am about being alone and fucking all. The, the way the fucking husband was describing to her was bone chilling when he was saying, you know, they're going to say on the autopsy report that somebody died from starvation or yeah. whatever. He goes, but how do you know that death doesn't come in and fucking, you know, whatever, torment you and scare you to fucking death? That's not going to show up. That is a fucking scary thought, a supernatural thought. It's fucked up. And when that was introduced, I was like, okay, that's cool. And then when you see that later, I was like, okay, that's cool. And then what it ended up being was such a disappointment yes. to me. hundred percent. Oh boy! Because it could have been her mind. Her mind. Her mind is perfect. Her mind is doing it already. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, we're talking over each other here, but I just no, no. Go ahead. What I'm gonna say, I think I I get what you're saying. They could have left it all in her mind as part of her hallucination. I mean, obviously the trauma, but I feel like the reason why they they also could have made it known that the Moonlight Man is what he is from the very beginning. Because yeah, you hear the you hear the news story at the beginning, and that's fine. Yeah, but it makes no sense though when it happens. Even if you even if we had that information, he's there sometimes and sometimes he's not. He just appears out of nowhere. How is that even fucking possible? That's he's the it, moonlight man. <laughs> yeah, it would make sense if he was the true moonlight man, and it was what we were fearing. You but gotta remember. You gotta remember. She's she's losing consciousness constantly. So even though we're watching the film and we're seeing it from this from her perspective. Just because we're seeing it doesn't mean necessarily she's aware of what's going on. You got to remember, because most fair. of her, That's most fair. of the, okay. yeah, most of the movie is really her hallucination. And I love the fact that I, I think the reason why they didn't put this Moonlight Man more up front is because this story is more so about her dealing with these suppressed, uh, suppressed negativities in her life and these horrible traumas that she suffered not only from her father but also her husband and ultimately the situation she's in and having to ultimately face it. And that's why even though the ending felt forced, I do love the scene in the courtroom. I knew you would. I knew you would love all that shit. I I think (laughs) it's fitting. It it felt to me, it felt to me exactly like how, um, what was the other Flanagan film? The one that hasn't even come out yet. Oh, Before I Wake? Before, it felt how Before I Wake. In Canada. Yeah, yeah. well, they have it for sale here on Amazon, but it's seventy dollars for some reason. I don't. I don't. Know. But uh, at the way the music was playing, and it was, and she was sort of wrapping it up, almost like it was like her, her story was coming to a happy conclusion. The way, uh, the way they sort of did it at the end of Before I Wake. It was I, so fucking forced, though, yeah, dude. I'm telling you, like, I'm she with could, you, Dave. I'm right? With you. She's going to walk into the courtroom at that precise moment. Like, you could just do that and fucking go up and fucking say that. And, no, and they're just going to allow it to happen. Just sit, it's just, 
Everything about it was fucking, it, it was fucking Pollyanna, fucking golden-haired, fucking forced bullshit. And I know people love it. I know people love character arcs, and I know they, they like it wrapped up in a fucking bow at the end, but it just seemed fucking forced to me. And I blame Stephen King, because that's what he does. He's the greatest ever, best character writer ever for sure, but he always has issues. Not always. Most of the time he has issues yeah. with the story up, and I, that I was him. That. It may have come out better in a literary form. And they and Flanagan probably should have said, and maybe he was like, who am I to say? Let's just leave this part out. But from a from his cinematic vision, left it out. Because it was about her, and it could have just been this vision, and it still gets the point across of her combating her demons, of her father facing herself as a child. They could yeah. all that doesn't change. None of that part changes. I don't know why I'm holding this pin up and, and, and making it as part of my point as I'm describing this. In a very guys. threatening manner, to be yeah. honest. Well, it's going to go in your eye in about 15 seconds. Uh, but there is a mostly good stuff here that yes. happens to be hampered by decisions that you're right. were probably in the, the original novel, but that Flanagan could have easily left out. I mean, maybe, maybe he would have been crucified by fans going, he didn't follow the novel quickly, like the Death Note syndrome. Yeah, but look you at make the those mist. decisions. Yeah. Look at the mist. He, he made a change, and Stephen King said, I love that change. I wish I would have thought of it. Yeah. You now, know what I mean? Now, let me ask you something. The change, would you have taken out the Moonlight Man completely? No, I would have I, left him as know. a figment of death, I think, or, or as a, because of what you said, Dave, and how he presented that not knowing, that's in her mind now. So the Moonlight Man is just a, like uh, is her yeah. is her vision of death. So and she he... still got over her trauma. She still gave him that ring. So in her mind, she did her thing to pass on. And then she goes, she is still is defeating her old thoughts and things that happened with her father and her husband and stuff. So she still does have that arc. It just isn't shoved down our throats quite as much as it ultimately ends up being. That that's all. Uh, hell, you know? she could. They could have showed her. Uh, not have the ring or whatever like that, and she thinks she gave it to her, and then the camera could have panned down. It could be under the floorboards, or I, I don't oh. know. I don't care because oh, that's not like the that. that's not yeah. really the important part of the story. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, it, from the literary sense, it might have a significant amount of importance. But for what was presented here, it wasn't. I thought there was a lot of other good things about the fact that most of this movie is about her strapped to this bed, and yet. How do you make a movie entertaining about that? And I thought Flanagan did a great job. You said pacing issues, Brandon. The only time I think that comes into play is in that epilogue, as you call it, Dave. Yeah, and that's just, it. Just then. Force feeding everything down in there. Uh, I thought when, when A, he first goes down, there's an issue with the dog. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, this is yeah. fucking intense. And then... As Good setup with the dog. Yeah. Good setup with the dog, with the meat and everything. Because in the book, yeah. it didn't happen that way. The dog just kind of showed up. I think he should have been without the like. He, I, I'm trying to be vague here because I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I, I guess I'll just I'll, I'll stop. Uh, I won't say what I want to say. <laughs> I'll say one thing. The beginning bothered me too. That after only three hours, she's fucking hallucinating. That, they should have played that better where it was like two days and then shit like that went bad. Like after three, because the guy even said it's been, it was either it, three it or was five. two hours. It was, it was like, two, it, at first it was like two hours, I think. Well, the guy said it, the, the, her husband said it when the first yeah, time he gets up. And, right. He says either three or five. It was an odd number. I remember that. I can't remember what, but either way there's, there's issues about water 
already, and there's issues about her hallucinating already, way too fucking soon. As the filmmaker, I think he should have done something, even if it's, it's some cheesy thing when you saw uh, the, the sunrise and the sunset and the clock hands moving fast. Any fucking thing to have more time pass before it gets to this extreme measure. How about, and that's, how about Katie that's rocking the... back and forth on the bed with the time code? <laughs> yeah, that's to me where where some of the issues were, where some of the pacing issues were. There was maybe a little bit too much dialogue, specifically with Bruce Greenwood's character, maybe too early on, because that's where I felt like it dragged a little, a little bit too much of the inner dialogue with you know with Gerald and with herself. Yeah, but ultimately, some of the shots would have had to been taken out. And I'm trying to trying to, I mean, I I still liked it, uh, but I, I see what you're saying about I I felt the same way about the ending being a little forced you know oh you know they believed my amnesia i i started a foundation you know all all this and it just it, it felt forced and it came out more more something more like something you would read in a book than something you would see on a see in a film good dialogue though and i'm i'll yeah. tell you this i okay. was engaged pretty much the whole movie until the epilogue where i'm scratching my head but i mean i, I can't complain and i'll tell you this very well shot. It was. It might be his best looking film, Flanagan. It, it looked really good. Yeah. yeah, it did look. It did look great. Yeah. Right. They, the they direction would to, was. They great. would have had to change a few shots around had had they taken a more, a different approach with the Moonlight Man. They would have had to, um, change. They, I don't think they would have had to change around the footprint. I would have left that there. I would have left that there no matter how they went. Just I agree. Because, Why not? Just because the mind can play fun fucking tricks on you no matter what. But the the face being gone would have had to have been different. I'll tell you what, all that stuff with fucking her father was 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 solid stuff. And how about that? That uh, before I say that, as as I'm watching this movie, I watch this with my wife because she'll watch anything Stephen King. So we put it in. We're watching this one, and when I see this Carlo Gugino girl, I say. At first, I thought it was his wife. I said, "That's what, is it his wife?" I said. Then, as it goes on, I go, "I said no." I go, "But that looks just like his wife. Not just like she looks an awful lot like his wife, the girl from Hush, you know." Yeah. And, and, and then, she plays her mother. <laughs> and then she ends up playing her mother. Like, oh, well, maybe she did that on purpose. Maybe he did that on purpose. But I was like, "What the fuck? This guy's obsessed with his wife and women that look like her." But whatever. I just, I just thought that was kind of funny. But like, as soon as they, my wife notices this, she's like, "How come they don't close the door when they have sex?" And I'm like, hmm, well, something that, it means something's going to happen. And then she's like, hey, how come they don't just have a safe word? I was like, I don't know. I guess they're not experienced enough and stuff like that. Yeah. And then my wife says it before it even happened. She's like, you see that there is a phone on the nightstand when she's first cuffed. Why doesn't she reach her legs over and try to get her fucking phone with her feet? And then 10 minutes after she says that, she tries it and she's too far off. But it's funny that my wife was watching this movie and, 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 you know, as a casual viewer, and picking up on this and this and this and, and, and questioning things. Did, and you, did you ever say, hey, it. shut up, honey, I'm trying to watch the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I fucking should have, huh? Yeah. If we're in a theater, <laughs> would you be talking to me right now? <laughs> it was probably the only two hours I got to spend with my wife. I, yeah, now, now I feel like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> That's why I said that. <laughs> and I, I, like all, I like all the references. The Stephen King references, they said Bag of Bones, the Cujo. There was like another one, yeah. too. I forgot what it was. They had a little Dolores nod. Which was cool. Dolores Claiborne, although I didn't get right. it at first. I was reading all of them. The Dolores Claiborne, I learned because of a podcast, so I can't confess to know that. So, But I've, those I've things were good. And like I was saying before, and I got started on a tangent, I'm sorry. It, it, everything with the father was handled fucking great. That whole sequence 
was great and what he did in the bedroom after and everything else. And they said he did this, but what he did later, the way that was played was, I hate to say masterful because it was a fucking a bad no, thing. No, to me, that's the best part of the film. Was is, it disturbing? Is yeah. <laughs> it was. Henry Thomas, man. Henry Thomas. Fucking Elliot. Amazing. Raping young girls, Elliot. <laughs> Hi, he was Getting Norman raped. Bates, man. Yes, he was the young Norman Bates. He was Norman Bates! <laughs> <laughs> and Olivia Hussey is Mama. Right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was good stuff. Yes. Maybe this will go up, but for me, it's a 7 out of 10. For me, it's a 7.5 out of 10. For me, it's an 8 out of 10. Oh, not bad. I thought you were going to come in like a 9 when I finished watching No, that. no. <laughs> Only because I felt like it... it I felt like it dragged like maybe five, ten minutes too long. And thinking about it as we discuss it, I mean, obviously death has to play a part in this, you know, with with her hallucination, her ordeal, and her potentially having to face death. But now I'm thinking maybe, not that I was thinking it was handled perfectly, because I was always at an eight, but thinking it probably could have been handled better. Yeah, different decisions could have been made. Yeah, you know? but but I'm still I'm still a fan of his and Christian. Oh, yeah. It's like like you said. I mean, my favorite too is also Hush. Before I Wake would be second, and then uh, no Absentia love. Damn, Absentia would be third. You know, wow, but, Oculus that far down. It's weird. I'm I'm different than I. I, think I actually Absentia. didn't love. I didn't love Oculus the first time I saw it. Wow, no shit. I think Absentia is my favorite still, and then Oculus right after. <laughs> actually, see, I prefer Absentia, and I'm I. <laughs> You're an absentee landlord. Yes. Nice. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. Everybody's blowing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. I wish, I wish that joke of yours was absentee from the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old joke, Dick Lips. Dick Lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, everybody's blowing this movie. Well, noticed? it's easy to blow it when you have dick lips. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the gate, someone's like, forget it. Gerald's Game is the Stephen King movie of the year. And I, I was uh, intrigued. They were wrong. No, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I both, liked it more. Yeah. I liked it more. Yeah. It's completely different films that I'm yeah. hearing really positive stuff about 1922, which is coming hey, soon. I just love hearing positive stuff. This was a good movie. Yeah. It was very good, possibly excellent, but very good right now. Uh, yeah. For me. And we know Dave is blowing it like he was blowing the witch. No, I'm not. I <laughs> No, I'm looking forward. To, I mean, hey, year of the mainstream horror, as we called it. Uh oh. <laughs> What's wrong? I am. I'm not the mainstream horror. No, no. I said it's the year of the mainstream horror. What do you oh. got? Your fu- is your beard fucking growing into your ears? <laughs> yeah, not quite yet. <laughs> Did you accidentally delete your notes? Yeah. Not thought, <laughs> no, I'm all right. I thought you said you're the mainstream horror. I thought you were calling me the mainstream <laughs> Not year of, you're. He's That's just, what I heard. He's, he's sort of self-conscious now since Saw 3 made it to his most disturbing list. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I explain that shit. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually appreciated your list. Thanks. Hey, it's the best I could do. I'm fucking... It's it was good. an honest list. It's the yeah. most disturbing of the movies you've seen. I would. Yeah. Why would you see films you haven't seen? I could have said films I haven't seen. Right, yeah, why are we going back? <laughs> <laughs> I feel people do do that, though. They they do do. Again, that's two shows <laughs> in a row. Do do. 
<laughs> They'll be like, oh, yeah, well, I, know, I, I, I won't watch it because it's disturbing. Well, you can't put it on a list. If, how do you know? Yeah. Other people have said it was. I told you I've watched right. that uh, Begotten. I couldn't even get through it. I'm like, this oh, is like ju- it's just artsy bore. <laughs> Doesn't make humorous bore. Anyway, <laughs> let's yeah. get let's get on with it, man. Because I feel yeah. I feel like we've got a cult movie coming up. Indeed. Yeah. Our next movie is called Never Hike Alone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 2017's Cult of Chucky, written and directed by Don Mancini. Chucky returns to terrorize his human victim, Nika. Meanwhile, the killer doll has some scores to settle with his old enemies with the help of his former wife. I don't know. That doesn't really feel like it makes sense. but Well, I'll tell you what. You tell us what, man. I'll tell you what. I, I felt one way the first time I watched it, and when I watched it a okay. second time, I, I felt a different way. and I, I, That's why I put that post... Uh, on the group page about saying that it's a completely different experience watching it for the second time. Because the first time, it was a little too jarring for me when we found out what the cult was and I started trying to figure out the reasons behind it and how and why and everything else. And then... I got a fucking timeline written down in my brain right now that I've been working on all day to make this all make sense. And I can get it to make sense. Uh, I'll, yes. say, I'll say right off the bat for this movie... I had so much fun with this movie, but it's not a good movie. Really? I think it is a good movie. I, I think that Don Mancini has come a long way from fucking Seed as a director. I thought Curse was well-directed, and I think this is well-directed. I like the look of it. I like the look of the fucking, uh, how, how, how it was all white in the institution. Brandon, I like some of the... Stupefied. Some of the kills. What happened? Brady looked like he's stupefied I, at what I you're saying. Well, I thought the the look of the of the Chucky. I didn't like the look of the new Chucky. I didn't like the movement of the new Chucky. I thought the CGI at times was absolutely atrocious. Funny, had, I've been complaining about good... CGI left, right, and center lately, and I'm not. And I'm nitpicking when I complain about it. And I had no issue with this movie whatsoever. I, I'm, with Dave, I'm with Dave. I'm with on this Asian one. Girl, the Asian girl kill. Oh my god, that was Loved atrocious. Oh, that was a great kill. Though. Beautiful kill. Terrible. Stupid. No. Wow, really? Here, here it yeah, is, because like we're all fucking blowing our loads left, right, and center. Brandon's looking whiter than ever. Uh, <laughs> this is the reality. I'm not a Ch- Chucky fan. Never really have been. Never really cared. I thought all the first movies were okay. I became a bigger fan with Curse. Curse yeah. and Cult of Chucky are my two favorite Chucky movies. What? Yeah. I don't... Uh, child, child's, I'll tell you right now. Child's Play what? 1... 6.5. Child's Play 2, 6. Child's Play 3, 6. Oh. Bride of Chucky, 6. Seed of Chucky, 4. Curse of Chucky, 7. And I'll save my rating for Cult of Chucky at the end. You're fucking nuts. I'm wow. not nuts. I honestly think we're going to come in around the same rating, but if you look back to like the original Child's Play, the animatronics involved and the... Ludicrous. A- no. Beautiful. Ludicrous. Look at Beautiful. the... Okay. Animatronics, great. Look at the fucking visual effects there. It looks like it was fucking Hellraiser TV. It looks brutal. Uh, the voodoo stuff was all just cheesy. Uh, they Once they got the away movie, from all the, the cheesy stuff... It's cheesy. Let's Vo- not even talk those movies. We'll be here all night. We should do a retrospective if we're going to fucking talk about Child's Play. Oh, I don't want to blow the one that... Uh, Voodoo for dummies? <laughs> Are you kidding? Voodoo for dummies? Oh, great. so that's a throwaway line. It doesn't well, matter. No, that was legit. No, but it's a throwaway line. It's it's almost like a joke. It's fucking... They do that self-awareness shit. That's oh. just something to say. 
voodoo for dummies. In other words, it's just a cute way of saying it's another fucking spell I, that I know or learned. So what? I mean, they made it a little comical, but that's I'm what they do. I'm surprised you, you like the comedy, Dave, in this. Well, it's not that much. The I first time I watched it, I thought there was too much comedy. The second time I watched it, it the only time I, re- I recall comedy... Cuckoo's Nest comment. Uh, everything that's was good. Stupid. What's wrong with the Cuckoo's Nest comment? That, that's playing tribute to fucking Brad Dorf. I, I don't get... No, I get it, but it's it's forced. It's a little too... It's it's enough. I don't need it. Okay. I, want my, I want my Chucky scarier. I would have preferred it a little less because six was like the perfect combination. Like to me, there's one, and I hate, I said not, not to talk about, I'll just say this quickly. One, I love. <laughs> Two is pretty good. I don't like anything else until Curse came along. Then I really liked Curse. Like eight out of 10, really liked Curse. Yeah. And this one, I, I was disappointed at first because Curse was such a high and I was comparing it to it. And no, it's not as good as Curse. And yes, there was a little bit more comedy, but it still wasn't anywhere near what the fuck we had to put up with Bride and Seed at all. Here's how I feel about this movie. I don't love it as a standalone movie, even though I really enjoyed it and my rating's going to reflect my enjoyment of this. But I love where this story is going because I see things happening for two, three more movies down the line. I see see this being a a whole different thing. Now, in terms of this multiple Chuckies... I thought it was silly that all of us, that for the first seven movies, he's trying to get into a, a human body, and it's a six-hour chant. And now all of a sudden, to awaken other Chuckies, it's Mercy Boku Pee-wee, or Ave Boku Dembella. <laughs> yeah, I, but that's I, cool. That, that's fine, whatever. He could wake up yeah, all sure. the Chuckies, and, and that's fine. Um, I, I like the doctor character. I loved to hate him. He was such a fucking creep with his fucking foot fetish. Right, right, <laughs> right. But I thought some of the kills, like I, the first kill, was so sloppy that that it really threw me off. But because every kill after that was great, first oh, not the first. I kill. loved all the kills. The decapitation all... kill was terrible. I thought the doctor kill was great. I thought uh, Carlos's kill was great. Yeah, they were all good kills. They were gory, and the decapitation scene may have been a little bit weak. But I wasn't even looking at it by then. I was too busy marveling at the fucking way it was set up with the fucking glass falling from above. I thought it was fucking awesome. It was our gentle callback. <laughs> yeah, dude. Almost. Yeah, that, was, that's what it was. It's cool. I'm not. I, I never found ch- any of the child's play scary. I was 14 when the first one no. came out, and I never found it scary. So maybe if I was younger, I, I would have growing up with it being scary but i never did so i just was like a cool kind of wisecracking killer in a doll it was always silly from the get-go by saying that sentence you can't say (laughs) every time i say it he always fucking cracks that That fucking lizard is great this movie my two favorites are the last two i I may be alone in that but this is coming from a non-fan that be- likes the 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 last two movies the best. I can't wait I to see what comes op- next. I love the I love the opening of this film. I love that they immediately jump right back in with Andy, and I love the feel. I love the fact yeah. that he has Chucky's head. Yeah. And at first, it was like I'm like after I finish this movie, I'm like, okay, how does this make sense? How could he be <laughs> right. doing this? But right. here here's what happens. There's a six Don't month spoil. gap. Don't spoil too much. No, but there's a six month gap between. Between yeah. Curse and this. So there's a period of time where Tiffany has Chucky before she mails him to Andy. So everything is done before she mails him to Andy. Everything is started. 
his voodoo for dummies discovery is all prequel to this. So yeah, I absolutely. Mean, it's, because it's, the, it has the to scenes, be. I know it does because the scenes at the end, the, the the end credits, those two scenes that maybe not everybody saw, are imperative for this film. It's almost like he put him in th- that movie just because he knew where he was going with this one. Yeah. So. That, and that's what it took me a second view. That's what I'm saying. I had so many questions the first time. Then I listened to a few podcasts and I talked a little bit online and I was like, okay, let me, th- okay, hold on a second. Maybe this does work. And then I went back with that knowledge and I, it was a much more enjoyable second view. I was like rolling with it and I was fine. And, and fucking, I'll just say one thing, Nika, she, what happens at the end is fucking awesome um at first i didn't like it but now when she does the fucking laugh it's fucking spot on and it's for obvious reasons of course but when she does that laugh it it was great it was soon as she fucking you you see her go in a different direction boy did she get fucking sexy i I did i did i did like the laugh but then some of it would sound like hey how you doing hey you know i was like why are you talking like that like hey how you doing like charles lee ray never talked like that you're a fucking poser. <laughs> I loved that shit. I thought it was uh, Multiple great. Malcolm. I did, yeah, I, I, that was fine. Uh, the main issue for me within the story was when Tiffany shows up talking about how she was Alice's caretaker. Like, th- that, that can't be. How can that be? Who cares if she was? She could have made it all up. They just wanted her, they- she was there to deliver the doll. Correct. Yeah, but she, said, she says Alice is dead. So then wouldn't they look, wouldn't they look into that? Wouldn't the doctor look into that? Sure, after she left, maybe, yeah, but by then she's gone, so it doesn't matter. And what the fuck does that it, asshole care? It should have come to light then, because I, because I don't think what's what's being said in this film is true. I don't, I don't get it. What should have come to life? I think, so um, you... I think Tiffany has ulterior motives, and I think Alice maybe, is still... maybe so. Maybe we'll find that out in the next film. But then that's fine. I just, I, I listen. I, 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 I complain about Don Mancini, and I don't give him a pass. Because I don't like the way he changed the mythology in, in, in Seed. Pardon me, in Bride and Onward. And I remember somebody saying to me online, well, he did it. He's the guy that created it so he can do it. I said, no, if anything, that makes it worse. If you create a mythology in fucking Child's Play 1 and, and 2 and then do something later on, that's fucking ridiculous. Then you, you should be crit- criticized more because you're the one that created it. Yeah. You know? I mean, but we accept we got- it. You know? Well, we can just accept it since it's really just a killer doll film. But, yeah. but even even some he of like the vo- even some of the voodoo stuff here, like okay, like he can awaken any doll, any good guy doll, and and it's got a his part of his soul. So every doll is Charles Lee Ray, but when he transfers into a human form, that doll is no longer possessed. I never thought that deep about it, but maybe you're right. Well, I that's just... what happens because a certain doll is just lying there incapacitated another doll is and then there's one doll that stays behind (laughs) well there's good things in this film oh oh, i had a blast with it i had a blast which is alive and which one isn't and we're trying to figure it out maybe they switched and i was fine with the characters malcolm maybe got a little annoying but it, it got cool later i just i was i don't know i was just on board i was just i was engaged enough with all the characters, and it was a short movie, and it was well-paced. So I was Absolutely. fine. I, the first time I saw it, I was really turned off when all of a sudden there's a bunch of Chuckies in one room making fucking jokes. And I was like, eh, I don't like where this is going. But again, second to you, Dave, knowing what to expect going in the second time, 
it was mu- a much easier pill. Should have called this film "Cult of Chuckles." Chuckles and fuckles. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I th- or, again, I keep saying love. I really enjoyed the movie. I thought Fiona Dorf was awesome. Yeah, she was. And again, so uh, I mean, I can't. Uh, I, I watched it on Netflix twice. It's supposedly it's playing. I just noticed here it said it was playing on AMC. Yeah, it on, is Fear on, Fest. Yeah, on October twenty fourth, mm-hmm. ten p.m. I got the Blu-ray, man. I had to see it uncut, and I had to see the extra scene because fucking assholes. And I'm gonna call them out. I don't give a fuck. Even people that have that have spoiler fucking podcasts and go into a spoiler review. Guess what? The only way you're gonna see the the added scene is on the Blu-ray. It's not on Netflix or anywhere else. So why would you spoil that shit for your fucking listeners? I was so pissed off because I had the bonus scene fucking spoiled for me. I would have so much loved to see it naturally as it happened. It's not an amazing thing, but if you're a fan of the series, it's oh the end cre- the end credit scene. Yes. Oh, the end credit I, scene. The end credit scene bumped the movie up a half a point for me. I was like, yes. Yeah, it was cool, but God, that was robbed from me because oh, two that's, fucking that's, podcasts that sucks. had to tell you. Yeah, what the fuck? Podcast fucking people that are listening that are host don't fucking do that shit to your listeners. Man. Yeah, JP. Was it JP? I don't remember, but all I know, <laughs> maybe even maybe even three, maybe even three podcasts spoiled it. I mean, I, I understand joking, a spoiler I... review. I understand a spoiler review, but not everybody that has seen that movie has seen that. So more half of I your haven't... fucking listeners. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm not going to spoil it from you because I'm not an asshole. Are you saying, other than that last scene, there's even more gore? Because I can't imagine it even being gorier. No, no. Here's here's the thing. Because there's I, slightly I, more gore. Slightly. That's yeah. Nice. But the the movie is pretty much the same length. What Netflix didn't have because I watched it on Netflix was the credit was the end credit scene. After the credits play, there's a scene. Yes. Which is pivotal to the continuation of the story. It's so cool. I went I went online onto. A certain site, and check that out. After so I, I didn't know that. if it would be on a certain site at all, so I said, "Fuck it, I'll just go get the blue." So oh, I'm I'll... gonna buy the blue too because I already have the box set with the other six. But, but uh, I had to see the scene right away because somebody said there's an end scene, but it wasn't it wasn't quite spoiled for me. They said someone shows up or something like that, but that's all they see, said. And I was like, "Nope, stop." You, you having the box set of the other six and not having that. And this one, as part of that box set, it's kind of like doing a podcast of like the first three Hatchet films, but not having the fourth one in it. It just makes it an incomplete podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Well, do we have anything else? Yeah, that's okay. You're supposed to be a dick. That's fine. I think we can can get into ratings. I don't think. uh... Yeah, I think so. I'll tell you what. Seven out of ten for me. The first time I watched it was only a six. Uh, this this bumped it up to a seven. Cool. Yeah. See, I'm right there with you, Dave. Seven out of ten. Nice. Hey, you you guys are gonna you guys are gonna probably start yelling at me like what the fuck, but I'm at a seven out of ten too. <laughs> I had all those criticisms. Well, you you like, called I, it out though. You did say that you. I wrong. did, <laughs> but no, said it's but, not a good movie. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you I had so enjoy much fun it. with it. I loved it. Like I felt like if I felt like if the Chuckies like had the look and and. And some of the CGI was a little bit better. I probably would have been at like an eight, eight and a half. But as part of the bigger picture, I really enjoyed this, and I like where I see the the series going. Yeah, yeah me man. too. I, I mean, it could go anywhere. Who knows? Yeah, Seriously. but but I kind of I kind of like the cult thing, and I love the fact that Andy's back. In, and I I always liked Nika. I have I had no complaints with Nika. Some of the talk after she uh, 
I love that stuff. That that's funny because she got so sexy to me as soon as fucking she got that way. I was like, oh, look at this girl. Because yeah, I, I always like the bad girls, and <laughs> she was trying to act like a bad girl. So I was like, oh, look at this. You know? She gave a look right away. So she creepy. turned around. Oh, look at this girl. Like, you know who she reminded me of at that point? Dorf. No, Natasha Leone. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. What do you got against Natasha Leone? I'm not really. Uh, when I think of Natasha Leone, I think You're of that fucking. Of <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh, I'm thinking of like uh, American like Pie. American Pie. Like, hey, uh, you know, a Shermanator. Listen to me. Hey. I, <laughs> that's funny. You fucking with me? How about that one scene with him? When he said that to that fucking woman, I'm a schizophrenic. And uh, I-, I can see you. Can you see me? <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That was good. Me, I like that. My favorite was the do- every time he knocked out the doctor and he's like, I don't, I don't know, know what the fuck to do with this guy. I don't know whether to kill him or take notes. Right, right. <laughs> Chucky himself was great. I mean, 80% of the fucking shit landed the right way. The wisecracks. It, was, it wasn't too much. A couple, maybe. I like when he says fucking, uh, what the hell did he say? All actual examples. When they're talking about fucking, he was talking about murders that had happened in the series prior. When there was a discussion going on. It was good. Good stuff, man. Yeah, and no, I, I, had, I had a lot of fun with it. I'm, uh, I'm glad we, we covered it. Boom. All right. So, uh, we got a couple more to fly through. And let's fly through them. I could go okay. first. Okay. Shoot up. All right, guys. Another movie from 2017, and it's Happy Death Day. So, Happy Death Day, a college student must relive the day of her murder over and over again in a loop that will end only when she discovers her killer's identity. And it's directed by Christopher Landon, who last show you'll know was hugely part of the Paranormal Activity series. Uh, and directed uh, The Marked Ones. Also directed Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. So, Both this movie has done very well. Another another check mark for mainstream horror. Making some uh, money at the box office as well. On a $5 million budget, it's already uh, uh, pulled in quite a bit of money. So, it's in. here's the reality of it. I went into this movie with Vince, my co-host from TJF13. You guys know him blowing this movie he said he saw it and he said this movie is an instant classic this movie reminded me dare i say as he put it in his words of seeing scream for the first time in the theater what loved it loved it and so i was like well i thought i was going to like this movie based on the previews and everything else i watched this preview actually a lot I was like, I really love how this is put together. I really want to know if this is going to be more than the Groundhog Day thing. And I'll tell you this. The movie is fun. But the movie is not on the same par as Scream. I didn't think it was great. I think it was a good movie. It was worth seeing. I'm happy I saw it. My daughter and I both liked it. My daughter probably liked it more than I did. Uh, It was scary for the first little bit. The first third, maybe. As, as of course the build, the story builds and uh, it plays out and we're introduced to the masked killer. The mask, which may seem ridiculous in the trailer, is explained very quickly as to why it's that mask and it ends up being quite creepy. And there is a little bit of tension and, and a good scare. But as things start playing out again, the horror starts taking a backseat 
and it's very, very much less of a horror film. It's just a cool scenario that plays out. And there are some surprises, but uh, without trying to keep this as spoiler-free as possible, uh, she, the movie does play, play with this Groundhog Day aspect, gives you a few surprises, and uh, at the end of the day, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Oh, okay. So not, not what I've been hearing. People have been blowing this movie, too. I am. I've I'm really it. surprised. I'm. I'm really. This. I really wanted to love this. Like as as I was sitting there, I'm like, I, I was even saying to myself, I'm like, okay, that was good. That was good. I'm like, okay, why why am I not like like just smiling ear to ear? And I, and then I even, your daughter's like, shut the fuck up, Dad. Stop yeah. talking to yourself. I'm trying to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Dave's wife? <laughs> so well, uh, I tell her this. <laughs> and I was, but I was sitting there, like, kind of arms crossed, going. Okay, like the movie's not by any means boring, but I just wanted more to happen, and there's no blood. Like it, it actually, my whole family could have gone to see this. Even my son would have liked this one because uh, you see more blood on TV now. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 you know, save for blood on the knife, it's really not gory. It doesn't have to be, but I just thought it it needed something more. It, it, I don't know what that would be based on the premise of the movie. It lives up to the premise. You're, it's not like trying to pull a fast one with you, but it wasn't great. And I talked that to PG Vince afterwards. Curse. That PG thirteen. They went for the, like the cash grab to get them to get the kids in. The kids are gonna go. I mean, the, yeah. the film did really well, I believe. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of teeny boppers there, but not. It wasn't a <laughs> yeah. packed house on uh, when I went to see it, and the and there were there's like another older couple as well. Everybody seemed to leave the theater happy, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't what I was hoping it was going to be. Another right. final girls, uh, or, right. or or something else that like, but seven out of ten. I mean, it's That's still okay. still a great rating. My daughter wants to see it really bad, so I'm definitely taking her. So I'm gonna take myself to see it. Yeah, take yourself. Family safe. There you go. Good, good thing. Glad, glad to hear that. Okay, all right. I'm gonna get into one quickly. Uh, I have a screener for this one. Um, this one is called House by the Lake, 2017. It just uh, it came out on VOD, part on VOD and DVD on October tenth. It is uh, directed by Adam Grash, and he did uh, Night of the Demons remake. He did something in Tales of Halloween. He's he's done a lot of writing as well. And this film is basically uh, a four person movie. Uh, there's a, a young girl and her parents, and then a nanny comes in. They go away to a house by the lake because they're having some trouble with the daughter. She doesn't like to be touched. She's autistic. And I, I didn't know that till like later on in the film because to me, autistic, I don't know. I just thought she just seemed like she was like weird and didn't want to be touched. But paint me wanna... a picture if you're so autistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. I'm sorry. I'm getting tired. So, so are the jokes. <laughs> she was <laughs> she was acting when she didn't. She has a big fear of water. So I didn't think that was autism. I just thought, you know, she just had some quirks. But whatever. That, it's explained later that that's what it is. So they get to this place. There's water all over. You know, it's a house by the lake. The girl does not want to go out to the lake. And then uh, they slowly get her out there more and more. And then she meets this guy who's a neighbor. And um, the guy's an older guy and gives gives the mother a, a strange vibe. The father's in the house at the time. 
uh, maybe more like a, a pedophile vibe, but I don't think that's the way he was presented. But she's a very overprotective mother, and it makes sense. Young young autistic girl, and she might make some bad decisions. So uh, th- basically, this is all about this girl, her, her trying to overcome her fear of this water. And then when the guy starts talking to her about fish, because he's a fisherman, she starts talking about the fish man. And we're trying to figure out what's going on, because all of a sudden she wants to go to the water more and more. And there's issues between the mother and the father on how to raise the girl. And then with the nanny being in the picture now, there's issues there. The couple has, you know, a little bit of uh, marital issues. They love each other, but I think they have different ideas about different things, including the care of their daughter and where they want their future to go in different respects. Uh, it's a it's a good movie. Uh, it, it's good acting. You have to be into the characters or you're not going to be into the movie Ultimately, I love the way it ends. Uh, it's non-traditional. Some people might think that nothing is resolved or they might have more questions than answers. I I really like the way it ended up turning out. Um, and I'm coming in pretty high on this. It's uh, eight out of 8.5 out of 10. Wow. Ooh. I'm actually looking forward to seeing this one. Yeah, check it out. It's good. Again, I don't know if some people might look at it and just say, yeah. I wasn't into it, but really excited about struck, the fish, man. It struck me. Well, I'll say nothing about that, but it struck me the right way on the right day. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> the you right know? way on the right day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was just the experience. Maybe if I watch it a second time, I won't be quite as high. I don't know, but that's how I felt at the conclusion of this film. It was an eight and a half out of ten. I, I enjoyed it. It's definitely worth checking out. That, that's for damn sure. So, damn. but yeah, they went away for a month to try to figure some things out and. Um, they figured some things out, all right. So yeah, check it out. House awesome. by the Lake. Yep. All right, B. Okay. My first triple R is the fan-made film Never Hike Alone from 2017, written and directed by Vicente DeSanti. A hiker's survival skills is put to the test when he stumbles upon the remains of an old abandoned camp and discovers its long, dark secrets. Now, I know all three of us saw this, and this is the Friday the 13th film that we got this Friday the 13th. And, man, I, I got to say, it's only 54 minutes. I had a blast with this. For for the first, besides the part where he discovers the camp, it's really a, a one-man show for the first, like, half hour. And I think this actor, um, Drew Lady, who plays Kyle, I thought he was fantastic. I agree. You nailed yeah, the yeah. head. Yeah, everything you've said, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love all the the homage to to all the Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, man. and I, I, I love ultimately where it goes once he discovers the camp and once Jason shows up. I thought I thought the guy who played Jason did a good job. Yes, that's the director, by the way. Yes, oh, that I didn't. Yes, I didn't realize that. I didn't look. I didn't look into the yes, trivia. Yeah, of that. he was. Yeah. How yeah. cool is that? How many guys? I mean, think if, if we made a fan film, who wouldn't want to be Jason? I mean, you got to be the right size and shit. But I mean, that's cool. You direct it and you get to play fucking Jason Voorhees. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> De- decent boy, enough movement, look- De- and it looked that- amazing. And uh, his Jason moves were decent and uh, decent enough, very passable. I've seen a lot of fan films where it's garbage. 
Absolutely. Yeah, right the, now, the, the, the one big issue, and you even mentioned this too, Christian, and it's really hard to not notice this, is in the sound editing with, with the footsteps. They oh. did it on purpose, but they gave it the Jason goes to hell, or sorry, let me correct that. They gave it the Jason takes Manhattan RoboCop footsteps almost. They it it was like, too much. They should have just pulled back. I think they did. They, well, I think it was on purpose. But their sound design was so great. Otherwise, yeah, their it visuals was. were so great. Otherwise, that you kind of just went. If you if you're gonna release this mainstream or someone notices, just trim back the footsteps a little bit. Just pull it back fifty percent or something like that. You'll yeah. still get the impact, and it won't be so. and you're just like okay enough's enough but everything else was solid the big finish at the end is either going to make or break it for a lot of people i don't maybe break it is a little harsh but people are going to love it or they're going to it's going to take something away because it is a one person uh show for that duration and then you get this big finish and i i it's interesting what did you guys think of that i loved it <laughs> I loved that all the nods or the names of the people and everything yeah. else. And this is obviously because it's a fan film that it comes from a place of love. Absolutely. And this guy loves the fucking series. And even yeah. a, a small little thing like the no trespassing sign is just like the one from part two with the barbed wire and the yep. way it is there. With the right? Little things. But yeah, yeah the ending was I, great. I'm not quite sure I loved it, but I definitely appreciate it and completely understand why it went that way. It's totally fan friendly. Well, I say love because uh, because uh, of how long it's been and how good it was for especially for being a fan film. You know what I mean? I guess oh, if I it break great. it right it down, yeah. yeah the, the you know the Friday fanboy in me loved it because of that because it was exciting to see something it was, like it was that. If I, if I was yeah. right, exactly. If I was examining it differently, you know, as a non-Friday fan, maybe I'd say, oh well, how come this happened and why? But no, it, it was a. Uh, it's a passion piece and uh oh well yeah. yeah that ending was for the fans no question the movie's for the fans yeah i said yeah. i could easily say without like any issue that this movie blows and uh, uh seven eight nine and ten away i like, agree this is better than all of those movies and Agreed. and depending on your take on jason for uh freddie versus jason uh i mean it depends on like how high you're on that it could even trump that one it's it stands up with those other ones obviously a different take but a very intriguing take my one fault that i i know it's a fan film so you got to be a little less harsh on this but since so well produced uh, polished and everything was also that the most jarring aspect of the end scene the big finish was that uh the female actress there was a little weak and so because everything was so top-notch before that it's a little jarring her first line or two are jarring then it works for the movie almost because you're like, oh, it's a Friday the 13th. And that, that's what you kind of expect. But the first couple of lines, I'm like, oh, she didn't really sell it. And then I was just like, it kind of took me out. But then you get you get put in right away. Once she says the name Axel, I think then you're like, oh, yeah. awesome. And then <laughs> right. that's all I'll say. And there's no, a few more surprises. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's almost the opposite that the uh, <laughs> the character of Kyle was just too good. Because I felt like the all the characters we get at the end were... Not as strong. Well, I think they had to rush it, right? Because they yeah, probably yeah. only had a certain amount of time. Yeah. I mean, they they put money into this, and and yeah. the money, yeah, dude, the money, a lot. It had to be. It I mean, great. there's beautiful shots. The drone shots yeah. are beautiful. Everything's right. great. Like you've get uh, and that ending there. You, I mean, you've got 
there's some substantial budget that probably went to that end to secure how it went. And, yeah. uh, and there's a big old geeky smile on my face. So I'm yeah. with you, Dave. Uh, and hey, man, I can't wait to see what happens with this or if it just gets into they're doing their next film. But from a Friday fanboy, 7 out of 10, and I almost feel guilty that it's not higher, but it's only because I've only watched it once. Maybe it will be an 8 out of 10 the next time. It is for me. It's an 8 out of 10. <laughs> I, I, I really loved it. I, 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 you know what I really like? Being able to see the campground for the first time in a very long time and, and where he took you and where they were and seeing parts of the camp that we never saw in Crystal Lake before and, and shit like that. And then it went to a place I, I knew it was going to go, but it was still done great. I just, I, I have very little to complain about. I, I really, you know, I wish it was a feature. I, I hope that these people see this movie and they give him a feature, kind of like the guy with Lights Out did, who ended up, you know, making the movie and then going on to, what the hell did he do next? The uh, the Annabelle creation, I think. You know how Eli Roth, uh, that guy did that thing, clown, and it, he ended up becoming a director? I hope right. that yeah. the right people see this movie and they get their shit together and come together for the greater good and let this guy direct a, a feature Friday the 13th because it's good stuff, man. And, and they incorporated the best part of this. Sorry, Brandon, we kind of took it. Is that they incorporated? Yeah, this this wasn't my trip. <laughs> I know. I feel like an asshole. Sorry. No, Sorry. Not, Two okay. Friday fans. I won't get over it. I won't get over it. But they incorporated a bit of found footage and they incorporated a little bit of the snow aspect. Now, the snow aspect only seen briefly. Uh, I think at the beginning, there's some patches, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. And, and that's pretty much the extent of it. But the found footage part is part of the of the film as well. And so it was kind of done okay here. I don't know if they could have done a full found footage Friday the 13th, but how they did it here was great. Jason's right. lost his eye so many times that it wouldn't make sense if he had an eye camera. <laughs> <laughs> how about that one shot with his eye, by the way? I don't want to spoil anything because it was great when he sits up and fucking you see the mask and the eye. and Anyway, yeah. if you know what you know. A couple not, good you know, jump scares too. couple good jump? Yeah, dude, yeah. And speaking of snow... Cult of Chucky. I mean, I know I'm going back, but I really love the snowy setting uh, of that film. I didn't mention it when we did it, but it just it popped into my head. Something else good. I felt about like it. they needed a little contrast of color. I love the snowy setting, but I felt like the the institution was a little too white. white. See, that's what I liked it was about on it. Purpose, it was on purpose. Yeah, it was like yeah. I liked it too. Yeah. Like, so what was, I'm I'm yeah. I'm right there with you on on Never Hike Alone. Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm I consider myself a Friday fanboy. In fact, I probably have higher ratings on some of the movies than you guys do. All right, GP. Except... No, I know it's true though. It's true. You can't be a fanboy and, and hate half the hate the half the franchise. But uh... yes and no, because if you are a fanboy, you love the fucking series enough to to be able to look at the other ones and say this doesn't live up to my Friday the Thirteenth that I that I I, I well, love I, and I, cherish. My Friday. The 13th. Yeah, my fucking series that I love so much. When I see something that that someone just st- stamps a label on it and calls it Friday the Thirteenth, I'm not gonna blindly suck its dick. That that is a fanboy in, in the worst sense. You to see that in full fucking. It's it's still a part of your franchise. You can't exclude it because it's not good. I'll take I'll take even Jason Goes to Hell all two out of ten. It deserves as part of my Friday franchise. <laughs> All right, but buddy. this oh. Never Hike Alone, I'm right there with you. Seven out of ten. And you know what? The more we're talking about it, I think I'll go. I'll, I will boost it up to seven point five, just to go. give it a boost before I watch nice. it again. 
and since you boosted it up, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and uh, stay exactly the same. Some of that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have final edit of the show. I'll just cut that right out. Atta boy. <laughs> okay, yeah, who's next? Do we each have one more? Not. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, another one from 2017, and this is Rings, a movie I was not looking <laughs> forward to seeing, based on the fact that uh, Dave went to see it way back in the theater. It's on Netflix. I downloaded it to my iPad, watched it on the plane, and I got to tell you, it wasn't as shitty as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I was expecting shit. Maybe because this supposedly was the catalyst to derail Friday the 13th. We'll never know. I don't know what the connection was. But anyway, a young woman finds herself on the receiving end of a terrifying curse that threatens to take her life in seven days. Rings, it's self-explanatory in the title, it's interesting where the premise goes. The biggest fault of the movie is the opening because I didn't even understand it. It opens on a plane, which was kind of funny because I was watching it on a plane. And Ooh. all of a sudden the, mo- the, the video sort of starts and shit starts to hit the fan. And the movie just ends or the scene just ends. It's like you're about to see the girl come out and then it ends. And then we don't really go back to that or anything. I was like, that was jarring and weird and really... Didn't seem to have any point to the movie. And then we follow uh, a college girl and her boyfriend and the boyfriend's going to college. Sorry, I guess it's a college guy and his girlfriend <laughs> and the guy's going to college and he gets wrapped up in this video within like days of being at college. And... Your mom goes to college. Yeah, th- thanks. Thanks for <laughs> interrupting with that. <laughs> it's a Napoleon Dynamite joke. <laughs> Hopefully Ghoulies people go can... to college. Ghoul- and ghoulies. <laughs> so... It's interesting how the rings play into it. So there's ultimately a bunch of people that are affected by the video and they've got to save themselves by sort of paying it forward, so to speak. It's by no means a great movie, but I guess I was expecting utter shit. So I thought it was passable. I thought it was slightly above average and I'm coming in at six out of 10. Well, let me ask you this. Are you familiar and are you a fan of the first Ring movie? Uh, I've I've seen Ringu and I've seen the Ring three times and I've seen Ringu once. Okay. The crime of this film is if you know those other movies well enough that they take everything that we already know and they erase it and try to come up with a completely new forced mythology. That's the, See, the issue. And you, this is you. See, and I right. know there's people like you with the mythology. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I guess I, I don't buy into it. Like maybe if, maybe because you buy into it so much, like the cult of the Chucky stuff. I don't care. It could be whatever the yeah, fuck it wants to be. It's a killer die. You would care if you cared about the other one. Like let's say you watch Friday the 13th part one and two and then okay. part three comes and all of a sudden he's fucking, if he, he gets beamed up into a fucking spaceship and he's a fucking an, an alien now. You wouldn't like that. You know what I mean? Uh, Did you like Jason X? Yeah. Uh, I will tell you. I will tell you. Yeah. I know. I. I. I can see that. I agree. And maybe I don't know the mythology well enough, but I thought that they tried to take it to push it into a different direction. So it's not. It's not a piece of shit. You think it's a piece of shit? I think. It, I think the entire plot is fucking god awful piece of shit. I think from a technical level, it, it, it's fine, but. Everything else about it, there, there's nothing redeeming about anything else except for the and, beginning scene. And I think your review was a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you have, what do you have up for us next? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, do you hear what I have up? What, 
it's Dave's turn first. Is okay, it? I've got to decide. I got two. Hmm. What should I do? And here's what's weird: the same girls in both movies, and I couldn't believe how different she looked in both movies. Just but, review how she looks. Well, I'll tell you. The first movie, she looked like uh, Courtney Love. In the second movie, she looked fucking ridiculously hot. And uh, I mean, Amityville. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, Amityville Awakenings. I think it was filmed three years ago. So this girl was younger at the time. And the new movie, she's oh, in the, the babysitter. She completely different. And you're what's talking the about Bella Thorne. Bella Thorne. Holy fucking wow. Hot in the babysitter. And in this movie, granted, she's still young and she's probably only 17 years old and whatever. But it's like night and day. It's crazy. But anyway. Uh, Amityville Awakenings. Uh, everyone knows the story. It's been pushed around, this, that, the other thing, and they should have just gone direct to DVD or VOD or whatever the fuck. But um, I'll tell you this. I'm a big fan of Amityville 1 and 2. Uh, I'm okay with 3. I've seen a couple of the others. This movie here had a cool intro with the history. This really focused on the, the, the DeFeo story, not the Lutz story. The Lutz story exists in this movie. And so do the movies. There's self-awareness. It's actually quite cool the way it's set up. It's uh, and it's directed by uh, Frank Calhoun and music by Rob, both uh, who worked together on the Maniac remake. And a good score by Rob, actually. And I, I like Calhoun as a director. Um, there's good nods. There's the fly in the beginning, like from the original stuff. Little things. Stories about a, a mother who brings her two children to the Amityville house. They don't know the Amityville house exists. The mother does. She doesn't, we find that out later, but it makes sense that she would, and the kids are young, so they wouldn't. But they're twins. Uh, I want to say they're 17 years old, and the boy is very sick. He had an accident, and he's in, he's, he's in really rough shape. He's being helped by machines. He's coma. His twin sister kind of wishes that I think the mother would just pull the plug. You know, it's just it's not a good scene, but the mother has all kinds of faith. So, of course, they get into the house, and he starts to make a comeback. Mostly because it's the, well, not mostly, because it's the Amityville house. And there's other things that are, uh, you know, at hand here. Almost like an Amityville to the possession type thing. But not to that extreme, at least not till we get to the end. But it's kind of cool because the girl goes to school and, she, you know, she meets people and friends. And they're aware of that she lives in the Amityville house. And they, you know, they clue her in as to what's going on. And her, her one friend's a fanatic about it. And he comes over and they watch the Amityville horror. And they even show scenes from the movie in the movie. They're watching the movie. It, 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 it's kind of cool that they do it that way. They don't, they don't do it stupidly, you know. But um, uh, my issue is that there's too many dream fake-outs. Some of the CGI is kind of meh, you know. Um, but it, it, it's a little bit emotional at times. It's not a bad flick at all. Um, there's an interesting kind of reveal about the intentions of the mother. And why they get there. And then later on, when the boy comes to life, I, we find out that it's Ian from uh, Shameless. And I had no idea it was him until he came, came to. And I'm like, oh, look at this, it's Ian. Uh, it kind of sputters out in the third <laughs> act, unfortunately. But not a bad movie. Definitely not as bad as, as most people are probably saying because everything it went through. Um, six and a half out of ten. If you're a fan of the Amityville franchise, it's definitely worth checking out. What part is this one? Oh, How many fuck. are there? Who knows? It's probably like, what, 15, 16? I don't know, too many. <laughs> I don't think it's that high, is it? I don't think no, so No, I think it's like 12. No, if you so include this, if you include this in the remake, I think it's like 12. It's, it's up there. But yeah, fuck the remake. check it out. It's not a bad film. If you're a fan of Amityville, you will respect um, the way they handle this film, I think. 
So it's just it's like I said, the third act is is generic to me, and it's unfortunate. But uh, the first two acts are pretty solid. Yes, and go see the Babysitter. I'm not doing a review, but go see it. I'm not blowing it as much as everybody else is, but it, go see it. I say it's on Netflix. Go see it on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, watch it. Too much Samara. comedy in the wrong moments, but not a bad film. Samara Weaving, though. Who? She's stunning. B. I don't... Oh, another girl that was in that movie? No, B from uh, The Babysitter. <laughs> you said Samara something. Her name is Samara Weaving. I thought you said her name was Bella Thorne. No, that's that's another character. I'm talking about the star of The Babysitter, the actual babysitter, the blonde. That's not Bella Thorne? No, Bella Thorne's the redhead. The cheerleader got shot in the boob. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, see, oh, she was top fuck. billed, Bella Thorne. So I thought she was the babysitter. No, she's the one who shot in the boob. That's why it's night and day, so it's not even the same person. Okay. <laughs> what you know, it's funny. it's funny because on the cover of the Amityville movie, I'm saying to myself, she looks like Bella Thorne there, and she looks like Bella Thorne in uh, The Babysitter. I mean, she's, she's a cute girl. She's an attractive oh. girl. Well, but... how come she got top billing Bella Thorne when she's not even the babysitter? Yeah, she's she's the bigger name. She's been around for a long time. She's oh. like a child. She's like a child star. Okay, so there you go. Now it makes sense. Okay, forget Bella Thorne. You're right, Samantha Weaving. Holy fuck, that girl. Or or Samara Weaving. Yeah, Samara <laughs> Weaving. Whatever. Samantha's sister. Whatever she is, she's gorgeous. Fucking... Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we got to get All through right. this guy's nonsense. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna take my time with this one because this one was a screener sent to me or linked to me from one of my favorite directors, Mr. Sean Donahue of Death Squirt Service fame. <laughs> nice. He actually reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to review Death Squirt Service 2, The Naked so, Dead. Okay. Did he think that, uh, hey, listen, I know you hated my first film and you fucking completely said it was a zero out of ten. This, this film is much better than that, so I want you to see it and give your honest opinion. Is that really you know it? what, I, I think, <laughs> you know, with what happened, that was episode three. Yeah, it wasn't a film for me, but is it legitimately a zero out of ten? No, there are elements of the film that are good. I'll tell you this. Part two makes me want to go back and rewatch one and give it a, a legitimate rating. <laughs> because part, oh, two, okay. part two picks up right where part one left off, and it ups the nudity. And it ups the gore. You know. The gore in this is nasty. I mean, the kills are just fucking brutes. <laughs> I still think I'll... they should have killed you off in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure think. I'm sure he would love to, but uh part three. <laughs> but man, it just it I love the fact that the killer in this uses a variety of methods to kill. So there's not one kill that's exact that's duplicated. There's everything from gun kills to strangulations to ice picks to being sawed to being melted with acid and it's just i thought it was really great effects i thought the uh opening title card and music throughout was great i do wish there was more exposition that was my issue with the first one they didn't really get into the story until the end and this one where there could have been ex exposition bleh, and more story we get a lot of nudity and crude humor it was funny i was able to laugh at it this time because i knew what i was getting into uh, there's some funny scenes in it, uh, some funny jokes. I didn't actually see the twist coming. I didn't see, I, I was trying nice. to figure out who, who the killer was. I didn't see who it was, but again, there's not enough story, but not, not really too hard to figure out if you, uh, if you've seen the first one. Got Ryan Nicholson, who 
voices the killer. Oh wow! Which which yeah. was pretty cool. It, you know what? I I can. Yeah, yeah, Kingpin. Yeah, from Kingpin. Yeah, from Kingpin. He, he, yes. he played. He played. He played Munson. Yes. I'll, I'll tell you this. As we always talk about wanting to make movies, you can tell that these group of guys and gals that get together and they must have a really good time shooting these types of movies. And these are the types of movies they want to make, and they appeal to a lot of people because they're very popular. They're already planning a part three, and you know what? I'll check it out. And I'll even review it on the show because I, I had a good time with this because I knew what I was getting into. The first time around with part one, when I reviewed it, it was recommended to me because everybody was raving it. And it just wasn't my type of film. Part two is pretty much part one again, just upped. So, so it's a one out of my- ten? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing, though, because now I'm able to review it from the mindset of knowing what I'm getting into. Sure, so I, I, I got to say, for, for, for what it is, I really enjoyed it. Of course, I want more story. But for the gore, for the music, uh, for the hot naked women, it's it's a solid six and a half out of ten. Wow. I call this corporate, gotta... corporate Brandon is what we're calling this with you. <laughs> no, it, it, it is. Because it's a screener. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Am I going to buy it? Please don't no. body check my movie. I'm not going to. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not. It's not. It's not my type of film. I saw it. I'm, I'm glad I saw it. But he he's got an eye for for gore. For you're gonna for bootleg me. it though. <laughs> no, he sent me. He sent me the link. He sent me the link. No. I saw it. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But I'm gonna recommend it to people who are fans right. of you know, Gator Blade films and you know all the sleaze box films. This is right up their alley. It's it's good stuff in terms of that. Did you say gay blade films? Gator blade. <laughs> oh, speaking okay. of gay blade, <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, what? What the fuck? How come everybody? I'm Mister Found Footage, and I saw this movie last year, Hell House LLC, and I gave like six and a half or a seven out of ten. So, and everybody's fucking blowing it. Have you guys noticed this? Sorry to derail. I just, I don't know. I've noticed but nothing happens. Talking about it recently, and nothing I, I happens in the third it. act. I, I don't know what I'm missing here. I, me, I, I love fucking found Me. footage. You know what I'm saying? I'm the guy that usually comes to the highest on. Found I invented footage. found footage. <laughs> I invented that when I invented 6.75 ratings. <laughs> yes, that's what I give the rating for Hell House LLC. Anyway, rant over. Okay. <laughs> I want. I, I now I want to check that one out, and then I'll goes back. I never watched the first one because it's not really accessible to escort service, is it? Oh. No, you really have to buy it. I had it. I actually bought part one, so I did support the film. I bought it. I did give it away since, but I was gonna say you probably but, gave it away or burned it. No, I, it, I, I gave it away it. to the garbage can. Did you? I don't mean to derail this either, but since we never, we both haven't seen that movie. Did you know that they did a picnic at Hanging Rock miniseries this year? Yes. <laughs> what? It's not, out, it's, it's not out yet, though. Yeah, it was done in Australia. Six episodes. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Oh, that's fucking wild, dude. Good cast. Yeah, really good cast. Yeah. Nice. All right, well, yeah. should we get should we get this show on the road? You got a top 20 to do. Yeah, I got sleeping to get to. <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, this is going to be quick, this one. this is. I got masturbating to get to. Indeed. I mean, I got both to do, masturbating and sleeping. Yes. It's like a sleep aid to me. Nice. Okay, listen, uh, these are the top 20 movies that we are recommending to watch in October. Um, I'm not going first this time because I went first. I'll, I'll go first this time because to me, 
this was a harder list to make because I watch horror movies all year round and I never felt like during October like I had to watch specific films. So I really had to think about certain films like that I that I want to watch this time of year, but it's I I never really have a rule. Like I'd watch summer films now. I don't I don't care. Sure. I'm different every year depending on the um if I have a topic, you know what I mean, or a yeah. theme. But I, I tried this to, year I don't. I tried to give a, a good mix of, of films that I enjoy watching any time of the year and films that I think are appropriate for the season. So um, my number 20 is a Linnea Quigley film called Jacko. And you guys ever see this? Oh, yeah. You oh, like I have, it? I have not. Not particularly. It's okay. I yeah, like it. I'm a fan of it. I, I mean, it's not, it's not. Is it a great film? No, but it's it captures the Halloween feel, and you know, I I enjoyed it. It was part of the Hundred Obscure Movie Challenge. I believe she has a shower scene in this one, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, she does. I know yes, my Linnea. Does. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Number nineteen, Mischief Night, the 2014 version. I've I've actually never seen the 2013 one. This is the 2014 version. With Malcolm McDowell, where the girl's watching the house, and it's good. Yeah, and the, the killer swerve. The way yeah. they swerve you. Yes. yes. <laughs> There's a, it's, and again, mischief night. So it takes you know takes place. Number eighteen, an anthology that I love, but it's not going to be the one you're thinking of. Southbound. Oh. I feel like Southbound is a perfect film to watch this time of year. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe. I hear you. I don't agree, but yeah. Fucking <laughs> 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 skunk. <laughs> Number seventeen, a movie that I believe just got announced that it's getting a Blu-ray release. That is the Changeling. What? Yeah. Nice. I believe cool. Severin is putting it out. Time. Number sixteen, American Werewolf in London. Nice. Number fifteen, Clown House. <laughs> Fucking Clown House, huh? Yeah, like a little. uh uh, Victor Salivating in my October, <laughs> all over my pumpkin. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be autumn without touching little boys. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh, no, no, me. Number fourteen, The Omen. Number wow. F- what? You know, you don't you don't like The Omen? I do like The Omen. You, you surprised me with that pick. Number thirteen, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Need a good scarecrow flick in the fall. Can't even talk. Number 12, Ginger Snaps. <laughs> and number 11, another favorite anthology of mine from a few years back, All Hallows' Eve. There you I'm go. S- we're still waiting on Terrifier to come out, but All Hallows' Eve was solid. I mean, I don't think it's a masterpiece, but I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's got its moments, definitely. Yeah, man. The wraparound is great. I like the yeah. sequel, too, actually, which has nothing really less to do with the first one than it's more like Tales of Halloween. <laughs> See, I I actually liked the sequel better than Tales of Halloween. I didn't love Tales of Halloween. I thought they were both fine. I think... See, you can go next. I'll go last. I don't care. Oh, you already wow, that was a fast ten. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't do. I didn't like. To be totally honest, I would watch Tales of Halloween. I would watch All Hallows Eve. But I was trying to think of like offshoots. Obviously, there's going to be uh, some traditional ones here. I started with number twenty, Scream. Nice. I lo- I, I love it. Good time of year to watch it. 
Way, way to think outside the box. Oh, there's no thinking outside the box. These are movies that we fucking watch. <laughs> fucking, fucking prick bastard, you. <laughs> Number 19, Picnic and Hanging Rock, the miniseries. I've already watched it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Better than the movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Number 19 is Saw, because I love the first one the best. It's not as disturbing as Saw 3, the brain surgery scenes. But... <laughs> Bingo! No, it's not. Uh, number 18, The Shining, which I've already watched this year. Beautiful. Uh, number 17, Demons. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to seeing that again because we did Demons 2 for uh, for the 86 show. And I, I, I haven't watched Demons in a bit, so that'd be great. Number 16, Trick or Treat. And that's the one with... Uh, with Mark uh, Price, Sammy with Kirk. what? Yeah, Sammy Hager. Sammy, Sammy, what? Sammy Kerr. Sammy Sal Hagar. Went. I said Sammy. <laughs> Hager. What the? Fuck? With Sammy, Sammy Hagar. What the fuck? Number wow. fifteen, The Evil Dead. Number fourteen, Carrie. I love that movie. We we're talking about it earlier. Again, another disturbing scene from Dave's. Damn straight, it's disturbing. <laughs> the most horrifying tampon throwing scene in the history of films. <laughs> number 13, Psycho. And number 12, Texas Chance of Massacre, which I got a very early start this year because those were in September because we watched them for uh, our other. This is this show. is our top 20 to watch in October, yeah. not September. I don't care. I already it was watched the last them. episode. <laughs> but this is what I would usually watch, right? Uh, no, number it's 11, true. It's American true. Werewolf in London. There you go. Cool. Yeah, I guess forgot I had to stop there. Eleven. Yeah, Fucking thank scene. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I have, my list is gonna be like a mix of your guys' list. You did one thing. You did one thing. Ordinarily, when doing this, I would just pick like my favorite movies that I love to watch in October. But uh, this year, uh, I'm just doing my slashers, so I couldn't do it. But this is something. Uh, That's what we're doing. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna mix it up with different ones. Uh, number twenty is Pumpkinhead. I always like to watch Pumpkinhead in October. Uh, number 19, Suspiria. I gotta have some witches. Uh, when it comes to October, I like to have classic monsters, but without actually watching like the Universal Classics. Although, if I am going to watch Universal Classics, it's October. Uh, number 18, the WNUF Halloween Special. Uh, one of my more favorite ones in recent years. It, it's only been out, I think, for four or five years now. I still need to see that one. I and oh, it's on gotcha. it's on it's on Prime or Shutter. It's on yes. one or both of them and I yep. I have it in my queue to watch and everybody okay. raves it and I can't I really I'm I'm gonna check that out this month. You really should. Uh I hope I hope it's not wasted on you with uh, it's a hundred percent nineteen eighties. It's like literally somebody recorded a newscast in the nineteen eighties, commercials and all and everything, and this is it. So it, yeah, I think I'll still appreciate it, you know, right. being born in eighty. So you know, right? I remember yeah. the late eighties. Fair enough. Okay, uh, number seventeen. We've talked about these movies a little bit so far, and this is something that I recommended uh, to do. And it's 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 three movies, but it's really not because you're not watching all of them. This is something uh, I recommend everybody try if they have these. You have to have the Blu-ray or DVD to do it. But Tales of Halloween. And All Hallows' Eve 1 and All Hallows' Eve 2. Take them all. Just take the ones that you like. I would say maybe 50% of Tales of Halloween. I would say 2 out of the 3 in All Hallows' Eve 1. And I would say maybe 3 out of the 7 in All Hallows' Eve 2. Because only 3 of them 
only three of them deal directly with Halloween and All Hallows Eve 2. So I always said the only way to do it is if you have a DVD or you know, a Blu-ray. Just take them and just do a whole anthology night and, and, and watch them all and pick out the ones you like. It's, it's a fun thing to do. Uh, number 16, Night of the Demons. I mean, classic horror movie. Takes place on Halloween night. Awesome stuff. Uh, 15 is Poltergeist. Uh, I, I like to watch ghost movies and hauntings and things like that in October and... That is uh, my favorite type of movie like that. Uh, number 14, The Omen. That's why I wowed before, Brandon. Oh, because it was the same, same spot. Look at that. Same number, same same movie. Yeah. Um, again, Satan is something else I like to uh, mess around with in October. Um, <laughs> I fuck Satan every October. I mess right. around. We that's mess right. around. Yeah, we do. Uh, number 13, Night of the Living Dead. Um, I like the fact that it's black and white. Uh, I think a lot of this... It has to do with the fact that it's also sh- shown in Halloween too. So yeah. every time I think about Night of the Living Dead, I think about Halloween Night because of that movie. So it's an it's awesome. actually not in black and white. You're you're colorblind. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number not... twelve. Number twelve is May. Uh, gotta watch that. Only it's the October. Only... We're talking yeah. about movies in October. I May like to watch October. May. I like to watch May and June. <laughs> May and October is the way to go. The third act takes place on Halloween night, and that's when the, the movie goes batshit crazy. And it's a fucking fantastic film, so if you haven't seen it, you really should. And number 11, The Exorcist. Yes, I, I, it's one of my favorite movies, of course, but there's so, there are uh, scenes that take place in Halloween, and if you blink, you'll miss them, but uh, it still takes place in fall, uh, there's the scene when she's walking and you see the kids trick-or-treating. It's just a small thing, but if it's an excuse to watch one of my favorite movies, I'm going to watch it. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's jump into my top ten. Number ten, Donnie Darko. Wow. It's, a horror, it's a horror list. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Give me a sec. My number ten, uh, Donnie Darko, you fucking skunk. <laughs> <laughs> You I, need love, a, you I love that movie too. Just I know you, you need a little Donnie in October. I need to straight up see that goofball in October. <laughs> <laughs> straight up saw the goofball. Nice. Uh, number nine, Dave. You'll appreciate this one, The Witch. Oh yeah, because uh, obviously you need a good vampire film in October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking exhausted, Christian. <laughs> These jokes are really. I, I, I no, but I'm right with you, man. I. Uh... <laughs> That's I'm funny. laughing at them. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm going to laugh at you. Number eight. I actually included a few slashes on this list. Doesn't It's not a precursor to anything that might happen on episode 50, but Happy Hell Night. Wow. Fun film, a fun film. It's it's not a great film, and I, I don't rate it super high, but it's a fun film to watch this time of year. And it's got some really good kills in it. It really does. Right uh, number seven, Night of the Demons. Hey. Obvious reasons. Number six, even though I made fun of Christian, Scream. Fucking love Scream. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Number five, Hollow. Anyone ever see that one with uh, Kaylee Cuoco and Kevin Zagers? Like from the early two thousands. No. Yeah, it's uh like it's like a it's a Sleepy Hollow film, but it's oh. it's more family friendly. It's not a kids film, but it's more family friendly. Right on. I liked it. I, f- I f- discovered it when somebody recommended it on their uh, YouTube channel. Because I never wanted to rent it when I was younger. It just looked generic and cheesy. But it's actually really good. Number four, 
trick our treat with um fucking David Lee Roth. <laughs> <laughs> Just a gigolo. <laughs> Number three, Halloween. Seventy-eight. Gotta, we know. Yeah, seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Uh, number two, saw. It's it's you know oh. it's a tradition. It's a tradition. Nice man. Oh, I didn't make fun. I didn't make fun of you for saw. Saw is a tradition. I I've, I've seen every saw on opening night in October, and I plan on going to see uh, see Jigsaw when it comes out. Right now. So, I've seen yeah. them all too. Yeah. yeah. And number one, season of the witch. Nice Halloween three. I I just I think I think Halloween three just. Oh, man, I lo- I love the feel of that film. That's 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 October oh, for me. It's fucking awesome. Do you watch it a certain night or no? No, but you know what? Yeah, to be honest, be- because of the way our schedule is working out this year, and the fact that we're gonna record like right before Halloween, and and so like I'm actually Halloween's gonna be like a day where I can watch whatever I want. I might actually do like a triple feature: Halloween one, two, three. Attaboy. Nice. Yeah. I always I, watch it on Halloween night occasionally. More more so in recent years. But usually for years, it, 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 it was the tradition of uh, Halloween Eve. And if it's not Halloween Eve, I watch it on the 23rd. Because in, in the opening scene, it says Saturday, October 23rd. Fucking so. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. I'm a, I'm a geek about Halloween 3, obviously. No, that's cool. I also <laughs> want to, uh, you know, I mentioned Mischief Night 2014 earlier. I want to check out the Mischief Night that came out the year before. I never saw that one, but... I heard it I'll... sucks. Oh, really? I watched the trailer for it. It looked pretty good, but maybe not. Maybe I'm confused with the other All Hallows Eve. Maybe that one sucks. I don't know. Whatever. I own a double pack of Mischief Night and All Hallows Eve. I'm just not sure which Mischief Night I own. <laughs> if it's the one I talked about that I like, or if it's... I think so. I think it is. Yeah, me too. All right, cool. Yep. All right. What All you right. got, see? I got number 10, Hellraiser. Number 9, A Nightmare on Elm Street. What a dick. I, <laughs> but it's just all dick. It's just not in the right space. Nobody's uh, ever said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> number 8 is Dawn of the Dead. 79. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Uh, just for that one show. You got to stick with it for life now. That's great. <laughs> Number seven, Night of the Demons, yes. 2009. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you have sour <laughs> balls? <Yeah. laughs> 2009. I'm joking. Yeah, I guess you don't get too many blowjobs. Um, <laughs> nice. Number six, Creep Show. Wow. Because I love it. Number five, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. And number four, Return of the Living Dead. Number three, Trick or Treat with Sam. Sal win. Sal? Yeah, Sal. 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 Number two, Halloween 2. And number one, Halloween. You really went went outside the box on those last few. Why are we going outside the box? Gotta be honest. Yeah. Gotta be honest. Fucking guy. Hey, like, number, see, number, rock. number 12, Halloween 12. Number 11, Halloween 11. Hey, I would have had more Halloweens on there. I've watched them all. I typically hey. marathon them once. Ant-Man, because Ant-Man was in a Halloween movie. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, you know, in the past, like I said, if, if I was making this list five years ago, I always used to just watch my favorites. So The Shining would be there, or Friday the 13th would be there, this and that. But 
this time, like I said, I, I'm doing a doing it a little different. I'm glad you guys took that that route though, and, and you know, just did a lot of your favorites. That, that's cool. But uh, okay, number ten, Children of the Corn. Pretty much the only time I watch that movie is in October. That's it though, and I I, I try to watch at least one Stephen King movie. And uh, that's that's usually one that's there. That or Carrie. Number sure. nine, Ghost Story, uh, an underrated movie. And like Good I said, movie. I like to watch ghost stuff in in, in you know this time of year. Um, I could have gone the Changeling, but I decided for some reason, Ghost Story is a um, I don't know. There's something about it. I, I just I don't know if I like it more than the Changeling, but I don't know. I just wanted to put that one on there. Uh, number eight, Amityville Horror. Yes, I like part two more, probably much more at this point, because I'm, I don't know, Amityville 2, I just, I don't know. I, I think I'm at, like, the point now where I give it a nine and a half. I fucking love it. But it, it, the Amityville Horror, the original, something about that movie, uh, like I said, Haunted Houses and shit like that is, is king for October. So it, it has that, that good feel to it. Number seven, Creepshow, which <laughs> actually opens on Halloween night. It's another little quick thing that if you blink, you're going to miss. But in the beginning of the movie, you see the jack-o'-lantern going. And I know it's just a cheap thing to do, but any excuse to watch one of my favorite movies, I'm going to do it. Uh, number six is Ginger Snaps, my favorite werewolf movie. I like traditional monsters in October. And uh, the, um, the third act of this movie does take place on Halloween. Number five, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. 100%. I, I cannot recommend this movie more if you've never seen it. And if you've never seen it, watch it in October, your first time. It's all atmosphere. Number four, Trick or Treat, as in the anthology. For years, I have been watching it since it came out on the night before Halloween. Some people do it on Halloween night. I can't. That night's booked. Uh, <laughs> for uh, what, what we're going to talk about next. For what we're going to talk about next. Number three is Halloween 2. Uh, number two is Halloween three. <laughs> the reason they're switched is because sometimes, sometimes when I'm done watching Halloween 78, I don't watch part two. Some years it gets skipped, but I always make sure that I watch Halloween three at some point during the year. So that's the only reason why they're switched. And of course, number one, fucking the granddaddy of them all, John Carpenter's Halloween 1978. I cannot go a year on Halloween night without watching that movie. I don't think I ever will. So, boom! There you go, October. You know, what, you know what I'll say? Two films that I bumped off my list were films that take place on other holidays. I other bumped... holidays? Silent yes. Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> <laughs> I bumped off Silent Night, Deadly Night and Blood Rage. Really? And I think now's a good time of year to even watch those films because it gets you even more in the mood for the holiday season. True, it's a little um This is this warm. is holiday season. It's it's October, November, December. So why not watch so, Halloween, Blood Rage, and Silent Night, Deadly Night as a triple feature? I, I could see that. I just I, I don't want to think about fucking Thanksgiving and Christmas in October. That's the only reason why I, I don't even want to hear that shit. I'm fucking so hey, we have you know Thanksgiving I mean? in October. <laughs> oh I know, I know. Oh yeah, but do you have Halloween October thirty first or, or is Canadian Halloween in July? <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. When's, when's New Year's and when does the 4th of July happen for you guys? <laughs> oh, shit. What day is the 4th of July for you, Christian? Yeah, we, we don't celebrate <laughs> that bullshit. 
No, but what date is July 4th for you then? <laughs> yeah. They have uh, Canada Day or Victoria Day, like the week Canada after. Day, week no, Canada Day is July 1st. Yeah, oh yeah, it's right around. They always have it right around ours. Yep. What do you need a day? I don't know. Why oh, they deserve a day? They should yeah. give you like. They should now nah, give them like twelve hours. What is it? Fucking uh, slaughter high. Fucking April Fools ends at noon. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was that? That's another thing I didn't learn until then. Is that a thing? No, it's just something they did for the fucking movie. <laughs> oh, okay. What? The, the April, April Fools, Fools ending at twelve hours. Yeah, well, it, it does. It ends. At... At, it ends at twelve noon. That's all. I've always grown up knowing that. Knowing that. That's I was Canadian. Canadian. Okay, yeah, that's, that's why. Yeah, you fucking Canadian skunk. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, thanks for clearing that up, man. You just boosted up Slaughter High. See, that was a knock on the movie for years for me. Yeah. Wow. You just knocked. You just knocked it down for me. <laughs> you're you're <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh my awesome. god! We got to get out of here, man. Yeah. Uh, next show. Next show is uh, our anniversary. Two-year anniversary special. We're doing it 49 and not 50 because 50 is just going to be too damn big with our slasher list. So um, please, if you listen to the show, if you like us, if you want to give us a little bit of props, next show is the show to do it. Send us an email. Send us a voicemail. Get involved, man. It's going to be all about having fun. We might not even review any movies. We don't know. We might just talk shit and have fun, uh, but not for four hours again. If you want to do that, want to show us some love, send us an email. Exploding Heads Horror Podcast at gmail.com or call our voicemail 702 389 6472. Please remember uh, Patreon if you want to contribute there. There's lots of perks going on, man, and more to come. And that is www.patreon.com slash exploding heads. Join the group page, go on Facebook, type in Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, whatever. Get on in. Join us. That's join us. Were you talking to Cordell? <laughs> Cordell. <laughs> so, yes. Happy Halloween, everybody. Go on iTunes. Please review us. Give us a rate. Hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends. Uh, <laughs> review us. Is that my mind right now? Is that how you're saying goodbye? Is that, is that, is that your final words right Adios. now? Adios. Adios. All right. Um, yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. We love you guys. See you soon. Peace out.